joint tonight. Me and all these dinosaurs are blazing blunts tonight. We blazing blunts tonight. We blazing blunts tonight. Me and all these dinosaurs is on a hunt tonight. I'll only spit this one time, so let me take it slow. I started to get high about an hour ago, but then the buzzer rang and I looked out the peephole. It was a whole bunch of raptors and they just won't go. I stepped back and the knocks I just tried to ignore. Thought I was safe, but they knew how to open doors and without even asking they just came on in they started smoking my weed and then they called their friends i'll smoke a joint tonight i'll smoke a joint tonight me and all these dinosaurs are rolling bones tonight we rolling bones tonight we rolling bones tonight me and all these dinosaurs is getting stoned tonight i'll smoke a spliff tonight i'll smoke a spliff tonight me and these dinosaurs is getting friggin ripped tonight we getting faced tonight we getting faced tonight and all these dinosaurs is crashing at my place tonight and allosaurus in the corner trying to pack the bomb hot boxing in the john with a pterodon and now a compi and a sticker starting to get it on but i can barely move because the sweet the bomb and killer so is making s'mores and eating lucky charms pterodactyl took my whole bag of pepperish bombs t-rex just went and set off the fire alarm and now we can't get it out because he's got little arms i'll smoke a joint tonight i'll smoke a joint tonight me and all these dinosaurs are rolling bones tonight we rolling bones tonight we rolling bones tonight me and all these dinosaurs is getting stoned tonight episode 110 there's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat but it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. And now, the premiere of the HBO original series, The Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I am Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And we're The Leftovers? (laughs) (laughs) Stop! Here we're done! I'm not a leftover. I was waiting for you guys to get your intro done. You are really loud. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it's the UV. I got Welcome it. Welcome back. Just want to make sure everybody knows I'm here. <laughs> we know. God damn it, we know. I forgot to lock the door. I just showed up on your door. All right, door. yeah, okay. We wanted to lock it, but... <laughs> Got here too quick. God damn. Came too early. That's never happened before. I can't hear anything. <laughs> Welcome back, Frank. Thanks. Good to be back. Glad to glad to be here. Yep. I think people were worried about you. Yeah. Bad stuff went yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, mom passed away and had a lot of problems dealing with that due to a lot of other fucked up shit in my life. But uh, feeling better now. Yeah. Uh, getting therapy and shit. So that's good. That's good. Everybody's this, a little therapy sometimes. This is, this is my fucking therapy. Yeah. Yeah. This fucking show right here. You guys heard me yelling and screaming last week. <laughs> yeah. 
bitching about Ben Affleck. Yeah. That's how you get it out, right? Right. Did you feel better after that? Yeah. Good. I get sick of fucking people, like, lifting this guy up already. Like, on, you know, like, it's the end of the fucking, like, uh, Bad News Bears and shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And they still lost that fucking game. That they did. That they did. (laughs) They should have been proud of themselves, though. And maybe this is going to be his Bad News Bears. We'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't the best, but... Serviceable, all right. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. Let's lift him up. Yeah, lift me up. Batman v Bears. <laughs> Way too much fucking hype about that movie already. I agree, man. I'm excited for it, but I mean, it's got to prove itself. Yeah, it's, it has to prove itself big time. All right, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> How's everybody's week? How are you? Yeah, I don't even worry I don't even ask. God damn it. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Yeah, my week I just over. I imagine Jay when he gets home, he just like comes home, sits in a in a in a, in a very dark room yes. that was that's like barely dimly lit, <laughs> and just smokes a cigarette. Yeah, and reads like I don't know, fucking like uh, all these different news sites, and just says, "What's the world fucking?" Yeah, you are like? fucking correct. Yeah. Yes, you know me very well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even imagine him like reading or watching anything, just smoking in the dim light, like going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm not playing outside. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right, welcome back, Frank. It's great to have you back. Thank you so much. Really glad to be here. And finally, somebody that uh, is not going to contribute anything to the show. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's what we've been waiting for. Hell yeah. Except dick jokes. We've yeah, been woefully except- short on dick jokes. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I bring I bring that to the table. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. In droves. <laughs> been mi- missing that dick joke quota pretty heavy lately. Um, blah, blah, blah. I was going to ring something up, and I can't even remember now. Oh, yeah, we didn't have any iTunes reviews, so nah. thanks a lot for that. Yeah. Yeah. Way yeah. to go, guys. Oh, and yeah, um, you know, I was, we're, we're not gonna read emails first this week, and, and the reason is because, uh, it, wow, holy fuck, you fucking assholes. You fucking assholes. Oh my god. It's like I get all the fucking, I get all the emails ready, you know, good healthy amount of emails that I think we can tackle. We gotta end early this week anyway. But I get a, a good, good healthy amount, and then like, at the last minute, like everybody's like, I got the Sunday emailers coming in. So we record on Sunday, and I got, I got the, I get, I finish the show by Saturday night. Show's ready to go, wrapped up, I got all the fucking emails in the notes and ready to go, and then I got my Sunday fucking emailers. You know what, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday, you fuck your shit and deliver emails on Sundays either. Uh, it fucking pisses me off. Just cut that shit off. Cut, make it like, um, if you email past fucking Saturday, that's fucking not even, that's next week's shit. Yeah, it should be. I've done that before in the past. Yeah. I've done that, I've done that before in the past. I'm amazed. Fucking no email from Wayne Brunius. Wow. No email from Finn. For wow. all we know, they could be dead. Yeah. He probably just sent one. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably just got it right now. <laughs> So not gonna, I, you know what? If we have time at the end, I'll read emails this week. But I, th- I, I was gonna read them at first, but then it's like I get inundated with more emails on the last day, and and then one happens to be the largest fucking email I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow! Already after last week's uh-huh, largest yeah. fucking email, yeah. RJ Hohola gives us the biggest email I've ever seen, and then like uh, her husband's just like, you know what? Fuck that! If the Hunger Games aren't gonna kill you, Brian, these emails are. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. My God. Anyway, yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to be reading any emails this week because we have a lot of good pop, bad pop, and a lot of news and shit like that that I want to go over uh, other than listen to your bullshit yammering. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, look at me. Yeah. Listen to my fucking opinion. It's yeah. so fucking important. I really get the show off in a good mood, don't I? <laughs> 
you know, like, you know, like yeah. most hosts come back and they're like, yeah, so how'd everybody's week go? All right, yeah, good to see you back, Frank. I'm just like, oh, yeah, here we go. get to talk, talk about dicks all week. <laughs> Speaking of dicks, I got a bunch of fucking emails from some. Wow, great segue. We call, yeah, we call them listeners. Anyway, you know what? Uh, Jake and I got to enjoy Force Friday when we went out and we bought some things like that. And I felt really bad for one of the leftovers. I felt bad for Jason, who didn't get to take part in uh, Force Friday. So while I was at Toys R Us, I uh, saw something that you might like. So I'm going to go ahead and oh, present shit. you with it. You guys. God damn it. It's, not, just it's not guys. Oh, they didn't, they didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think about you this week. <laughs> Thanks, bro. The only, Jake was just like, man, I bet he's in that fucking room smoking that cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good's ever going to happen. <laughs> Let me see here. What you got? What you got? Let's see. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Kylo Ren, baby. Oh, fuck. Captain Phasma? Yeah. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, they, oh. they had they had them hanging up, and I was just ah. like, I was like, I'm gonna get Jay the two coolest. Uh, I think the two coolest characters that are coming out of this, as far as like the character designs. Yeah, man. The two hardest to find Dude. figures too. Yeah. I would say right thank now. You. Yeah, man. Oh, holy shit! I'm getting oh, a hug. It's a hug. You, so happy, <laughs> happy belated Force Friday, man. Thank you. That's awesome. I was like, fuck, man. If Jay doesn't get a fucking Kylo Ren anything. That's 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 sad. So I I'm gonna to... open it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, have him fight. Yeah. I was gonna say something about that, but they're on the same side, right? Yes. Okay. Mm. As far as we know. As far as we know, I mean, one. I think one is Knights of Ren, and one's the First Order. They're working together. Who knows? Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. of a, a team up. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, but uh, Captain Phasma is directly under General Hux, Domino Gleason's character. Correct. So. It'll be interesting to see if these two ever work in tandem. Uh, are we ever going to see, like, Phasma and fucking Kylo Ren on the screen at the same time? I would guess no. Oh, man, it would look beautiful, though, would wouldn't it? Beautiful. Holy shit. It'd be fucking amazing to see them on screen at the same time. I'm surprised we haven't got a Hux figure yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a General Hux figure? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's nothing to hide at this point. Like, we've gotten other figures of people that yeah. do seem like people they were trying to hide. Yeah, L.O. Atsy and yeah. uh, Sarko Plank. And, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, they haven't. We still haven't gotten a. I, the other, the one I know that they're still trying to hide is the fucking uh, the Max von Sydow one. Yes, yes, which they we talked about his name a couple weeks ago. What his real name was in the in in everything, and I, I believe it. I think that's a legit rumor. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think it is. So, all right, yeah. Um, but I was gonna open a comic block, but we probably don't have time for that. Did you open your comic block in a video yet? I did not. Yeah, then do your little video, and then I'll fucking open the stupid fucking shit next week. Sweet. Yeah, because I don't really care to open it this week. It'll just piss me off anyway. <laughs> It'll be a Funko in there. Yeah. Oh, here's the emails that I had. I had them ready to go because we were gonna we we're gonna dive right into those motherfucking emails right now. <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna scroll on down past them. <laughs> that's, that's that's got to cheer you up. Gratifying. Somewhere Darth Atheus is like mm-hmm. doing a total fist pump. Like, yeah! Hey, guys, guess what? I'm still scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, probably just through uh, Chris's still. Mm, um, ah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Yeah, so we do have uh, a segment called the Good Pop, Bad Pop on the show. And uh, How does that work? <laughs> Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks <laughs> that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. Uh, I didn't play the bumper yet, but I'll play it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was, I was trying to set up the bumper for you. For more reviews <laughs> with Good Pop, Bad Pop. 
All right, with uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop, we have a uh, rating system. Uh, have uh, somebody go over it here in a second when I can find it. The old fucking rating system. He's taking a <laughs> shit, right? Shut the fuck up. I'm playing it again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. Shut the fuck up this time. God damn it. Are we, are we good? I guess, man. I can't. I can't. I know guess. We got Captain Gigglefuck over there. <laughs> hey, senior cackle. Okay. <laughs> yep. Hilarity. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah, here's our. Here's our. Uh, here, fuck. <laughs> here's our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. So there could be some things that we're talking about throughout Good Pop, Bad Pop uh, that we that we, that we we rate. Um, let's see here. Well, right me... off the bat, I Tupperware this drink. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I did provide Jake with a beverage this week. Aren't they good? Oh, my God. It's, uh, what is it, Mexican mudslide? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super tasty. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I didn't make these. This is uh, compliments of Chi-Chi's. <laughs> so, uh, well, compliment Chef Chi-Chi for Thank me. you, Chi-Chi Rodriguez. <laughs> do you remember the Mon Chi-Chi's? Oh, yeah. You remember those oh, little... Oh, oh, I do, I do, I do. Mon Chi-Chi. Yeah, little, they look like A.C. Slater yeah. from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> They would suck their thumbs. Hey, Frank, let me know when you think something's funny. <laughs> you probably know. Gosh, between this, I got this laugh battle between Jay and fucking Frank over here. It's like, it's like WrestleMania. It's like, the end of, it's like the end of Eight Mile. <laughs> let me laugh on this, yo. <laughs> I don't know. I think Frank's taking the early lead. Yeah. <laughs> it's the UV. It's helping me get a fresh start. There uh, you go. How much of that have you had already? No, not much. Not oh, much. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you mean that, that, that's, a, that's a good sign. <laughs> I'm Great. not the only thing that's back, bitches. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, real quick, if any if any of our listeners have uh, – do any of you have Amazon Prime? Yeah, no. Uh-uh. If any of our listeners have Amazon Prime, there's an Amazon Prime uh, original TV series out now. Yeah. It's called Red Oaks, and it's with Paul Reiser. Oh, I keep seeing hmm. uh, like little yeah. still ads for if that. If anyone's seen it, <laughs> let me know if it's any good. Hmm. I'll have to try to check it out. I've got I did, Prime. Yeah, I didn't like um, – What's that one show that he was on that sitcom years ago? Mad about oh, you. God. Didn't like it. Didn't me like neither. it with, with Helen Hunt. I, yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan. But I, I have liked him as a supporting character on uh, Married. Okay. It's, he's been really good. The Judy Greer show. And, oh, man, he's been really good in that. Uh, who else is in that? Wasn't um, he on some sci-fi show way back? Is like a half-assed villain. Fuck. Alien. Oh, that was that it? He was an alien, the okay. first one. All right. No, aliens. No, aliens. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But yeah, aliens. He was in the second one. I think um, that had a little bit to me why I never liked Mad About You. I was mm. so fresh off of what a oh. D-bag he was in Aliens that mm. him being like a friendly family guy just seemed like fucked up to me. I just didn't like Mad About You because I just didn't like the show. Yeah. I liked the I liked one episode. There was one episode that I really thought was funny. It was the one where he took Viagra. <laughs> Just as like a joke, mm-hmm. oh, and then he uh, he was got done taking a shower, and he stepped out of his apartment to grab like a newspaper or something, 
and he got locked out and he had a boner through the towel <laughs> and he had to walk he couldn't get he got locked out and he had to like find his way back into the it was really funny wow it was almost like a curb your enthusiasm type of That's scenario funny. it was really fucking hilarious alright uh, good pop bad pop we kind of went over uh, the rating system toss it taste it Tupperware all that shit uh, let's jump into our good pop bad pop of the week a lot to talk about this week that's why I'm not reading your fucking emails right now uh, did anybody else watch Gotham uh, episode 3 didn't get to 3 watch 2 so far okay. nobody no that's feels like I'm on a pop culture leftovers episode that's for sure I don't, I don't have cable at the moment until the 22nd of this month you got month. excuses out the yin yang though fuck yeah I do I'm out on Gotham I, and you guys I know have that. given me no reason to want to come back in from what you've said about the new season so far yeah um, yeah this uh, last episode I, since nobody's seen it I won't give away any spoilers uh, but we yeah, I, I I toss it. Man, I toss it so hard. I'll take spoilers. Yeah, I, I had read all. That's kind of why I didn't watch it, because yeah, I already read the spoilers, it. and I was kind of like, I'm not interested Right in when that. they said Rise of the Villains, I I'm out. I want to know what happened okay. without seeing it. They've been grooming this character of Jerome as the Joker. Okay. They've been grooming. That I know, yeah. Uh, very much alluding to him. He, he's been acting like Ledger, acting like Nicholson, acting like all these different Joker, uh, and... This season, they've given him a lot of screen time. So much so that in episode two, we got no Penguin. Right. Uh, so much so that we only got Penguin at the end of this episode. So right. it's been a lot of Jerome. And so what ends up happening is at the end of the episode, uh, the dude that plays Ferdinand in Orphan Black. Okay, okay. Spoilers for Gotham. He ends up stabbing dude. In Jerome? The, Jerome in the neck. Oh, wow. And kills him. Mm. Nice. So Jerome is not the Joker. And I don't God. care what anybody says. I, I feel that if this character had made a huge impact on pop culture and the viewers, if people would have embraced this guy, this actor, um, as the Joker, he'd still be alive. I agree. Right. I agree with that, too. That's how TV works. Yeah. And I think it was just it, they, they put him out there. It was a test. And he failed, and so it's like, no, this is not our Joker. Mm. But is it really his fault, or is it the fault yes. of the writers? Yes. It's, in, the, in the first season, I liked him. I thought he did okay in what I, I think saw he put, first season. No, he did horrible in that first season, in my opinion. Really? He, over, he was overacting. Um, yeah, I, I do. I think, he, I think he overacts. Um, he tries a little too hard. Mm. Um, and it's too early for that character to be like that. Right. Yeah, I agree and with that. He's the guy we saw doing stand-up in Fish's Club in no. the first no. season? No. Okay, okay. No, you're way out of Gotham then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the first guy that they were talking about. No, Jerome was somebody that they introduced in the circus. Okay. And uh, they showed his origin story and everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and yeah. I exactly. think that was some of it because nobody really wants to know where he comes from. That's always kind of the mystery. The closest he got was to the uh, uh, the killing joke. Sure. And that was kind of acceptable because I don't think sense. that this show actually knew that until people started saying things, though. <laughs> right. And then they're that, like, oh, fuck, we mm -hmm. stepped in it. We got to fix mm -hmm. that. Yeah. They're going to go off fan reaction. Mm -hmm. They're not going to just be like, all right, we're going to ride this fucking thing out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I agree. Cha it shows they change tone. They change uh, actors all the time. Sometimes actors don't know that they're dying until they come on the set that day. Right. And so um, – because they want them, because like when, because they want that emotion from them in the scenes. Right. Yeah. And, uh, 
I feel like that if this character would have made an impact on viewers, that he'd still be around and he would be the Joker. Yeah. I do. So he's absolutely dead. Oh, dude, dead, if, dead, if dead. they bring him back by some – because this show is they're, – they're wanting to make it a little bit more realistic than like, you know, watching like the, the Flash where there's like different uh, Earth 2 and different times – dreams and shit like that okay if they're doing like this grittier fucking universe with gotham he's dead i mean he bled out he was dead cold on that fucking table okay you see a body in everything you see his face at the end of the episode i think it's the last thing you see in the episode the only thing and i cannot start stand barbara keen yeah the way that Uh. i mean in the original i mean her and you know jim get married and have a kid Mm -hmm. and here they it's like they're grooming her to be harley quinn how the fuck did they get there from where they ended up at the end of the first season in three episodes they've been off they've been off the rails this whole time jesus fucking christ so yeah they've been off the rails this entire time um the only scene that i really enjoyed in this last episode was the scene with my two favorite characters bullock and um uh penguin I love them too. That's they, there was a scene at the end of the fucking episode that was just like masterful, and it was so fucking good. It's like okay, now I'm watching some actors at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you you can't have a layered character be portrayed by this actor, this Corey Monaghan or whatever his name is. I can't remember what his see his name's not even memorable. I think you hit the nail on the head. How they they got reaction. Yes, I think it's a little bit of negative reaction to him mm-hmm. and such favorable reaction mm-hmm. to the characters like the penguin. Yes, and even yeah. to a lesser extent, even the riddler character right yeah there's just no reason like if if this guy's not getting the big bang from the audience then what they did with the riddler that was so great is they've kind of just kind of brought him along slowly Mm -hmm. yeah they they, you know what i mean and i like that they're not trying to give us too much with the riddler and that's what's great that's what makes the riddler so cool anyways he's always kind of like an enigma right yeah Yeah. you see what i did there (laughs) (laughs) yeah At least they didn't fuck him up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, have I abandoned? I'm still watching the show. Have I have I abandoned the show? No. Am I going to keep watching? Yes. Uh, Partly because I want to talk about it, Mm. and partly because sometimes people they need to. They need to. I I have a perspective on it, and I want people to hear my perspective. You know, there are people that love this show, and the show can do no wrong. They love everything about it. I've seen, and um, it's it's like I I think that there needs to be another perspective on it, Um, and I think that this show doesn't do a lot of respect to a lot of characters. I love Alfred on the other way, on the other hand, and then on the flip side, I love the scene because I hate Jim Gordon in the series. Mm -hmm. He just is driving me crazy, (laughs) Um, but. I love the scene where Alfred was throwing game at fucking uh, Marina Baccarin in this fucking episode. Yeah. Dude, he was fucking throwing some game at her. He, yeah, didn't, re- he didn't realize that she was with Jim. Oh. So Alfred's like throwing some game, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. man. Hello. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, That'd be cool as shit. He, he's asking her out to dinner and shit. Yeah, dude. I'll have to get caught up once my cable gets cut back on. Yeah. Um, the, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the other DC property, and then I'm going to ask you guys about some of your good pop, bad pop. Right. The next thing I'm going to talk about is Flash Season 2, Episode 1. Let me guess. Nobody watched it. No. Yeah. Fair enough. Moving on. Here. <laughs> uh, here's what happened in the Season 1. I'm going to get you guys caught up on the Season 1 finale of The Flash, and then I'm going to jump into Season 2 okay. and my thoughts on Season 2. At the end of Season 1, Barry visits Harrison Wells. Wells describes their relationship in the future why he killed Barry's mother. So he admits he killed Barry's 
Barry's mother and why he had to help Barry become the Flash. Throughout the season, he was like grooming Barry to become faster, 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 be a better Flash. He starts to tell him why. Wells also proposes to Barry that requesting that he help create a wormhole where Wells can return to his time. So now we've got a wormhole that opens up. Um, and uh, this also allows, when they open this wormhole, it also allows Barry to go back in time and possibly save his mother. So basically what happens is Barry has less than two minutes to change the past or um, the super speed at the right velocity. Uh, in the, yeah, let's see here. Uh Barry has less than two minutes to change the past, or the wormhole will create a black hole that could destroy the world. Mm. Okay, he doesn't. He doesn't save his mother. Okay, and then um, there's this huge wormhole at the end of uh, uh, that, that you see at the end of the episode, um, and it's basically it's uh, it's uh, fucking. Uh, you see the flash. He's going to go up and try to like stop this wormhole. That, that's one of the things that I don't like about this show is, and I, I think they did it last season a lot. Was like every time like he would face something, he would like, "How do we stop it? How do we stop it?" And it's like their advice to him every time was like, "Run." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, can we can we figure out some other way right. to use your powers here? I mean, he's a smart guy. I know. mean, okay, here's a huge wave that's gonna like crash down on the city. Run from the it. ocean. Run, run past it really fast, <laughs> and then that'll create some kind of wind, and then that'll subside the wave. And it's like, we get it. You run fast, right. and that that sure comes in handy with all these. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. another complaint I had was with with Cisco just being able to invent anything, right. anything, mm-hmm. and everything. Oh, we need something that's going to stop a guy that controls the weather. Oh, Cisco's got something for that. I can yeah. whip it up here for you real quick. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, we got this character, and they shape shift. Oh, I got this little <laughs> anti shape shifting. Yeah. I found a way. I can track all the meta humans with this, and wear this, and I, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, at, at the uh, well, okay, yeah. Uh, another thing that happened is. Uh, Eddie, um, Eddie Thon, who is uh, Harrison Wells, was actually uh, Eobard Thon from the future, and Eddie Thon is actually like his like great 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 grandfather or something like that. And so Eddie's like sacrifices himself, takes shoots himself or something, and then fucking kills himself, and then that wipes out fucking oh, okay. everything that happened or whatever. So now uh, they they shut down the wormhole, and then. It still becomes a black hole. The black hole then becomes the – it starts tearing the city apart, and that's when Barry uses a super speed, and he's going right up into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, awesome. And then the episode ends. That's the yeah. season finale. Oh, wow. Jesus. And so what they do in se- uh, season two is, like, they show you this scene of, like, all of them meeting together. Like, you know, Firestorm and fucking Caitlin and Cisco and even Wells and all that. And, like, Cisco's like, you kicked ass out there. And they give each other high fives and shit and, like <laughs> – I'm like, okay, like, you saved the city. And then Harrison Wells, like, comes in on his wheelchair and then stands up. And, like, they're all, like, not freaking out. That like, what is going on here? It's a dream sequence. And then they jump, they do a time jump to, like, six months later and stuff like that. And you've got, like, (sighs) Caitlin, you've got, basically, uh, you've got a time jump of six months, which I think takes away from, like, the, the, the storm. Yeah. The black hole because you kind of like get to see like what's going on, 
And then they finally like go back to the black hole and they show you like what happened there. And so Barry's up there and he's running around, but they still need like they need now they need some kind of like an explosion or something like that. To, Cisco can do that, right? No, yeah. Well, <laughs> they, firestorm. Oh. So they send firestorm up there. What ends up happening is like he ends up stopping it, and then what happens is like. Robbie Amell's character of Ronnie mm-hmm. is gone. It's they're left with uh, the professor dude or whatever right. his name is. So he's still alive, but Ronnie is now missing or dead. So um, city saved, and then like they have this thing called Flash Day. Um, I'm getting the vibe that that you weren't the biggest fan of this premiere. I hold on. There, uh, yeah, I have a lot of complaints with it, but I. I, I Overall, I still love the show. Okay. I still love the show. I don't think that they handled this episode correctly, though. All right. I think that they should have shown you right off the get-go, no dream sequence. They should have shown you right off from the get-go at least something from the storm. Maybe maybe what show characters in danger and then time jump if you want to. And then maybe go back to it later and show you more snippets of it. But, mm. but I, I think we should have saw – that there were consequences that were going to happen in this storm from the get-go to get you worried about characters yeah. instead of doing a time jump six months later. Yeah. That- because when, when, Robbie, when Ronnie ends up going missing or possibly dead again, you're just kind of like, eh, mm. it could have been a lot more impactful. And, and okay, let, let me just go into some of the things that happened in this episode. Um that yeah, that I don't like, and uh, then I'll talk about things that I did like. Um, I don't know if Robbie Amell's coming back to play Ronnie anymore. He might be doing something else. Okay, but on the flip side, it's like you killed him off again. Possibly this is the second time you've done it. Right? How is Caitlin supposed to react again? <laughs> How many times are you going to put this fucking girl through the same situation? Yeah, and I, I understand why. Like, dude, just left for a pack of cigarettes. He'll be back. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Matrix. How like the the third time they kill Trinity, it's just like, oh, who, yeah. who even gives a fuck? About right. time. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're doing it, and they're setting themselves up, and you can just see that they're setting her up to be Killer Frost. Mm-hmm. Like, her, she's going to go cold and not care, and she's going to maybe maybe even blame Ronnie for, like, leaving again and, like, putting himself in danger and saving everyone again and, like, not, you know... I don't know. She's they're grooming her to become Killer Frost. Something about this is they're grooming her to become Killer Frost and then then they'll bring him back and then he has to face her. Ooh. <laughs> that's what's that's what When you see it coming that far ahead, yes. it doesn't it doesn't have the impact that it would if it right. it just blam in your face it's happening. Uh-huh. Exactly. You're 100% right. Um we get our first look at Jay Garrick at the end of the episode. That's cool. But we don't know if he's got good intentions or bad intentions. It's kind of funny because, like, at the end of the episode, he just shows up into Star Labs right as they're talking about how they put in more security so that people just couldn't walk into Star Labs. It's <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, well, they brought attention to it because that, that was a huge problem last year. Is people would just walk in and out of that place like it was nothing. We got a secret laboratory. Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um... <laughs> I also didn't care for the for the uh, freak of the week, mm. um, Adam Smasher. Yeah, uh, I guess it was some wrestler. Is there a wrestler named the Event? Is that is it? I think so. I've never is? heard of that. Yeah, the guy who's playing him. Yeah, yeah I think so. Oh no, he used to be called the Edge. Mm. Yeah, 
The Edge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Edge is in this episode. Yeah. Okay. He, played, he played the Atom Smasher. Oh, that's ridiculous. Wow. And um, <laughs> the Atom, it, guys, it, it, what happens is it takes away when you feel like you have to do this freak of the week thing mm-hmm. to move the story along, or, or, or that people have to have a freak of the week in order to watch a Flash show. Mm-hmm. They could have left this out. They could have left this Freak of the Week Atom Smasher out this week. If you guys had to have your fucking Atom Smasher, you could have it next week. But I think like they, there's so many things that they could have explored so much better. I don't think that the creators trust their audience enough, like that we love the show enough, that they don't have to have a Freak of the Week thing going on. I wanted, I wanted to see the repercussions of like, how is Iris reacting to Eddie's death? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if it is six months later. She's still got to be dealing with that somehow. I mean, they were fucking engaged. Um, and then also, I want to. We all we got was like Caitlin dealing with um, um, the death of Ronnie, and it's like they totally did not fucking address hardly anything that was going on with Iris. And that's because of this Adam Smasher shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got to have that freak of the week. They have this awesome scene of Flash Day, and then Flash Day gets interrupted by the Adam Smasher, and we get this fight, and it's the dumbest fight I've ever seen. It, 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 and and so they're afraid to have those slow character development episodes. Exactly, exactly. They're scared to do that. It's like they don't trust the audience to appreciate an episode that's just more. Well, hold on, hold on. In that ep- in this episode too, we have the the big com- finale mm-hmm. from the the season finale from before. Yeah, that's a lot of shit. That going can be on. your action set piece. You don't have to have a big fucking uh, some stupid. And people are gonna say people that are that love this show no matter what are gonna say, well, they use the Adam Smasher to bring along the character of Zoom to introduce him. They could have done it a different way. Yeah. They did not have to introduce Zoom into this story by bringing in Adam Smasher. Okay. There could have been other clues throughout this episode that lead you to believe that this character is gonna be the big bad this season. Yeah. yeah Smallville many- had the same issues, I think, that you're describing. Mm-hmm. Where they episodes- didn't trust our audience enough. Oh, sorry, Frank. Well, oh, sorry. they did towards the end of towards last season. End, yeah. No, the end of last season in Flash. They didn't have the Freak of the Week thing going on because they were really developing Tom Cavanaugh's character mm-hmm. as evil Harrison Wells. They were really developing him along and trying to give us the end of that story, so we think. And then... Um, so they really didn't do the freak of the week towards the end. But now it's like they have him in limited capacity right now because he's dead. I'm doing quote unquote yeah, yeah. because he's dead. And so now they're not using it. So now it's like, oh, we have to have that freak of the week thing in here. And that dream sequence shit sounds – I hate dream sequences mm-hmm. in any show. It's like that time you use for dream sequences, it sounds like you could have used for flashbacks. Use mm-hmm. flashbacks to build how Zoom came into play. And yep. even then, a lot of that – can be chalked up to bad writing if it's used poorly because if they would have wrote it right the first time they wouldn't have to go fix it with something like that but how many episodes of like the walking dead do people bitch about 45 minutes through when it's slow as fuck and then you get that last 10 to 15 minutes worth of zombie explosiveness and it's fine go ahead and take the time to develop the characters i think that the flash can dedicate one one episode of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atom smasher was just stupid and then the final battle that he had with them it's like um, the Atom Smasher is powered by radioactivity, and so uh, they had to bring him into like this radioactive chamber, and I think they had to like pummel him with all this radioactivity, radio mm. radiation, and too much would like you know kill him. That happens a lot. In Did comics. he die at least? <laughs> and so, so what happens is like Barry is like, 
All right, if you want to get me, you got to catch me. Oh, oh no. God. Run, run! <laughs> very, yeah, very cerebral fight here. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, like, the, a ba- I love the battle of the minds between Harrison and Barry. That's, that's fucking good mm. TV. But him, him just saying, all right, you got to catch me and then he and then he then i'm a dumb villain and i'm gonna follow you and he follows him into the chamber and 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 then barry of course like jumps out of the chamber and then they end up killing him and then he reveals that zoom sent him so the black hole is still open or something once that black hole opened the second they've created an earth two Mm -hmm. and so now that it's open earth two you'd think that when eddie shot himself that Eobard Thawn would cease to exist. Well, we find out later that there's like this little hard, like this, um, this like, uh, drive. Um, I'm trying to think of what they're called, like USB zip drive. Zip drive. Oh, yeah. And it's got like a video from Harrison, and Harrison ends up admitting on there that I killed, uh, Barry's father. I killed Barry's mother. Mm-hmm. He confesses. So now, Barry's father is now out of prison. Okay. Which is not, I don't think that's ever happened in the comics. So this is something completely new. Mm -hmm. And so he's now released from prison. And so you'd think like once Eddie shot himself that Eobard would cease to exist and that none of that, he wouldn't be in prison, none of this stuff. But since they opened up that black hole, there's an Earth 2 and everything. It's really complicated. Everything still has happened. Is some of the setup for the... The the, future's not set, though. The next... is some of this set up for the next CW show? Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I think the only thing that we really saw from this is uh, what happened with Firestorm. Okay. So, because Robbie, uh, Robbie Amell has not officially signed on to Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. It's just the other guy. And so, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of anything else could really fit into that show. I don't see anything else from this episode. But, um... I don't know. Uh, Jay Garrick shows up at the end of the episode. His father's out of prison, which is really weird. It's like, oh, you know, Barry's been trying for the past, you know, 14, 15 years to get his father out of prison. They finally get him out of prison. They're having the party, the welcome back party, and his dad comes to him and says, hey, Barry, um, I've got to leave. I can't be here. You can't be the best Flash that you're going to be with me here. So I got to leave. And it's like, okay. Hmm. So that's really weird. <laughs> so I didn't appre- I didn't like that either. I think it's just uh, their way of like getting that character out of the way so other things can progress in the story. Mm. Goes all the emotional impact of that <laughs> <laughs> out the window. <clears throat> so uh, other than that, I, I'll be honest with you. I still love the show. Yeah, I, st- I, I have gripes about it, and I, and I think that we as like audience members can gripe about things. And still love the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I hate it when people just like watch dumb shit unfold on TV and they're just like, cool. <laughs> what's, your, what's your overall rating of, of just this premiere in a vacuum? Taste it. Okay. I still enjoy, I still enjoy the actors. Uh, Grant Gustin is great. Um, the, the, the actor that plays Joe West is phenomenal. We got a little bit of Tom Cavanaugh in there. Um, just, and I love Iris. Um, just fuck Cisco though. Oh, he makes this device called the boot, and thank God it didn't work. <laughs> thank God it didn't fucking yeah. work. What's your rating of the finale before this premiere existed from last year? High tasted. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I high tasted, or I, I, maybe at the time I was riding a high and it was like Tupperware, but mm-hmm. I didn't. 
I didn't like how it ended last season and how they started this season. Yeah. I thought the dream sequence was stupid. So, Maybe. you know, guys, you can still love a show and still kind of complain about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I love Flash. I would watch it over Gotham. I, I, it's, I have so much fun with this show. But I think, I think um, there's, there's improvements that can be made. So, because I think I think they have something really special with that Tom Cavanaugh actor and Grant Gustin. I think they're really. I think they nailed the casting there. So, and Joe West, he's fucking amazing. I need to actually watch some of this shit. I bought the first season on iTunes mm-hmm. and never watched an episode. You, every time you say Grant Gustin, I keep thinking the only time I ever saw him was in Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he kind of smash his way out of that mold a little bit? I never watched Glee. Oh, but I mean, you know, he's I, accepted though. As yeah. the Flash? Oh, yeah. People okay. love him, man. Gotcha. People love him. People love him as the Flash. I mean, if you started a petition to have him, like, replace fucking uh, Ezra Miller in the movie, I'm sure a ton of people would sign it. Wow. I, I don't agree with him. Yeah. I haven't seen Ezra Miller yet, so, you know, as Flash, but I don't know. I, I, I love him. I think he's great. And I think, uh, one more thing, the Adam Smasher effects, I don't care what anybody says, they look like shit. <laughs> CW special effects. They look like shit. For a weekly TV show, though, it's hard to have a great big budget and make shit look he looked really like, good. He looked like a villain that you'd see in like a Pixar Incredibles movie. <laughs> and I'm talking about that's what the animation looked like. Mm. Like he looked like he came straight off a Pixar movie onto your fucking – it did Ew. not look real. Syndrome was pretty yeah, tough. Though. It didn't like mesh with that, yeah. the way – I can see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, enough of the flash. Um, moving on uh, uh, to more good pop, bad pop. Uh, you know what? We're gonna I'm, we're gonna jump into a a, um, a a good pop, bad pop here. Uh, but this is how I'm gonna segue it. I'm gonna segue it with an email. Okay. It comes from Joe Martin. Oh, Joe says, Martin, the one lucky emailer this yeah. week. Uh, no, we're going to have a few that are oh. that, that are topical, unlike everybody else. And they're, here's my attributes for the Hunger Games emails. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Joe Martin. I'm just fucking with you, people. Send those emails. I'm just fuck. God damn it, people are so sensitive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sensey. Yeah. I need to find out what the fucking rules are for this Hunger Games shit. People keep tweeting. What me. mic are you in? Are you even talking into that? <laughs> so? God damn it. He's, He's talking fucking, into the spice. It's trying to turn away from me. It knows I've got get, nothing Get to in there. Oh, that's Handy though. Anytime Frank says that we don't care about it. God damn it! Well, what? What? Which one are you in? I'll just turn it up a little. I'm bit. on four. Four. All right, I'm turning it up. Not there we go. Yeah, I got. Now it's trying to turn the other way. That's okay. It's good. Yeah, I'll probably turn it back down when you start talking. Yeah, laughing. Um, yeah, this one comes from Joe Martin. He says, "Hey, leftovers, I finally got to sit down and watch Ex Machina oh. after hearing Brian and Jacob rave about it to Jay every week on the show." <laughs> Every week. <laughs> All I have to say is, wow, this movie had me engaged from start to finish. I had no idea who Oscar Isaac was before he was cast as Poe Dameron in Star Wars, so this is the first time I've seen his acting chops. He was absolutely incredible in this film, and the way him and Domhnall Gleeson interacted sucked me into the story more than any other movie has in recent history. Isaac created one of the most interesting and maniacal characters in film history in his role as Nathan Bateman. When the credits started rolling, I immediately wanted to watch it again from start 
uh, again from the beginning, and I did the next day. A second viewing is definitely required for this because you'll pick up on many important lines and scenes that may have slipped by you the first time. Every time I thought I knew where the story was headed, it would shift in a completely different direction. The constant intellectual battles between the characters of Caleb, Nathan, and Ava were fascinating, and I really appreciated that the movie gave me an ending that I never expected. Now that I've seen both Gleason and Isaac act as the good and bad guy, respectively, it's going to be an inter- it's going to be interesting to see those roles reversed in The Force Awakens. It would be awesome to hear you all discuss this movie in depth at some point. Now I need to address Jay directly. <laughs> Get off your ass and watch this goddamn movie. <laughs> so thank you, Joe Martin, which leads me to Jay. Did you or did you not finally fucking after three goddamn months <laughs> and one Scream Queens premiere later watch Ex Machina. No. <laughs> yes, I did fucking watch. <laughs> Motherfucker, you might got lynched. How'd you going? <laughs> I promised I would watch it. I did watch it, yes. Yeah, we had to literally threaten you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Jay, if you don't watch one of the best movies ever... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did watch it, and I, I also agree, man. I, I was... I was absolutely blown away by it. Thank you for, t- you know, telling me to watch it in the first place. That was definitely up my alley, mm-hmm. you know. Um, fucking, it's, it's just, it's, it's a great sci-fi flick, first of all. It's, and, and I think when sci-fi movies like do something like this movie did, which is kind of transcend the genre, yeah. which is kind of like, um, 2001 Space 2001 Odyssey, 2001 Space Odyssey, Blade Runner, yeah. those kind of movies where it just takes the genre to this whole new level. I think, that is the best of any genre. I think when sci-fi does it, 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 it changes people. It changes the way we think as people when these movies come out and they hit this hard. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm, I'm a, I don't know how much of the world like got behind the movie. I'm assuming it was critically praised. It was critically praised. But, um, yeah, I don't think it like, I'm sure it made its money back and yeah. it was in the theaters for a little while. Um, yeah, it was an indie darling. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's guaranteed to be a cult classic. Mm-hmm. It just it's just one of those movies that I feel like changes human consciousness. The more people see it, the more that human consciousness actually changes. It's funny is, that wow. people will sit back and they'll watch a shit movie mm-hmm. like fucking Transformers Age of Extinction, yeah. but they won't fucking go to Redbox and rent one of the best science fiction movies that I've seen in the, the last decade. Yeah. The last movie I remember having this much impact was The Matrix. Have you seen it yet? No, no, I need to see it. Though. Well, I well, The Matrix had impact too, but this this is like this is a lot deeper, and you know yeah. the, the performances are of course just Stellar. insane. I mean, not phony deep like The Matrix. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is he is just sunk into that role, and it's just he's a totally different person than anything I've seen him. Pro- mm-hmm. You know, in his real life <laughs> interviews and stuff, I did not expect him to act like that in a role and he just blew me away like I, j- just his mannerisms it wasn't even the writing necessarily his interviews though he is very confident yeah. I mean, he comes off very confident and well spoken and I see that this I, I, I see him in another uh, echelon as far as like actors like I he's up there with like Pacino mm-hmm. I agree I agree wow. and uh this guy is going to be phenomenal, and I think like that's why I was like it was. I can judge the fucking look of the the how the the apocalypse costume looked. Yeah, I can say it looks like shit, but I'm not going to say that the actor is not going to give us the best performance I've ever probably seen 
in the, that, that's Fox is killing it with these fucking yeah. these these villains as far as like who they're casting. You know what I mean? Yeah, brilliant casting. I mean, he's. I'm sorry, I'm taking away from no, your, your I, ex machina review. I was definitely thinking Apocalypse was in the back of my head the whole time. It's like I, he's gonna whatever happens, he's going to do a great job. Yeah. But uh, it, the the other thing I loved about this as a sci-fi film is that it takes it to a very claustrophobic thing. It's not mm-hmm. this big expansive sci-fi movie. It's it's all set in one location, yes. and you're there the whole time. And mm-hmm. I really like that too. And it's it's exploring just all kinds of things: consciousness, you know, uh, man's creativeness, and is he a god if he creates art- artificial intelligence? What is artificial intelligence? And of course, you had Ava. Who is also just like spellbinding the whole fucking time? You basically only see her face because she's a cyborg. You know the body's all robotic and whatnot. But you know there, there's just there's just so many like beautiful scenes where she's like putting on clothes and it's very sexual. She's a robot, but she's like dressing up as a human and it's almost very sexual. Like when a woman would take off her clothes in a movie. This was like totally opposite. Domino Gleason's character is just staring at her through the monitor, just enthralled by her. Like he's attracted well, to the her. The first interaction wow. between those two characters was just like, I want to see how this plays out. Yeah. And you're just like on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Just, you're, and you're hanging on every word and like every sentence that comes out, like, what is she going to say to that question? Or yeah. like, you know what I mean? And like, and like she doesn't give you like the classic answers that you'd think mm-hmm. of in these types of movies where she kind of like throws a curveball to his character and you're just like, Whoa, wow. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah. It's like all three, all three characters are playing like mind games with each other. The entire movie. Somebody gets extremely fucked over in the movie. Yeah. For the most part over everybody else. People, if you haven't seen, (laughs) if you haven't seen the movie. Oh God. And, there, yeah, there's something wrong with you. That yeah, <laughs> start looking at me. <laughs> yeah, just just brilliant. It looked awesome. Like it, just the visual aspect of it, and and it wasn't like you know they weren't like real flashy with the uh, technology stuff. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty simplistic, but it looked great. And everybody that was acting and it was phenomenal. The story itself, though, is what really really caught my attention, and it's something that I thought about and thought about, and I fucking texted five other people. I was like, have you watched this yet? Have you guys seen this? Because I just watched it. fucking blew my mind. So thank you. And it's a Tupperware, of course. All right. Oh, God. Uh, I'd like to talk about the email a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's as cut and dry as saying um, one character is the good guy and one character character is the bad guy in Ex Machina either. I think it's a lot more gray than that. It is gray. That's why the ending's so fucked up, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily look at Oscar Isaac's character as... The bad guy of the movie. He doesn't either. Or, or Dom's character as the good guy in the movie. I think that's what makes this movie so fascinating in the first place is you can kind of see a little bit where all the characters are coming from. Mm-hmm. Even, um, Ava, for example. So I, I don't think it's that cut and dry. Like I, I, I see where he's coming from, how it'll be interesting to see Oscar Isaac play someone that's so much more a cut and dry, probably good guy character in episode seven. It's kind of like you choose your own adventure. Where it's choose your own perspective, and it's yeah, like cool. you can choose the perspective of like which character that you side with, or or you don't even have to side with anybody. You can just like see all the different perspectives of each character. Yeah, it reminds me very much of of the actual Marvel Comics Civil War series, mm-hmm. to where it's not that Iron Man's the bad guy and Captain America's the good guy. It's, mm-hmm. it's way more gray than that, and I feel the same way about this movie because I can't at the at the end of the movie I can't at the end of the movie like the movie the way it went I was kind of like rooting for somebody. Yes. Yeah, but at the, at the end of the movie. It's not like that. Exactly. I, I stopped. Exactly. I stopped. Wow. I stopped rooting for any character. Yes. 
Does yeah, that make sense? It, that's exactly the point I'm addressing right. with the email. Yeah. Is that it's it's not this character is the good guy. Yes. There's no this is Luke Skywalker and this is fucking Darth right. Vader in Ex Machina. Right. right. It's very shades of gray. Right. Between wow. all three main characters. Yeah. And Jay brought up the movie's claustrophobic because of it really only takes place in one setting the entire movie. I love that. But not only that, it's really only the three principal actors the whole movie. Yeah. I guess four There's if you four. count the one. But yeah. you, she's not even really one of the, the, the other three are the principal actors. Oh, yeah. And I would say that the fourth is Absolutely. just a little bit of a supporting. Yeah. And that really, I, I love movies like that mm-hmm. that just take place on one set for the entire movie with just these three, four people the whole movie. It's all dialogue. Well, I talked about yeah. Enemy, Enemy Mine. Yeah. And that's kind of close as far as like, you know, there's a lot of the, the first and second act, you just get a lot of Louis Gossett Jr. and uh, Dennis Quaid, even more so in this movie. It's a, it's, it's an awesome character piece. Yeah, it's, and, it's incredible. Yeah. I, honestly, if I if you put a gun to my head and told me to write down my top twenty movies right now, mm-hmm. this movie would be on that list. Mine would it'd be in mine. God list too. damn! Somehow I've like walked between the raindrops this year, and this movie has not even been on my radar at all. I've somehow missed all the talk and the hype about it. Mm. It came out this year. I don't know if everybody's hyping it up the way that we do on this podcast. Though. No, I I I don't know anyone that's seen this movie. That hasn't been completely blown away by it, though. It sounds amazing. Like, I, I had, I recommended all my roommates see this movie, yeah. and every single one of them, right. they went and watched it with a friend of theirs and made a wow. friend of theirs watch. It's the kind of movie that's like a chain like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That's I, the I, best I, shit. I though. have the text. I'm, I've literally, like, right after five <laughs> yeah. or six people, I was like, did you watch this yet? Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I want to talk about it. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now I understand your frustration with me. Just but. yesterday, I was hanging out with a buddy that was an old roommate, and he's like, hey, I just got Netflix. Is there anything I should watch? I was like, well, it's not on Netflix, but you need to find a way to watch x I, I, Frank, I, Jay's got my copy here. I got it on Blu-ray. I'll loan it to you, which you'll never watch it. No, 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 no. Tuesday. You, Tuesday. You've Tuesday. still got my Dale and Tucker versus Evil, and you've never watched it. <laughs> Ooh, which I'd yeah. like to watch. Well, I, I, I'd like to watch it again. He's had it, he's had it for a well, fucking it year. On, it is on Netflix. <laughs> but I'll bring it next week. But, but I do just lo- I love like when a, a sci-fi movie does this. That's, yeah. what it, that's my favorite part about this movie was just fucking a great sci-fi film wow and it didn't need to be all flashy yeah it it had a really good story where you're just thinking and thinking like what does this mean in the greater picture of humanity after you watch the fucking movie you know i feel you jay it's a great i thought it was a great thriller it's Mm -hmm. one of the best Mm -hmm. thrillers i've Mm -hmm. ever seen even on top of being a science fiction movie yeah it's like one of the best thrillers even just based on the topic alone that's the subject of heavy conversation right now in the intellectual community is like that's going to be the next big breakthrough and technology. Oh yeah, it's all should we uh, even bother to do it? Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very oh, much. Man, that's I the story of this movie. Tuesday, mm-hmm. I will watch it Tuesday. Kids in daycare, I'll do it. Promise. Do it, do it. All right, guys, moving on. Jake, what do you have for us this week? I know there's some things you want to talk about. Yes, I um, I've been playing a little bit of Lego Dimensions for the last two weeks since I got it. I wanted to go ahead and give a good pop review on that real quick. Um, yeah, I traded in some games so I could get the starter pack. Um, starter pack cost a hundred bucks. Um, I got it for 80 bucks because I'm part of the Gamers Club at Best Buy, so I got a little bit of a discount on it. Nice. And you get, um, it's basically your atypical Lego game. If you played any Lego game, it's really no different than them for the most part. You know, it's a big collect fest. Beat the levels, collect this many golden bricks, collect this many that. But the big selling point of this game is it's like all the franchises together in one game. And in the starter set, you get DC Comics Batman, you get Lord of the Rings Gandalf, and you get Lego Movie Wild Child. Or wild style. And you go through all the different worlds, including 
Back to the Future World, Ghostbusters World, Simpsons World, Midway Arcade World, Doctor Who World, and there's, I mean, there's... Cool World. Over eight and nine. Uh, No no Kim Basinger. Forgot about Basinger. (laughs) Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, none of that. And you don't... It's one of those toy box games like Infinity or Skylander where there's all these different fucking expansion sets you can buy with additional characters. But you don't need to get any of that to enjoy the entire game. With the starter set, you can play through the entire game, not miss a beat, visit every single world that is advertised. Even if you don't own the fucking Marty McFly figure, you're still getting to play Back to the Future World and everything. That's awesome. And so it has the main like 16 to 18 levels in the main game. But if you decide to buy into the extra figures, each universe has its own hub world. And as long as you have one figure from that universe, you can bring all the figures into that hub world. And the individual hub worlds have all kinds of mini games and extra stuff to do within them. So, and which is also nice because you don't, you don't even have to have all the figures to enjoy everything in this game. If you want to go into fucking Simpsons world, you just need one Simpsons Lego minifigure and you're in Simpsons world. You don't need to buy all eight Simpsons figures or whatever the fuck. So I, I like that. I, it's, you know, with today's modern video gaming where you buy the game and it's like you get 20% of the game and you're forced to buy all this DLC to play the rest of the game. I mean, this is very much that model, but it's very upfront. You don't need everything or feel like you ever need everything. So I really like that about this game. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Lego video game franchise. And in my opinion, this is the mother of all the Lego video games I've played so far. It, this this is a Tupperware for me. Easy contender for game of the year for me. I wow. really love this game. Um, all the pieces that you buy all come in bags of bricks, so you have to assemble all of them. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's really satisfying. You get the Batmobile and the starter set. And what's even more amazing is that the vehicles have different forms they can take. So you can literally reassemble the Batmobile into, into a different vehicle and then the game itself recognizes what vehicle you have it built as. Oh, and all the different vehicles have different powers and abilities and everything. A lot of fun. game has a great sense of humor. Um, lots of really fun beats with all the different characters meeting each other. Um, when Batman goes into the Wizard of Oz world and meets the Wizard of Oz Scarecrow for the first time, yeah. he assumes that that character is behind everything. Yeah. <laughs> and the Scarecrow has no brain and is just very confused. He's right. like, I'm a villain. <laughs> um, DC Comics Batman meets Lego Movie Batman for the first time, and they get into a big tiff, and that's very funny. That's cool. Um, just... All the, they do a really good job with all the humor. The voice acting is all the actual people. Oh, nice. Um, Michael J. Fox reprises his role as Marty McFly. Christopher Lloyd is Dr. Emmett. Wow. All the Simpsons principal actors are there. Um, Will Ferrell's there as, as Lord Business. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all 12 doctors reprise their ro- roles as the different Doctor Who's, nice. including all the supporting characters. Wow. Um, wow. The, the list goes on and on. Some of the doctors on. are dead, though. Well, all the ones that can. Yeah. I know Is it like from mostly from the new series, like Tenant. You meet you meet the twelfth Doctor first. Okay. But then when you if you buy one Doctor Who expansion pack, you can play as every Doctor. Oh, that's so cool! And there's a whole Doctor Who world and everything. <gasps> this game's on my wish list, man. It's it's pretty great. I I've done my best to not play any of these toy box games because I didn't want to have to buy a bunch of additional stuff. But I just I couldn't look away from the lego one i'm already such a big collector of lego figures and vehicles anyway that i was like fuck all right i'm in those games are a lot of fun too the sense of humor is always light and funny but like even some jokes are even on an adult level where kids don't get it yeah but it's funny for us 
And it's not like nasty or pervy or anything. I can see the look on your face. You hear Lego and you're checked out, Brian. Yeah, I just, I've played like Lego Batman and Lego Indiana Jones and I don't like them. Yeah. They're they're just not fun for me. Chris Pratt is two characters. He's Emmett from Lego Movie Uh and he's Owen from Jurassic World. Oh, that's awesome. And there's the whole Jurassic World thing too. That's great. And yeah, this game is just a lot of fun for me. I love it. So, so I'm guessing it's a Tupperware. Oh yeah, I said oh, already man. it's a Tupperware. It's the highest of Tupperware. Oh right? man, that's cool. So best game I've played all year so far. Nice, nice. Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, I want to, Frank. We'll get to you, but I got okay. I got a ton of shit that I got to talk about here. Gotcha. Um, one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk about is American Horror Story Hotel. Um, let's talk about that. The, we, the premiere, uh, I, I did get to watch it. Who else watched American Horror Story? Right here. Hotel. Okay. Um, this season we got a lot of the main players coming back. Um, and, uh, one of those is, uh, that's missing is, uh, Jessica Lang. She's gone. Right. Yes, so she's yes. gone. Um, I'm fine with that. She gave us four seasons. Yes. I mean, let's, I'm fine. Uh, let, let's, let's move forward. Um, Every season after the second season yeah. felt like a bonus season from yeah. her already. Yeah, because she kind of threatened retirement. Right, we got who? We got Matt Bomer's back. Mm-hmm. Who, who else is? Uh, uh, Sarah Paulson, yeah. Evan, Peters, Evan Peters, Kathy Bates. I, wait, wait, who was Evan Peters playing? Uh, he, he wasn't in this episode, but him, they yeah. did show him. They did like a season overview at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched it on cable or not Mm-mm. but they did a coming this season on hotel and mm-hmm. they kind of showed little blips from all the episodes and you definitely saw evan peter's okay. character he was in the opening credits too. i missed um i missed it the first time it aired so i had to watch it playstation 4 had it for free and you nice. could watch it on on there so i watched it there but yeah angela bassett kathy bates yeah yeah west yeah. Bentley. yeah west bentley it's another good one uh Angela Bassett, she wasn't in this episode either, was no, she? No, no. Okay. Also, they showed her on the, the yeah. season overview, though. Yeah. Uh, let me say this about this season. Um, I, I, my rating is a freeze-it for right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, it, uh, yeah, you can talk about it visually all you want to. It's gorgeous. It, visually, they do an awesome job in uh, American Horror Story every season. Visually, it's awesome. Agreed. Uh, uh, you know, the music is great, too. As far as the story and as far as the characters... I am not, I am not checked out, but I am not fully like locked in either. <laughs> I but and I can't even rate it. I can't yeah. be like, oh, I really like this story so far. For me, watching it, I, I was it was like it's got enough to keep me intrigued and and wanting to watch. But on the flip side, it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh, this is definitely a Tupperware or this is a toss and I hate this. Because I, I didn't hate it, but on the flip side, I didn't love it. American Horror Story is a very hard thing to rate on an episode-by-episode basis. You almost need the season as a whole. I completely agree. I have a rating for the first episode, but I totally agree. Like It's one of those things that halfway in, the whole season in, you just have a feeling of the whole season as a whole. I can't I can't give the rating justice right now. I, 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 I cannot, so I'm going to freeze it. Hmm. Yeah, it was a taste it for me. And basically for the same like I'm I'm in. It didn't blow my mind by any means, mm-hmm. but I did like it more than the freak show premiere. Mm-hmm. I feel me, I me feel too. more I, I tossed the uh, the freak show premiere. Yeah. I feel way more invested into this than I did the uh, freak show premiere. Mm-hmm. I like the overall theme better too. As a giant Stephen King fan, it's got that kind of like shining vibe to it, like mm-hmm. haunted hotel vibe to it. Um 
I just like the theme a lot better. Oh, I, I, yeah, but I did get to see uh, Schmidt from New Girl get anally raped by a yes. drill dick. Yeah, yes. wow. Tupperware that. No. <laughs> yeah, this was, I, I like Schmidt. I like that New Girl show. So. This was one of the most graphic episodes just right off the bat of American Horror Story. They were making a statement. Yeah, I mean. They had true blood level blood violence. Yeah, and lots of sexual overtones. I mean, that felt HBO. Like, seriously, it did feel like, HBO. Because, like, wow. there's scenes in True Blood where they're, like, having sex and people are bleeding while they're having sex. And, I mean, it's basically what we got here in a particular scene. It was yes. pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yes. I am... Um Sarah Paulson, who's usually one of my favorite characters in any Horrible given season, in this. Was, I didn't. Yeah, I did not like her very much in this at all. Just I don't, like, and they even character. Yeah. They even give you a little bit more backstory so you can understand her, and you still just don't give a shit and like her. No. Yeah, in both in both the last two seasons, in both Coven and Freak Show, she was probably my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And in this, I was just like, Ugh. yeah, she, yeah. It was, seemed like a big waste to her. Mm-hmm. I did really like Kathy Bates a lot, though. On the other side, I thought she was really great in this. Oh, she's she's just a pro man she is a pro her character's fun too i like how like the reveal of why she's stuck there and yeah. why she's like and yeah the, but like even even so like i i want to see they're gonna flash back a lot to her oh i agree i agree i liked the character because it didn't even feel like the same fucking character oh i agree yeah like i think she might be dead already like we don't know that M. Night Shyamalan in the house. <laughs> yeah, but I think she might be dead already. Yeah. I think that'll be a reveal. Um, I thought the character that had her job before she got the job was an interesting character. The kind of bald, transvestite mm-hmm. character. <laughs> yeah. But, well, he's been in every other season, too, yeah. that actor. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. And I, I, I'm on the fence about Lady Gaga. Oof. I don't know what to think. I didn't think she was... She has the look for this. I mean, she looks like she's a character that fits into this world. Yeah. And that I give her that. And, but was it like, did they really get her here just because she's a draw, her name? I think they did. and Because one of the things that was disappointing to me about this premiere is I thought it catered too much to Lady Gaga. I thought her whole introduction as a character Mm -hmm. felt like all of a sudden the show became like a Lady Gaga music video. Like it didn't, it it felt like a different show all of a sudden, just the way it was cut, the way it was edited. Mm -hmm. It like felt like they very much catered to her, like almost like she had a hand in the writing Mm. of her scenes and stuff. And that was kind of annoying to me, but I'm hoping that can get better. I'm hoping I'll like that stuff more, but yeah, it's a taste it for me. I'm in. I um freak show. I was kind of on the fence about right away. I feel much more invested into this after one episode of this than I did freak show. Jay, talk to us about American Horror Story Hotel. Um, I'm also going to taste it. Um, th- this isn't necessarily my cup of tea. I'm not into horror porn, which is what I would classify this as. Now, I'm not saying that visually it's not stunning because that's the main reason I'm going to continue to watch this is because visually. Like mm. it's so impressive. I get you, dude. Last year I tossed the premiere. I don't. I don't toss the whole season of Freak Show. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but that premiere was hard to watch. There was, oh man, there's just you know scenes of like rape and things like that that just don't sit well with me. Yeah. And uh, it made my stomach turn. And uh, I mean, yeah, dude. Like, like, yeah. This is a little bit of that torture porn, fucking Eli Roth shit. I, I, that's why I won't watch fucking Green Inferno. Oh, I'll I, never I, watch that. I, I, I won't ever watch it either. I don't want. I don't want to watch Green Inferno. I don't want to watch. I've never seen Hostel. Hostel never. Two. I've never seen him either. I don't care. I, I don't care to see that stuff. Like once that shit goes into my head, I can't get it out. I never saw yeah. past the first Saw movie. I saw Saw 
three in the theater, and that's when I jumped ship. Yeah. yeah. That's when I jumped ship. I was like, okay, now they've got devices hooked up to, like, you know, different body parts yeah. and shit, yes. and I'm done. The first done. one was I'm worth out. a watch because it was a little bit of a mystery. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on the Eli Roth. When the whole point is just how disgusting we can be yeah. is the only source of entertainment. Well, yeah, okay, let's, let's take it even farther. Human Centipede. I will Ooh. never watch yeah. that. I'm same boat. Never Fuck seen it. Shit. We'll never watch it. The new Evil Dead, or the newer one that came out, would you classify it as that? I saw no. that. No? Um, See, that was even... Oh, the movie? Yes, the yes. Movie, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. some things that happen Sorry. to her when she's in the swampy water. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind really of really gross nasty. and disturbing, so yeah. I was turned off by that as well. Yeah. Yep. I, I think they went a little Eli Roth with that movie. That's on your sick. recommendation, on your review of the movie is why I've never seen that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's gross. Don't, man. So like you're giving days. it a you're giving it a taste it as well. I'm giving it a taste. It. I'm going to continue to watch it just because visually I was very impressed. I like the hotel mm-hmm. aspect of it, but everything else, I you know, I, I don't like seeing women being taken advantage of. I don't like see kids being kidnapped. That shit bugs the fuck. That happens yeah. in real life. I don't need that on my fucking viewing experience. And you know, yeah, people oh. fucking with drill bit dildos. That doesn't oh. impress me. Mm-hmm. That bugs me too. Yeah, but visually, still, and Kathy Bates is enough for me when stick around and see how she progresses um but the yeah the overall atmosphere of american horror story hotel i like so that's my taste it mm-hmm. yeah i like that how it always had this look where it was like being filmed through like a peephole of a door like it always had this real fishbowl like they camera want, look to it they don't want you to ever feel like you're in control of this place yes you know like it's it's vast and like uh you're you're kind of it it's it's weird. It's almost like you're in a dream. Yes. And it felt very much like even though that character, once he woke up and he kind of like squinted and could see his son for a little bit, it felt like even if he hadn't woken up, like the it, he would have it would have been the same outcome. Right. It just feels like you're never really quite there. Yeah, right, I know? agree. It's I weird. agree. Yeah. It, it is weird. I did think there were some moments of levity though. That there were some some moments where I was a little bit chuckling. I thought the uh, are they were they German the two girls that we were first introduced to the Swedish mm-hmm. yeah Swedish yeah. I I thought I was I found myself chuckling at at knowing that the place they were going was a bad place mm-hmm. and then just being kind of drugged further and further into it I couldn't help but chuckling a little bit yeah, at it it makes I, me mad no, I, I think if they would have made those girls if if they would have kind of made them like a little bit more like they were Kardashian or like a Lindsay Lohan type character yeah, yeah. I would have looked forward to them you know kind of getting it. I didn't but. look forward to getting it, but I, I yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, if I think about the Kardashians, I don't really wish death upon Kim or Chloe or any of them in real life. No, no. At all. I, if, yeah, if they could declare bankruptcy tomorrow, I would, I would, I think that'd be great. Because, yeah, she got fucking famous off a of fuck tape. Somebody who's yeah, already but, destroyed. But, yeah, but, like, if know. they would have just made it, like, these characters, like, just a real piece of shit to begin with. Yeah. Then it would have been like, but no, these just seems like girls that were just there as tourists wanting to check out the city. And, yeah. and uh, like, that's why, like, I'm actually rooting for that girl when she gets freed. Like, oh, I was, too. Yeah. I was, too. This is, like, the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre when she's running away from Leatherface. And I'm like, get out, get out, get out, yes. get out. 
And yeah, so. But in that way though, I thought that scene worked. But I, mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is like basically the very opening scene. Like we're all smart audience members. We know that they're entering a bad situation and just they're, oh, it's 10 miles away from Universal Studios. They immediately want a refund. Kathy Bates is giving them, they go into two different rooms and everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but as soon as that guy crawled out of that fucking bed, they wish, that you should have been gone. No, no shit. Yeah. I don't care where you have to go. I don't care if you have to fucking sleep on the streets. Yeah, please arrest me, because that was the excuse. Oh, you can't leave because yeah. you need to talk to the police or they'll arrest you yeah. Yeah. for leaving the scene. I would have uh, been like, fine, fucking arrest me. Get me the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, I'd rather stay in a jail cell. <laughs> when, when a guy crawls out of the center of a mattress in your hotel room and he looks like a pus-filled oh my God. ball sack. Yeah, he smells Ooh. like it. Yes. <laughs> That's when I'm out. That's right. when I'm like, okay, you're getting a bad review on Yelp. <laughs> yeah, and they made that joke, which I thought was very funny, I'm, too. I am... I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, this. I'm going to go to the Howard Johnson's or the Holiday Inn. <laughs> yeah, they you know? got bed bugs, but not like that. No. Fucking, uh, who leaves the light on? I'm going to go there. Right. Yeah, right. we'll leave the light on for you. I'm going to go there. Yeah, the Yelp joke was another chuckle for me, too, when the girl said it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I I, I still got to freeze it. It was uh, a lot a lot for me to kind of take in, and I couldn't really form an opinion off this one episode. Just I felt the same way last year with fucking Freak Show. There was just too many disturbing scenes that 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 just kind of like I get it. You're just trying to you're trying to get us hooked shock with shock value in this first episode. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's gonna be a fucking crazy scene, and I don't know. It felt know. like a quick ninety minutes, though. I'll give it that. I remember the Freak Show being a, a little bit like Ugh, tapping the watch. When's it going to be over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't seem to drag on too long. For but it, it did. It felt like a quick. Well, on PS4, you didn't have like the commercials and right, shit, which is right. really nice. Yeah, they but, didn't even cut away like just for a couple brief seconds for anything. Well, we, Jay and I watched it on PlayStation Four, yeah. and there was no commercials or anything. That's it was cool. just it's great. It yeah. was, Usually, they at least stuff something in. No, that's cool. There was there are no ads. And on that note, Frank, if you do want to watch the series, you need to set a recording up for it mm-hmm. because only the first episode will be available on PS4 for free, gotcha. and then even on your like Comcast on demand, they're charging you for episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta wait a couple weeks before I get cable back, but I might wait to see if you guys say it gets any better because I'm really usually not a big fan of that torture porn shit. So I'm not either. I, I hate it. Ugh, that yeah, I mean, it's it's that stuff makes me cringe. I mean, it's not necessarily torture porn, but it's not scary in the sense that a scary show or movie should be it yeah. is it is just kind of like oh look isn't that shocking but a lot of it bugs the fuck out i, I just yeah i've been wanting to jump into me. the american horror stuff because i never watched any of them and i like the fact that every new season is like a reboot same characters different story and stuff so yeah i, I like i like the self-contained seasons what i didn't appreciate with this is like like yeah visually it's beautiful but like uh, not beautiful but just eerie and creepy yeah, yeah. um but I didn't appreciate like the little kids in the hallway. No. It, it's been played out. Very I, shiny. I, I've, I've seen. I know, and I know they're paying homage to yeah. it. But like on the flip side, it didn't get the same kind of like reaction that I think they kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you saw it in The Shining. Wait until you see what we do with it. And it's like, okay. I mean, you're you're just playing on every haunted house trope at this point. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's the mystery of the one room, that room sixty four. There's like, you know what I mean? And then you've got like the the little the shining kids and, and, and Oh yeah. And it's playing like all these like different haunted all these famous haunted house stories. Like what was the other one? That that uh fourteen oh two, that Stephen King one with the yeah, the, 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 the mysterious room. Yes. Like here we've got another thing with the mysterious room and it's like I don't know. I would like to see it kind of I, I wanna see the Easter eggs. I always kind of like enjoy the Easter eggs where it connects with the other seasons. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how this connects with maybe with one of the other seasons. 
So I, I agree with I'll that. I'll keep watching for the Easter eggs. but And I'll say this to Frank before we move on. I mean, really what separates this from torture porn that I myself refuse to watch is just the high cal- caliber of actors and actresses that are involved in this show. Gotcha. I, I mean, mean, if there's a plot behind it, I mean, it probably has a purpose, but... Yeah. You're not seeing Kathy Bates in Saw 6 and Green okay. Inferno, and you're <laughs> yeah, not seeing good. Angela Bassett in the Evil Dead remake, and yeah. Evan Peters, and and just, all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a high caliber of talent in right. the show. I mean, what does this air on normally? Isn't it like a network show? It's FX. It's FX. Okay, so I mean, there's a limit to what they could show. Anyway, right? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get away with a lot more on FX than you would if you were on NBC or ABC right. or CBS. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just short of F, F. Honestly, it's just short of F bombs that you can get away with, like an HBO and Showtime. Wow. Okay. And I don't. I think it premieres at nine central. Too, oh, okay. So you, you get away with a holy more shit! Like in too. the first season, you see like that maid, like you know, basically masturbating. Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you see, and it's it's like that first season was really sexually charged. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's there's a lot of sexually charged shit that happened, especially last season. Oh, I agree. Oh, god. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> Cleanse our palates. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with uh, more Good Pop, Bad Pop. <laughs> Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can... So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. Hey, welcome back. Hey. <laughs> we're back. We're back. And hey. we're going to be talking about uh, Jake and I. We, we watched uh, HBO's The Leftovers Season 2 Episode 1 premiere. Um, I don't, I'm going to jump in right now. I'm not going to get my rating right now. But man, Jake, I'm telling you, I've been dying to talk to somebody about this because <laughs> I've been dying to. Because honestly, man, this first episode, what was up with the first ten minutes? Oh, the first ten minutes were crazy. Can I can't make heads or tails of it. Um, the only thing I could distinguish from the first ten minutes, like mm. I, I watched this episode twice actually, because I, I was like, uh, I like two days after I watched it, I watched it again. I was mm-hmm. like, I got to watch just to even get the input of some right. of the stuff that happened in this yeah. episode. I got to watch it again. Yeah. And the first time I got to tell you, I was like, what the fuck is going on this entire first 10 minutes? Yes. But the second time I actually did like draw at least one thing from it. I, I think the big thing that this established was that a, it took place in the same area. Yes. And B, it tells us that these earthquakes that we see later on in the episode have been happening for a very long time. When did that first scene take place, though? It's like caveman. It's like caveman, cavewoman shit. Whoa. Okay, it's, you're you're 100 sold on that. Yes, I okay. actually I'll send you the link if I can remember tonight or tomorrow. Uh-huh. But I read a fantastic interview um, on Aaron Seppenwall's site that he did with Damon Lindelof. Okay, 
It's a really long interview, and they and he kind of like uh, tells people that. Yeah, okay. it was very insightful. Okay, and it also answered another question that really confused the fuck out of me in this first episode. Yeah, I'm just gonna jump right into it. Can I'm I'm okay. Yeah, you can. I just want to say that I teared up when that when the mother died. Uh, me too. And she's holding her baby. Yeah, I I don't think I could handle watching that again. Yeah, I, it was hard. It was rough. I mean, Leftovers is is that show. It is. It's it is. always that show. It's so fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost a bad time slot, like a Sunday night show before you start your Monday work week to watch this <laughs> this heavy ass depressing motherfucking shit. Just, I mean, just the scene of the even the 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 rattlesnake uh, going over the belly of the baby, and then the yes, wow, wow Jesus, <laughs> it was God, it's damn. super heavy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, um, and the, the the part I wanted, to, which really, I don't know about, if you got anything from it, was when they're in the diner and the guy just brings the goat into the diner yeah. and kills the goat. Oh, no, I missed that. No, I don't know that you missed it. I'm joking. Yeah, did you? I mean, I, I did not know what the fuck was going on at all. It made me think of biblical stuff. Yes, and there's definitely a lot of biblical overtones it going made on me in think the of, of, um, uh, It made me think of, like, Moses when they had to kill the goat and then paint the blood on the door and then that mm. and then that would uh once they did that then uh whatever it was that was taking the firstborn of uh the egyptians would not touch that household right and yes. so it, it was almost like symbolic of that for me yes and um that's very close to actually a little bit kind of what's and going like on everybody there. was like as soon as this guy walks in like the locals they know what's going to happen you know and it's almost like Everybody else who's like new or like uh, – because it's a touristy area. Yes. And the reason – okay, what happened in The Leftovers is basically in the first season there is an event that happens. Mm -hmm. And 2% of the world's population one day vanishes. In the the Bible, they call it the rapture. Mm -hmm. But actually the Bible never refers to it as the rapture. That's a man-made word. Mm -hmm. But – in this show, they don't call it the rapture or anything. It's just yeah. They almost go out of their way to let you know that it's not a biblical event, right? In the first sure. season, sure. But I mean, there are characters that would argue that in the show yes. too. Yes. Okay. So it's but two percent of the Earth's population just up and vanishes one day, no explanation. Yes. And so they then cut, I think, to like a year later, in three years, three years later in the first season, and now in this. There is uh, this one town that is that was spared. Okay. No one was taken on that day. And so this town is like kind of like people look at this town as kind of like what's the miracle of this town? It's the miracle town. Right. Yeah, and how they, they yes. dub it miracle right. at that point. Yes, exactly. Um so it's uh it's at first, I was really worried about this season, mm-hmm. um, but I think we are going to get more returning characters. Oh, we are. We definitely are. Um, and back to that goat thing. Yeah. Um, the day that the um, event happened, that character killed a goat. Mm. And one of the things that the town believes is that every day they have to recreate and do as much stuff uh. that happened. They believe that the things that happened on that day where the event happened, that none of them were were taken mm. have to be repeated over and over again to keep people from being taken right just in case an event like this were to happen again it's like sports fanatics they won't change their socks if they're winning yeah exactly so this guy is doing this 
every day. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. He's killing Thank, a poor goat. goats. Thank God Bill Murray didn't do that in Groundhog. Fucking Groundhog. Only a couple times. Yeah. Let's bring the Groundhog out and slit his throat. <laughs> what did you think about Did the, you tell people that he, yeah, he goes into this restaurant. Yeah, he goes into a restaurant, drags a goat and some plastic in to a lay tarp. the goat He, on. like, lays yeah. his tarp down and, and then, wow. then cuts the goat's neck, yeah. bleeds all out. And then drags him back out. That's terrible, man. Yeah, it's, Fuck. it's crazy. Yeah, but like, like if he's got to recreate this, did he didn't do that in the restaurant the first day? Do no, it where you did it. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, like a public display now. <laughs> One yeah, day he like, got drunk and hauled a goat into a restaurant and fucking. All right, goat. guys, we're gonna take the uh, the goat mutilation on tour. <laughs> <laughs> Same people got to see it. Where are y'all meeting today? <laughs> goat reunion. Everybody go to the bathroom. They got the radio DJs out there handing out balloons and hot dogs to the kids. <laughs> Here's some popcorn for grandma. Goat slaughtered. Grandma, she, I love this part. She does, grandma doesn't like the popcorn because it gets stuck in her teeth. Oh, shit. <laughs> and her dentures. Really, really interesting opener, yeah. though. Um, it seems like a lot. it's a lot tonally the same as the first season, but there's a lot of, a lot of big differences, I think, too. Well, we're introduced to brand new characters right at the beginning of this, uh, yes. this new show. We don't get uh, our sheriff or whoever he was, Justin Thoreau's character. We don't get him until like the last like 15 minutes of the episode, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And uh, I think him and Nora... And then his daughter move in yeah, to town. Jill or whatever. Yeah. I think the new characters are very much analogs to the old characters, though, mm-hmm. in very many ways, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, but the father's got a lot of secrets, like, you yes. know, talking about, like, how he was in prison and then he was in there for attempted murder and yes. kind of like, you know, then the kids show up and we didn't get to hear the rest of his story and and the way he shook Justin's Justin Throw's character's hand at yeah. the end of that kind of was like... I think he's like the alpha male in the town. Yes. And he sees Justin Thoreau's character as a threat. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I mean, I felt very much the same way about Justin Thoreau's character for mm-hmm. the first half of the first season. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we were unaware how good of a guy this guy was. Yeah. Whether oh, yeah. or not he was a giant fucking monster. Yeah. At least for the first half of the season. One thing that I'm going to bring up to you is, uh, Burning that guy's house down. That was fucked up. And that was, uh, was that Eddie Winslow from, uh, yes, Family Matters? It, it was, it was no Eddie. Yeah. He was also the voice of Jazz, the Transformer in the yeah, first Transformers yeah. live yes. action movie. But yeah, he is in this episode. Why do you think that his, why do you think, is it symbolic to burn the home down? Or is it just, what, what was, I feel like, well, the, the Eddie Winslow character, had some kind of um, the main. What's the main character's name of the show? It's it's fucking escaping me right now. The main uh, male character, J- Justin Thoreau. Not was- Justin Thoreau, but the new main male character. I don't know. Oh, I forget his name. But anyway, he um he even calls it a superpower that Eddie Winslow has. Eddie Winslow is doing this thing where people are dipping their hands in paint, and then he can like tell their future. Yeah, it's kind of like-, like a palm reading in a way. Yeah, and he's like charging people for it. And it seems like the new main character is threatened by this. Mm-hmm. They even have a um numerical threat level they assess it wow where he's like it's he's like it's a five and because it's a five we have to go burn this guy's house down Mm -hmm. and they go burn the guy's house down and even stranger like his wife seems perfectly okay with this like when his wife is like treating him after being in the fire and everything she's basically like oh yeah she's like well, you you did this to yourself, kind of shit. Yeah, it's, the guy that the, wow. the guy that house burnt down. His wife isn't treating him. It's the guy who burnt oh. his house down. His wife is now treating okay. this guy in the hospital, uh. and she's like fine with it. Wow. Yeah, it's like perfectly acceptable. Yeah. 
Like whatever whatever this guy's doing is deemed a threat. By it feels this new like main this character. this miracle town. It's like like converted back to the wild west. Right. I mean, they've got their own fucking set of rules and shit. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, the girl. Um, the uh, it, the earthquakes. I, is it all connected? Her. Her when she when she blacks out and starts twitching. Yes. Is it? I mean, is that connected to Justin Thoreau's character when he would like be gone out of his body and do things that he couldn't remember? Is that connected? Is yeah, is I'm the not sure? Is the fact that she twitches is that connected to uh, the fact that she disappears at the end of the episode? Yeah, which was very strange. Um, the earthquakes. How does that all connect from the beginning to now to? Does it connect at all with like her twitching or you know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's crazy. I was thinking maybe that it possibly connected to her disappearance. Yeah, that that maybe the earthquake somehow like sucked her up. Too. I thought that too. And then I was thinking like you know Justin Throw's character like when he would like do things he couldn't remember. Yes. Like like is is. <sighs> Is that connected with her character? But then I, when she disappeared, I didn't think so because he hasn't disappeared and he didn't just like, like you know, I don't know, leave them or and start twitching. No, he would actually physically do things. Yeah, it was like missing time yeah, for him yeah. while he was like doing shit and everything. Yeah. What about that scene where Justin Thoreau is in the house of the new main character? And kind of looks into the other room and starts spacing out. Hmm. Yeah, that was a really crazy scene to me. I was uh-huh. wondering if he was seeing people in that other room, like because we've seen the head of the guilty remnant in the uh-huh. commercials for this new season, right? And we know she killed herself in the yes. first season. Yes, I was wondering if that was how she sh- showed up. Was that he was seeing her? Because one thing I took away from that Aaron Seppenwall interview uh-huh. was that Lindelof said that each episode is going to take place from the point of view of a group of characters, mm-hmm. and he laid out the first three episodes. He said the first episode is going to be the point of view of this new family that we're introduced to. Okay. The second episode is going to be through the point of view of um, Kevin Thoreau's character, and we're going to see him leaving Mapleton and arriving at Miracle. Okay. And we're going to see all those same beginning scenes again, Ah, but through that character's point of view rather than the other characters. Okay. So we're going to see why he saw. Yeah, what he saw next episode. That's good. And then the third episode is going to take place through Tom's point of view, and we're going to see what happened to Tom, who presumably is still in Mapleton. Yeah. That's a son, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they they didn't lay out any more other than that. But I found I thought that was really interesting that they were going to do it like that. And I yeah. thought that was some of the best stuff of the first season right. when they did pure point of view episodes. Yeah. I, I think back to the first season as the uh, Nora point of view episode being one of the best episodes of the series. That was great. And Christopher Eccleston yes. is now – he. I want to know like why he showed up first and why they followed so that'll be interesting to find out in this next episode. Yeah, why they left Mapleton, uh-huh. why they came to Miracle. And I, I also realized, like, I think that, like, uh, the when Christopher Eccleston was, like, you know, talking to the congregation mm-hmm. and before he was interrupted by the pastor, because he was going to say something, the pastor was kind of like, I think he was worried about his safety because of the, the new father. Yes, I think he was, and, I think it's the same kind of situation with um, Winslow's house getting burnt down, yeah. that he didn't want him to it's, say something, yes. yeah, that yeah. Would, that would get the other guy to make him a threat level but five or whatever. When he was confronted after the service, mm-hmm. he 
do you, Eccleston's character, it's almost like he picked up on something was off with this guy and yeah. he didn't want to go into it anymore. But I also got the feeling like the guy was like, well, I still got my eye on you, Eccleston. Yeah. I still got my eye on you. Definitely. Yeah. And that guy was a really interesting character. He seemed like he had some really dark stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he was a very charming character. Like I thought, like a lot of the lines and he had a, he had a really nice smile. I thought a lot of his interactions were very charming with the other characters. Sounds like every politician, Jake. Yeah. I, I, hate, I hate him already. Yeah. So. A very interesting character to me, yeah. though. Oh, he's an interesting character. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I'll rate this, though. Uh-huh. I, it, it was a taste it for me. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think any first episode of this series is a hard Tupperware because the whole kind of purpose of the show is to set up a bunch of shit you don't understand yeah. to later reveal later. And the... The laurels of the show kind of rest on how good those reveals end up being for what you saw in the early episodes. This show didn't have anybody having sex and blood. I didn't get the <laughs> Schmidt didn't get uh, fucked in the ass with a uh, drill dildo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it a high taste. It. Yeah. It's really piqued my interest, man. I, I I love the leftovers. I Tupperware last season. Me it was too. So Me too. damn good. And so like this season started off really strong. I can't wait to see where it goes. I love uh, what I was worried about was introducing this new town, Miracle. Mm. Now that they've done it, I'm glad they did. It seems like it's like uh, they found a way to not like go into that sophomore slump. Mm. I agree. And so I, I really like it. I like the new uh, the scenery. So definitely down for this fucking season. I like the new title sequence. I thought right off the bat. Very, yeah. I, I didn't know what to think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe you liked it upon second viewing, but yeah. the first viewing, it was really weird. It was really weird. It wasn't like the, the, the original opening title sequence is very depressing. Mm-hmm. It's like we're showing like a Sistine Chapel version yep. of all the people like getting sucked into the heavens yeah. from the event and mm-hmm. everything. Hmm. And this new title sequence is like played to this like hippy dippy happy song kind of. And we're, we're still seeing like that people disappeared and everything, but the imagery is a little bit more warm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the fake warmth that miracle itself represents i thought like in the intro it was really interesting yeah if you're not watching leftovers you should watch it really good i love it it's great Uh, catch up i mean watch uh leftovers season one it's only 10 episodes there's only one episode of this new series frank fear the walking dead have you did you watch it I watched a couple of episodes, mm. the first two, mm-hmm. and then after that I got rid of cable, so I haven't had a chance to watch more than that. The second episode was better than the first. I ah. lost that first episode. It is awful. I am tossing oh, the entire season. Um, <laughs> God. The entire – I'm tossing it. Um, basically, it's uh, it's not about the characters. It is about uh, the event itself, and um, I don't f- find it interesting. Um, some of the characters make really weird choices. The father flips out in the last episode, a guy that is so anti-violence and for no reason just starts flipping out and beating the shit out of another character, uh, to the point where he turns into like a crazy Rick within the first six episodes. Wow, man, wow, that's a just, big fucking change. Let's just push this story right along. The character of Nick, the drug addict, one of the worst characters I've ever seen in TV, <laughs> gives yeah. us one of the dumbest lines that I've ever seen in a fucking TV show. Did you watch the last one? I am almost to the last okay. one. Yeah. Uh, in this last one, he basically says, I, I, I'm going to, uh, d- don't quote me here, uh, but he basically says that uh, in this new zombie apocalypse, it's, cr- it's so crazy. It, he's been living in this type of a world since he's been on drugs. Hmm. He's been living this life for the last whatever, how many years, and 
the whole world is catching up with him no, now. That's He's not comparing true. drug use to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And it's supposed to be this really deep fucking uh, statement that he's making to another character, and it is fucking stupid. Yeah. This whole show is fucking stupid. Yeah. And you can say that the action was awesome in this one. All it was was fucking military guys shooting at a bunch of zombies. Wow. This show is a pile of horse shit, and I toss it. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, just because it's got the Walking Dead stamped on it doesn't automatically make it a great thing. The, it's what what makes the Walking Dead so good for me is the characters. Mm-hmm. I love look Rick and Carl and and Daryl and and Carol and Maggie and Glenn and I love them all. all and right. this does not have a Rick, a Daryl, a Carl. It, it, it doesn't have any of that. No. It's just you just get these watered down characters <laughs> that are just there so the scenes will play out, so these events will play out, and you'll get to see they're just filler. The characters are right. filler. They act really dumb. Yeah. And, and they act so, stupid. So you think this has been catered to all the people that always bitch about the character development episodes of The Walking Dead? They're like, okay, well, let's give them some things to shoot at. I think, no. I think this was a, like, AMC was just like, you know what? We can make a really, really cheap TV show. Call it The Fear of the Walking yeah. Dead. and. Fuck. And we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what kind of ratings this gets. And we'll do it in the summer so we can get, like, you know. And and they did. And it got huge ratings. And it'll come back again. And people will just watch it because it's Walking Dead. And and that's what it is, man. That sucks. Yeah, Reddit's getting a full 16 next season. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. That's That's exactly what hurt the second season of The Walking Dead. Was uh, having so many episodes. Second season, I think, in The Walking Dead, didn't it go? To, did it go to? It didn't go to the full sixteen. I think it went to twelve or fourteen. Uh, I think you're, you're twelve. Correct. I 12. think, yeah. The sixteen started with season three. three. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that's all I wanted to say about Fear the Walking Dead. I got another really quick review, and then I'm gonna go. We'll get to you, Frank. Okay. I watched uh, the uh, comedy claymation movie Hell and Back. Hmm. It was in theaters for like a week. Okay. Have you guys seen any no, of this? I didn't, I didn't know, know about, about it. it. Yeah. All right. Basically, a synopsis: two best friends set out to rescue their pal after he's accidentally dragged to hell. It is claymation comedy. It stars, listen to this cast, Nick Swartzen, Rob Riggle, TJ Miller, Mila Kunis, Bob Odenkirk, Brian Posehn, Susan Sarandon, Danny McBride, H. John Benjamin, oh, Lance Damn. Bass, Jennifer Coolidge, Lance Bass. Jay Johnston from Mr. Show, David Koechner, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, and Michael Pena. No wow. shit, man. That's a big cast. Oh, sorry. I'm not done yet. J.B. Smoove, <laughs> Paul Shear, Paul Shear, and then uh, Greg's, Greg Proops. Wow. So huge comedy ensemble cast. Um, this is like last year I said that um, – Tammy was the worst comedy last year. Mm-hmm. This is the worst comedy I've seen uh, this year. Uh-huh. Uh, this movie is horrible. Uh, Frank, you'll love it. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying that. it. It's it's all just low-hanging fruit dick jokes Fuck. and fart jokes. You're right. And I will love it. It is the <laughs> dumbest fucking show. It's for... Uh, You'd love it. Um, you're gonna love it, Frank. <laughs> but I mean, I can, I can, I can appreciate a funny, like a funny, humorous dick joke. Yeah. These, this, this movie <laughs> relies on the fact that these characters are claymation. Right. Mm. It relies on the fact that these characters are claymation, so they can say these stupid things, and then they're going to be funny because the characters are made of clay. Right. It doesn't work. Isn't it R-rated? It's R-rated. Okay. It's R-rated. 
And man, I was expecting to go in there with that cast and fucking love Hell this yeah. movie. It sounds like like this is the end. It is horrible. Which I didn't like. It is this is the end was brilliant. Yeah, Agreed. Yeah. Brilliant <laughs> movie. Sure. You're right, I probably will like this. It was my favorite <laughs> comedy of the year. Yeah, yeah you're a comedy taste of I'm shit. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I can't fucking get into Bojack Horseman. Yeah, and, and and Bojack Horseman is one of the best comedies original comedy series i've seen yeah uh, animated it, it's so dark but still so funny it's one of my favorites ever i yeah. would say it's, it's so damn good. at least so yeah dudes needed something to make it for a while and then oh uh tupperware uh the rick and morty season finale oh shit that and already after, happened after the episode you could call this number 1-800-MORE-RICK uh-huh and i was just like what the fuck is this so i called it and uh basically it was the creators of the show saying we want to know what you thought of season two. Oh wow let us know That's leave cool. a message wow and oh, so shit. i got to leave a message to to the you know justin Royland and dan Harmon, those guys over at the fucking rick and morty told them what i thought about the season two. Uh, if you try to call that number now, it tells you that the voicemail's full. So oh, you can't leave a message now, but, oh, um, fucking amazing. Um, now, what, one final thing, uh, new TV show on True TV. True TV finally has another good show, uh, other than Impractical Jokers. Uh, Billy on the Street, and it's not like it's, uh, the first season. This is, I think, the fourth season. It's a funnier die. Uh, show oh, yeah so it's been online uh but billy on the street season four is now on true tv uh billy eichner is the host this show is absolutely hilarious it's a guy he just walks around on the streets of new york and he just talks to random people yeah. uh fucking hilarious and also sometimes he'll have stars with him mm-hmm. and like this last episode tina fey was with him and uh they would just go around he's like tina fey needs a new friend Do you want to be tina fey's new friend mm-hmm. and they just talk to people oh. and then he had a game show uh in which he interviewed these two women, a mother and a daughter, really old, really older ladies. They were tourists. And the game show was called Bob Dylan or Anal Sex. <laughs> <laughs> and he would ask them a question and they would have to answer if the answer was Bob Dylan or Anal Sex. Wow. And he was like, what I'm thinking of right now. And they were like, Bob Dylan? He's like, no, Anal Sex. <laughs> Fucking hilarious show. He's really, really, really funny. Um, she, they ended up winning said game show, which oh, is a wow. joke. He gave the mother five hundred dollars, and then he gave um, the uh, the daughter Anal a sex. no. Oh shit! He gave the daughter a a a poster of Cheryl Hines, the actress from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So the mother gets five hundred dollars, and she gets a poster of Cheryl Hines. Nice. At least it wasn't anal sex from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I like the funnier die people i think so, they do good stuff yeah well this is what true tv needs because honestly like everything else that they have out there is not really that good mm-hmm. you know hack your life was kind of funny i watched it for a couple episodes but it's not the kind of show that i can watch week to week to week mm-hmm. uh, i tried that new adam that new adam show where adam knows everything or whatever it it's okay but i liked it the first time when it was called pen and teller bullshit right <laughs> so um yeah and i just fucking i liked it the first time when david spade said i liked it the first time so fuck you. That's um, taking it back. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is this is great, but it's not original. I mean, they just basically said, "Hey, come on and do your season four on True TV." It's mm. it's not like a True TV original. This right. uh, this 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 network is having a hard time finding its identity, other than Impractical Jokers. So I don't know. Frank, what do you got for us for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? Surprisingly enough, I've got a video game for you. Mm. <laughs> but it is a uh, oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Uh, it's Chrono Trigger. Which is currently available on iOS for ten bucks, and also on PlayStation Network on your Vita for also ten bucks. 
Um, I've had it for a while on my Vita, just hadn't you know had time to pick it up and play, and kind of wanted to get back to something that was kind of colorful and not quite so dreary here mm. in recent weeks. Yeah. And I'm happy to say that even after 20 years, because its original release was in 1995 on the Super Nintendo, right at the cusp of the beginning of the PlayStation era, um, it's held up. The story is good and solid. you got a time-traveling adventure that's not overcomplicated, but it's still entertaining and it makes you think. And each and every era that you visit in this game... Uh, has its own tone and they've all got their own problems that you got to deal with. And then you got the overall danger of something that's going to destroy the world. Uh, it's funny in places. It's serious in others. It's touching at certain moments. And it's exactly what I needed right when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not only the, the nostalgic value, but I mean, I haven't played it in over 10 years and it's still really held up. A lot of people our age know about it because when it came out, but a lot of people don't. And I, I think that it's something good to pick up, especially in its current form on, on the mobile things because a lot of people bitch about turn, turn-based gameplay. And it's also got, I, I played it on my Vita. Um, it's also got a uh, real quick save feature. That way if you got to turn it off real quick, if you get to where you're going or whatever, get off the bus or whatnot, you can just stop playing. And a lot of that type of gaming suits itself well to turn-based play because if you got to stop for a second, you don't get wasted in the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, the game system itself, the gameplay is pretty cool because with the different characters you meet up with, you get like double techniques and triple techniques that you can play with and each character's got its own, a couple of secret characters. And um, for the time period, it's also got a lot of replayability. After you play through the game the first time, you get a new game plus mode, and you can experience any of the 12 to 15 different endings. And I say it that way because um, a lot of people count, like, if you lose at certain points, it'll give you, like, a crappy little game over mm-hmm. scenario. They count those as endings, but as, like, actual victories, you get 12 completely different endings depending on when you go back and beat the end dude. Because mm-hmm. when you do the new game plus mode, it starts you off with all the characters at the same level and all the equipment that you had, so you can pretty much whoop his ass at any time. So, yeah, I mean, 10 bucks, iOS, uh, PlayStation Vita, really can't go wrong. I thought it was really good, and unlike some games of that time period, even from just two years later, Final Fantasy VII, which I love, yeah. graphically it doesn't hold up. Those blocky-ass characters are a good example of why that game needed a remake. Right. But because of where it came in at the end of that uh, 16-bit era, it's still really pretty and colorful, kind of like Final Fantasy VI where even though it is so old, it's still really pretty because of how it was produced. So, yeah, I mean, if you got 10 bucks and got some time to kill, go ahead and pick that up. It's definitely worth your time. It's really enjoyable, even still today. Yeah, Chrono Trigger is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, if not video games of all time myself. Wow. It's really, really good. Character design by the uh, character designer of the original Dragon Ball Z show. Yep. It was his mm-hmm. first video game work and he designed all the characters and art for this game. That was, uh, Toriyama, is that right? Yeah. Yep. That, that was back in the day before Square merged with Enix, the developer of, uh, the Dragon, Dragon Warrior games. Which he later on did character designs for too. Gotcha. Yeah, they, um, gotcha. that, that was kind of a fuck, yeah, fuck. <laughs> that was kind of a fucked up merger. It happened in, uh, 2003 and really the storytelling of Square dropped off big time then. Mm-hmm. That was right in the middle of the development of Final Fantasy XII and Hironobu Sakaguchi left the studio and started his own. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a train wreck and they've really never recovered since. But yeah, this is back in the heyday. 
where the storytelling was great and unlike a lot of games of that period, the localization was like perfect. Like their English makes sense if you read it. Right. And they didn't have to change a thing. And even these new versions have neat little cutscenes in them. All your base are belong to us. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah, perfect no example. shit, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh what? <laughs> but in these new versions you get something that we didn't get twenty years ago and that's really neat cutscenes uh of cartoons of some of the events that happened. So that's a neat little bonus thing. I was shocked by that when I got through uh some of the frog stuff yeah. toward the uh end of the Maggot Magus uh storyline. I had the real nice little graphical treat there. Right before it happens. Cool. I played Final Fantasy Origins or one of those games like that uh-huh. on PlayStation 1, and yeah. these cutscenes were all included on there. Cool. So yeah. I've seen it. It is really cool. Yeah. Way back in the PlayStation day, they had uh, the anthology and, man, fuck. Chronicles. I don't even know. Yeah. I got both of those in my top drawer at my bedside table. Don't even have a PlayStation or PlayStation 2 to play them on. Yeah. But I'll never get rid of those because like, one you can't fucking find them One of those Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger is the two games. Uh-huh. And those are. Yep. Like, I think the, that's the second one. Yeah. That's that's what's up. And uh, the first one, if I, if I remember right, is four and six. I can't remember. Four and five. Five. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Chrono awesome. Trigger Tupperware. Pick Thanks. that up. Check it out. Jay, do you got anything else? Uh, no, I'm going to save that for another time. Jake? No, I'm good. I'm good. I have one more thing. I got an email here. Um, it's from uh, Scott Schutte, uh a.k.a. Riker XL, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Shocktober. Shocktober. <laughs> You're a little late on the uh, – and, and there was really no enthusiasm behind that, Jake. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I try again? He curbed it. Can we? Yeah. It was it. Yeah, it was like a little lackluster. Let's do it. The, let's do it. You know what I mean? Okay, here we go. Shocktober. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you. You still with us? Yeah. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Okay. I need to shock you here in a second. I was licking Claire. the butter off my teeth from the Chico stick I was eating. Oh, yeah. Those are awesome, by the way. All right. He, uh, Scott Schutte says, hey there, leftovers and left outs. While uh, everyone else was out watching The Martian last week, my wife and I decided to take in a different movie, Robert Zemeckis' new IMAX 3D experience, The Walk. Mm. It's the story of Philippe Petit and his clandestine tightrope walk between the World Trade Center towers in 1974. The movie was a complete Tupperware, and the last act of the film had me on the edge of my seat, feeling, Frank, what the fuck is going on over there? You're acting like you're fucking going through, like, uh, child labor. <laughs> no shit, man. I've seen previews for this film. Yeah. As bad as I want to see it, I've got death, deathly fear of heights. Yeah. The, the fucking cinematography. I have, a, de- I have a deathly fear of, like, any time I start talking about something, <laughs> that you'll get excited, and then you'll turn like this, like, you're, you're like this side spectacle. You're a side spectacle, and the whole time I'm trying to, like, focus on what I'm reading, but I got this... <laughs> Jackass over here, like oh, I got. Oh gosh, if you can't tell that I got something to say, I do. No, no. Oh shit, I don't have something to say about it. I'm just like remembering yeah. the 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 trailers and stuff I'm, I've seen from this man. I'm just like yep. fucking. I'm, hold my I'm, head. I'm remembering all the other times that you do shit like this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm keeping my mouth shut, you. but man, it's still cringeworthy. All right, yeah, back to Scott. <laughs> Great Scott. <Jesus. laughs> oh my God, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> he says uh, that. The movie was a complete Tupperware, and the last act of the film had me on the edge of my seat, feeling that any moment I might fall 110 stories to certain death. Hmm. Not since Avatar has a director skillfully used 3D technology to bring their audience to another place and scare the pants off of them as well. Well, sir, you did not see Gravity in 3D then. Right. Um, If you did and you didn't 
if you don't rank gravity up there, there's something wrong because that movie was fucking amazing yes. in 3D. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays uh, a petite. Is it petite? Mm-hmm. Okay, and he does a fantastic job as a man pursuing his dream, no matter how far-fetched or impossible it might be. Most importantly, Zemeckis does what he is good at and leaves us with plenty of things to think about. And the last few moments of this film really punched me in the emotional gut. Just wondering if any of you have had the opportunity to share in this experience yet. You have to see it in IMAX 3D. I will most likely be going again soon. Peace out, Riker XL. Well, I read this email a few days ago when he sent it to me. And it inspired me to go to the theater, get off my fucking ass, and watch this in IMAX 3D yesterday, which mm. I did. I'm excited to hear what you think. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The, the rating, I cannot rate this without uh, rating it with the experience of the IMAX 3D. It's okay. impossible. if you Once you've seen it in IMAX 3D, that does become part of your rating. Because he is exactly right. They the, the way they use 3D, it's not the best use of 3D. I'd still say Gravity 1, number 2, Avatar, and then I'd say number 3, uh, The Walk. Okay. Um, but there are times even when he's just like on a rope ladder and hanging off a rope ladder, you can see just like the distance between him and the ground. And right. it's just really cool to look at. When he's on like uh, the – when he's on top of the buildings and he is looking down – you do get a sense like, holy shit. Because you can look at him, you can focus on him, or you can focus on the ground. And it it fucks with you, man. Oh, wow. Uh, I Tupperware this movie. Um, at first, it was really fucking weird. I was like, I am not going to like this movie. They should have had fucking Joseph Gordon-Levitt from the get-go narrating. Yeah. Uh. He did narrate throughout the entire movie, mm. but they show him talking at first. And hearing him in this French accent at first, it was fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's but kind of what's driven me away. Once he starts narrating Jake, yeah. the accent sounds really good. Okay. And then when they go back to him, you get used to it. And he actually sounds really good. He does a great job. I like Jay. I did watch the documentary immediately once I got home. Yeah. Once I got home, I got on Netflix. I watched Man on a Wire, and he sounds like Philippe. Okay. And cool. so he sounds really much like him. They did not do the Sydney, Australia, um, the when he the bridge. Right. Right. That's not in this movie. Oh, I wish they would have. They did. But I guess they want one big climb. They went to Notre Dame Hall, and then cool. they went. They went directly to uh, the World Trade Center after that. Guy was a badass. Um, this movie is so good. You get to see like uh, how he becomes who he is. Like how he becomes like you know he, he does meet people in the circus. Yeah. Uh, when he you can't but think when he walks under that tent and he's looking at the tightrope for a second you cannot not think about him as Robin. Right, right. There's, yeah. I can see people making like fake trailers of him as Robin. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. From this, because he walks into the circus tent and's looking at the tightrope wow, and everything. Yeah. You think of the Graysons and right. Ooh, I didn't yeah. think about that. But um, man, this movie is so fucking good, and, and you have to rate it with the. I don't know what it's going to be like watching this at home on my you know sixty inch TV. Right, it that mu- makes sense. You know, in the theater, it's an experience. You have to see this in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Don't let this one get out. If if you if you aren't scared of heights, if you're not like a gigantic pussy, <laughs> if, if you're not a walking vagina with legs, <laughs> you have to see this in IMAX 3D. Okay, it is an experience. It is a theater experience, and you're cheating yourself if you don't. Fuck. I paid sixteen dollars for my ticket, right? And it was worth. Every fucking cool. penny. Cool. Uh, it's not going to stand up once you get it at home. Right. Um, now, 
on on the flip side, this it's almost like they do a reversed heist in this because they're not trying to steal anything mm-hmm. from a building; they're trying to get things into it. Right, and and it was. It def- just destroys fucking Ant Man in, yeah. in, <laughs> in, in the heist department. Right. It is Jesus. pulled off so well. It gives you like an Ocean's Eleven type feel. They even have like that kind of like seventies music mm-hmm. because it takes place in the seventies, yeah. and yeah. it's so good. Um, I expect a lot from Robert Zemeckis. Yes, it was man. Oh my god! It just uh, well, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, just him, just his acting alone in this is just phenomenal. Yeah, see, I'm on the I'm on the hate train for him right now. Oh, absolutely not. I gotta ask a question real quick, and I saw this in one of the trailers, and I could not find it a second time, even though like I'm terrified of this shit, like. All the stuff I've seen, I can't stop watching mm-hmm. the stuff about it. Like, there was one scene that I saw where he actually, like, balances himself and lays down on the fucking wire. Is that in the movie? Yeah, it is in oh the movie. Oh, my God! There is, um, there, there, but there, there are things that they leave out. Like, when he was on, uh, when he did the, when he balanced across the, the Notre Dame Hall. Yeah. Um, he, you know, they showed him in this, just kind of like walking back and forth. He actually did lay down. Oh on yeah, that one. they oh. wanted to say, sh- save that for like the later scenes. Right. God um, damn. They also, he also, when he was on Notre Dame Hall, he juggled God. the pins. Holy shit! He juggled pins. Yeah. Um, you know, because he was a juggler too. He juggled <laughs> pins. They didn't show that in the movie. Okay. He didn't juggle anything while he was, you know, on any of these big. Um, yeah, that's nothing to scoff wise. at either. No, Fucking no. Notre Dame Cathedral, man. Uh, that guy had some balance. Oh, fuck. Uh, Sir Ben Kingsley is in this movie. Oh, cool. And, uh, wow, he is great in this film. Um, I, I, I loved this movie. I Tupperware this film. Um, I, I too was just like, I left with a smile on my face. Okay, I was going to leave with a smile on my face. Right. I had a smile up until like the very end. Uh-oh. There is a, no. When he says, when, when Scott, when he sent this email, he said, the, the last few moments of this film really punched me in the emotional gut. Mm-hmm. Man alive. It, you, you're on such a high when you're up there with him. And, it, and this is happening. And, and, and you don't want to come down. You're just like, this is so fucking cool. Oh, my God. I can't believe a human being fucking did this. And um, the last few um, things that he, the last thing that last sentence in this, it really hits you emotionally to the point where you're just like, wow, that just, it, it works. It works. It, I Tupperware this movie. It's so damn good. I'm going to go see it tonight you, with us rapping early. Yes. Shit. You have to see this movie. <sighs> IMAX 3D. Yeah. I was just looking at times where you're talking about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to catch the seven yeah. since we're rapping early. Damn it. Yep. You'll thank me. <laughs> you'll thank me. I'm so fucking scared to see it, but I know I want to so bad. Like uh, the last um, Mission Impossible, gross po- uh, Ghost Protocol, yeah, where he's climbing the side of the building with those like electromagnetic gloves and shit, and they start to not work. Mm-hmm. I was fucking jumping around in the fucking seat in the theater, then squirming around. Man, god damn, this is gonna fucking destroy me. It's it's awesome. I loved it, man. I loved it. I thought it was so good. The story's great too. Yeah. yeah, I mean the characters are great. They don't shortchange any of the characters. You you really get like everybody that's involved in this heist. You really get to know their role. Cool. You really get to know the type of character they are. And the decisions that they do make sense. This is not like a fucking, uh, this is not like, uh, Prometheus where the characters make weird decisions. <laughs> like, it's based on a true story, but on the flip side, I, I, I mean, it, it, all the characters make decisions that make sense to that character. Right. And it, they, it, th- this movie is a Tupperware through cool. and through. So yeah, definitely watch it. Awesome. Check it out. 
All right. Uh, I think uh, – did you guys want to take a break or do you want to just jump into news? I'd be fine with a quick break. Yeah, You're okay. always down for a break. <laughs> no, don't even ask. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but then we wouldn't get wonderful moments like that. <laughs> oh, Jakers. <laughs> Jakers. <laughs> That's our Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, we're back. Yeah, good break. We're gonna be jumping into jumping into old news, which of course I don't have that fucking bumper ready to go <laughs> right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let Jake do it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna play the bumper. Frank, shut the fuck up. All right, yes, yeah, so this week in news, let me start off. Uh, you know what? This is kind of Frank-related. Oh. This is real quick news. It's about dick. <laughs> <laughs> what? Never mind. Go ahead. Is it, is it about a dick? Well, you said it was Frank-related. We all have dicks, too. <laughs> <laughs> don't exclude us. I forgot. I don't got you the lockdown like, on that. <laughs> you, you act like this show is called, like, uh, Frank and the Three Theons. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. Breaking the, breaking the Unix. <laughs> Sorry. No, there's a Mr. Peabody and Sherman animated yeah. series coming out, Frank. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I don't know what network this is going to be on, but Chris Parnell from SNL. It's oh, a Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Oh, cool. Oh, well, Jake knows. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You've already got the Funko Pop of Mr. Peabody and Sherman, I'm, a I'm assuming. I'm a big Jay Ward fan. Okay. The movie... I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> oh, no. I, I know. The movie had no interest for me because it was like that, like, CG bullcrap. Yeah. It's but, still pretty good, though. But the seri- series looks like a return to form, like the, the old Rocky and Bullwinkle J. Ward version of it. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to bring it up to so I could bust Frank's balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still stand behind my fucking Tupperware of that movie. I've watched it twice since then. No lie. When you got kids, you're kind of stuck, you know, with cartoons and shit. You hope for the good ones. You got kids, you're kind of stuck with them. <laughs> God damn it. Shit. <laughs> Unless you want to go out and buy a pack of cigarettes and never come back. <laughs> That's an option. <laughs> cool. Guys, I want your thoughts on Rick Moranis turning down Ghostbusters uh, cameo for the reboot. Uh, he says he, he turned it down, but he says he has not closed the door on acting. He told THR, quote, I wish them well. I hope it's terrific, but it makes no sense to me why I would do just one day of shooting on something I did 30 years ago. Oh, wow. So basically, uh, 20-some years ago, Rick Moranis left acting so he could focus on raising his children after his wife passed away. I believe it was cancer Mm -hmm. and um so now you know the the kids are a little bit older he's he says he's not closed the door on acting but he will not come back uh for his first uh acting gig you know in 21 years and do the ghostbusters reboot directed by paul feig um guys what are your thoughts on this 
I thought, any thoughts at all? I, I think it's unfortunate, man. He was like one of, if not my favorite character of the whole series. You know, yeah. next, I agree. Next to Vankman, uh, yeah, his character was fucking awesome. I think it'd be a great way for him to get back into the game. You know, I would love to see it, but I can kind of see his yeah. point. I see his point too. He I doesn't want to get typecast as that the idiot bubbling fool, right? Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I agree with Jay. He was my favorite character in the first movie, but I see where he's coming from. Well, I think that. In the past, have I read? Am I am I wrong here that he kind of hates that character? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. I don't know. Maybe that's just the belief around Hollywood then, because I've I've like I've I've never heard him say it, but I've just like kind of heard like like rumblings that he just doesn't want to ha- be that weird kind of goofy character anymore. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I've, I've read that as well. So yeah. okay, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, especially since Paul Feig did want him yeah. Yeah. in yeah. the movie. So it's unfortunate that we won't see him in the movie. Uh, I guess the reality check, I mean, dude, you're not going to be starring in like some great, like depressing documentary here down the road. I mean, go ahead and just embrace your fate. B. Lewis. B. Lewis Tully. B. Lewis. <laughs> Hashtag B. Lewis Tully. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Destiny. Well, 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 I think he's still cashing in those residual checks from oh, the Honey, yeah. I Shrunk the Kids franchise. Yeah, so he's, probably. He's okay. I think it would have added to the film overall to see him again. I yeah. don't know. It's, it's just, just one of those part. disappointing things. Mm. Last month it was announced that Hasbro, uh, by Hasbro, that we're getting uh, Transformers 5. Yep. Uh, they are also now uh, doing an animated movie that deals with the origins of characters on Cybertron, is what they're saying. Mm. Hasbro has now revealed that they have planned Transformers 6. Six, seven, and eight to follow, which makes sense because these movies are highly profitable. I didn't say that these movies are good. No. I said that these movies are profitable by Paramount Studios. Uh, it allows Paramount now to compete with Disney and their Marvel heroes and Star Wars, and also Universal now with Fast and Furious and Jurassic Park series. It's going to give Paramount something to compete with them over the next 10 years. Right. Yeah. Um, Jake, on the flip side, I, 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 talking about Transformers, it makes me actually want to go back. The one episode that I want to listen to again is mm. our Age of Extinction episode. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was a classic. A, that was a fun one. <laughs> it was a fun one. That was a fun movie to, yeah. to pick apart. We it did was. the full movie review treatment yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a guilty pleasure for the Transformers series. I got to tell you, mm. as, as terrible as they are, they're, they're like train wrecks. I, like, I can't look away. <laughs> they're pure popcorn theater to me, mm. and I always have a little bit of fun. Um, the uh, quote from uh, Hasbro Studios president Stephen J. Davis recently was, we just finished, as some of you may have read, just an incredible experience. We decided that we wanted to plot out the next 10 years of the Transformers franchise, so we got together in a room over a three-month period of time. Nine of us, uh, nine of some of the most creative writers I have ever worked with, shepherded by Akiva Goldsman, who many of you know won an Academy Award for A Beautiful Mind mm-hmm. and uh, written a bunch of great movies, and they plotted out the next 10 years of Transformers. Similarly, we are doing the same in television and in digital. So stay tuned. Transformers 5 is on its way, and 6, and 7, and 8. Um, Davis was talking about the Transformers writer's room. Um this is new, okay, guys. So let's let's think about this before we talk about our thoughts on you know Transformers five, six, seven, and eight. Um, the writers' room kind of got an overhaul here, and it now includes uh, Robert Kirkman. We reported this a while back. Wow. Robert Kirkman is in the writers' room. Uh, Zach Penn uh, from Pacific Rim. Uh, Jeff Pinkner uh, who. 
he's written on uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Fringe. Uh, Christina Hodson uh, from Shut In. Ken Nolan from Black Hawk Down. Lindsay Beer. Uh, Art Markham and Matt Holloway from Iron Man. Um, Andrew Barr and Gabriel Ferrari uh, from Ant-Man. Geneva Robertson from Hibernation. And Stephen S. DeKnight from fucking Daredevil, the showrunner oh, for season one. Damn. Now... That's a huge writer's team. That's a um, lot of voices. I mean, we've also heard of spinoff movies of them kind of doing like um, what Star Wars is doing with like the anthology uh, films and maybe doing like Bumblebee movies or whatever it is or like Cybertron movies or whatever. Hmm. Does the writer's room, all these writers, I mean, I, I got to believe that some of those are involved in the cartoon. Some of them are going to be involved in the cinematic universe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I, I think so, too. Maybe um, they just got all those people to just throw everything against the wall and see what people responded to. Mm. It's interesting. They could be serious about it, though. I mean, I... I I, I've hated this series. It's it's awful. But I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that they realize that, okay, all they got to have is hot chicks and explosions and they can print money. But they can make this thing a legacy, actually, if they can actually make some kind of a cohesive universe and story out of it. Mm. I mean, at least they're putting money where it needs to be as far as, like, the creative talent goes. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I, I, I Transformers. I, I like the convoluted, ridiculous explosions <laughs> and hot girls. I'm fine. The fucking I'm like <laughs> weird, awkward daddy daughter. Fuck my daughter. Teenage scenario. Let's hit a dude in the face with our tire shit. And the last one kind of killed it for me. Yeah, the last one was the worst. Oh God, yes. Yeah, I I would like to see it. And I, I I think this is a good sign. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, I don't know if they're going to follow these guys' ideas or they're going to follow where the money goes, but. Yeah, I, I think Transformers to me needs to be taken a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. That's what I was brought up with it as, even though it was a fucking cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and it was toys. I took it fucking seriously, and and the movies just have never hit that mark at all. So you think they'd be better off doing a reboot than than doing five, six, seven, eight? Staying. In this I don't universe? think they have to. I don't think they have to necessarily get rid of what's been done, but definitely take it to a more serious level and and make it more character make it more character driven than action and tits and ass and all that shit fortunately story wise everything that's been done before can easily just be disregarded and thrown away because i couldn't even tell you where the fuck they're at now in the story aside from optimus prime being some sort of like dinosaur riding Mm -hmm. mythical knight so i hope they just kind of quit on that and just like start with something solid but with the same characters come up with a new fresh plot line for them to get dumped into and then just go from there yeah by the same token, I wouldn't mind if they took it back to the 80s instead of doing it now. You know, just, just yeah. bring it back to the 80s. Bring back the old designs. Do it very literally. Then you're, now you're talking about reboot. The, yeah, yeah, I, the, yeah like, I just kind of thought about that. I could handle the either, though. class treatment, maybe, for Transformers. I, I wouldn't mind seeing them go back to the time period that we actually are, you know, grew up with. If they go back first class, though, I mean, we're looking at, you know, we, we can't have Optimus Prime, though. Because if it's still going to be canon with, like, you're right. taking, like, the Michael Bay movies are now the Singer movies, mm-hmm. and you're going to start doing your, like, uh, you know, Matthew Vaughn shit, um, now it's like if you go back, you're going to have to have different robots showing up and then them meeting on later on. Or right. Yeah. It would have to be a total reboot if we were going to do the 80s stuff yeah. and have all the all the characters we love in it. Right. 
I think it'd be kind of cool, though, to take it to a place where this technology is totally unimaginable at the point that it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that these cars are transferred. Because now it's kind of like, yeah, robots, AI, and stuff like that. If, yeah, it's in the it, world. They accept it. If yeah. they, 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 they missed the boat. If they would have done it right, it, they, they would have done it right the first time mm-hmm. and made it in the 80s. Right. right. Because then you, can, then you can have those classic characters like Soundwave make sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. that would have been awesome. They could always do something like mythical, like what they did with uh, Days of Futures Past, and have some kind of like temporal event where it kind of rewrites everything. I'm sick of movies doing that. It's an easy out. We saw it in yeah. fucking Star Trek. Now we've seen it in fucking uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. True. Um, you know how many different fucking? Uh, how, 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 are we just going to fix every fuck up using that? Yeah, I getcha. I'd rather just do a natural reboot than that device. Yeah, but it's got to be the same guy to voice Optimus. Just wouldn't be right. No, yeah, he's. Yeah, I would. I would. God, I oh, it's it. Peter Cullen. Uh-huh. You have to have Peter. Yeah. Cullen. yeah. What would you like to see more of? You know, with with what these writers might be coming up with for the future of it. Robot zombies. You got Robert Kirkman in. Yeah. There. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm surprised the first words out of your mouth weren't more Starscream. You know what? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely more Star. I love done Star- well. I, I want done s- well. Honestly, I, I I'm with you, Jay. I, I want to see it back in the '80s. Mm-hmm. I want to see the classic designs. Um, I don't want them to look exactly the, the way that they did. Right. Now they do kind of look do. like monster, yeah. so mm-hmm. they. I think they look too shiny and sleek and. I don't know, man. I, I I would love to see like an 80s, 1980s semi. I would yeah. like to see, mm-hmm. you know, some of these older vehicles. I think that that would be, I would think that would be amazing to see like a, like a classic Wheeljack or the Mirage yeah. or, yeah. you know, Beachcomber. Yeah. yeah. I think that the newer versions, like they, they, when they're in their robot form, they're kind of a jumbled mess as far yeah. as in, in design. It's too busy. Mm-hmm. Like you can't mm-hmm. tell the head from the foot. Yeah. And that, that was never a problem. And the hair and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the beards. The action sequences <laughs> yeah. were actually a really big takeaway for me because you couldn't tell what part of them was fighting what part of the other guy. Yeah. So it was really hard to keep up with what was going on. Up until the end of a fight, like where Optimus would slice somebody in half with that fucking sword of his. They did a lot of that. Yeah. What, what's your feelings on what – do you think they're going to go the Unicron route? Do you think that they're not going to – do what we actually want them to do, but they're going to go to the fucking Unicron route because that's all that they can go from here. Mm. That's kind of what I, my impression. I'm worried that if they do Unicron, that they won't be able to, that we'll just see him as a planet. Right. Uh They'll, they'll destroy Unicron. We'll start to see him start transforming, Mm -hmm. but they'll destroy him before he fully transforms into a robot. I can't see the studio actually being able, and it would be the the coolest thing I've ever seen on screen to see uh, Unicron standing on Cybertron and just basically just punching the shit out of it. (laughs) I don't know how they could get that on the screen. Right. Uh, um, It would take an amazing team of computer like cgi team to to pull that off on screen to have that look tangible and real yeah, yeah. because Even on imax it's so huge because like, you're in number one you're, right. you're you're gonna feel like you're all you're in space but you're also like gr- grounded on a basically you've got a planet standing on top of another planet right you know and fuck the death yeah, star. how do you show that in one shot how do you show that in one shot yeah. i mean this this movie would do for the, if they could pull that off if and have it look just awesome, it would do what like Independence Day did back in the nineties for oh, yeah, like right. you know the alien invasion films. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, as far as like the visual spectacle, so 
What I yeah. Should they do Unicron? Yes. Would the budget cost over two hundred million? Oh, God, yes, it yeah. would easily cost over two hundred million. Will it definitely make that back? Yes, it will. It's a Transformers movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, I don't think they could do it justice, though. I mean, it has to have that level of impact too. I mean, you got to feel some fear in that that something the size of a fucking planet just transformed yeah. <laughs> and it's going to take everything out and eat it yes but on the flip side i mean like dude imagine like all the things that we loved about transformers the animated movie mm. where characters are actually inside of unicron yeah. mm-hmm. and you get to see the innards of a of a fucking real live action yeah. unicron i'd love that but i don't think that they could current creative team could pull that off that's why i think you know i i would love to see them bring on guillermo del toro give i mean oh, th- this perfect. guy it's like it's he's like fighting to fucking have pacific rim 2 made mm-hmm. they need to just hand the fucking keys to the transformers franchise over to this Big guy time. yeah yeah i think that he would like pacific rim was just that fun movie for mm-hmm. me there there was no no layered characters. Right. But I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. fine. You just gave me, you know, just simple characters in this movie where the characters really took the backseat. The humans took the backseat mm-hmm. to these giant Jaegers. And the Jaegers, they had their, you know what I mean? Like, get, holy shit, give Guillermo de Toro robots with personality. Right. Oh my God. If anybody's going to be able to have a, the humans take a backseat in the film but still be there, it's Guillermo de Toro. He's going to make the robots the spectacle, dude. I, I I, I, I really think that he would fucking nail the Transformers. And that's a perfect example, too, because if you think about it, those battle scenes in Pacific Rim, uh-huh. you can tell the size of them just by how the battles take place. Yeah. I mean, dude picks up a fucking giant fucking ocean liner and is beating somebody with it like a baseball bat. Well, hold on. Let's think about the character designs that they would come up under a Guillermo de Toro fucking version. Can mm-hmm. you imagine what the Insecticons would look like? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. They would be badass. They would uh-huh. Scare the shit out yeah. of you, and, and they should as they should. I am. Um, I mean, Ooh, chills again. I know, man. That's like, that is <laughs> the perfect bit right there. He's perfect for this. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. This is this is a project that's made for him. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I didn't put it in my notes, but I heard the New York City Comic Con said that the I think Warner Brothers is still going to push ahead with the Justice League Dark. Yeah, yeah. I read that too. Is yep. Guillermo del Toro still attached? I don't no. think so. Okay. Different people. That sucks. Yeah, yeah it does suck. It takes it, a lot away from that. Yeah. It seems like he's having a hard time lately getting anything really up off the ground and yeah. getting to production. Yeah, so, I I don't know I I don't know how I feel about uh, Transformers five six seven and eight. It's great for the studio. I like some of the names that are involved in this writers team. I don't know how Robert Kirkman is going to really help it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to hear. Yeah. What, Kill like, more robots. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know what he's going to like contribute to this. I am encouraged that they got Stephen S. Tonight from Daredevil in yeah. this though. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. very. That's very, very cool. Zach Penn, of course, mm-hmm. from Pacific Rim. I mean, he wrote the, the, the accompany, the, the, the comic book prequel. Right, yeah. He wrote the story for Pacific Rim. So hopefully, you know, Zach will be like, hey, I got a director for yeah, you. right? I'm fascinated to see what director will get attached <laughs> yeah. to Transformers 5. Mm-hmm. That'll yeah. be a big test for yeah. how excited I am for this movie. It yeah. makes me want to see the next one, whenever it is or whatever. It makes me want to see it. I, you know, it's like, I, I can see him like, honestly, I can see him going with like one of the Fast and Furious directors. It seems like these guys like these guys that do these fast and furious films are getting jobs left and right right and it's because they can do like action and of course they've done a movie with cars in it already all right Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but guys quick thoughts here on uh let's move on quick thoughts on uh f gary gray possibly directing fast and furious uh eight as well as black panther 
Oh shit! Uh, director for Straight Outta Compton. Oh man! Um, possibly Great directing choice. Fast, possibly directing Fast and Furious Eight and and Black Panther. That's really what they need, though, especially the Fast and Furious uh, franchise, because they need a direction at this point. They've done a great job. I mean, the later episodes in that series are better than the first ones. Uh, but at this point, because especially with Paul Walker no longer being involved, they need a new direction to go. And having somebody who can handle character development like that is a great choice. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think F. Gary Gray is a great fit for both of those movies. So I'd be I'd be excited to see both those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll add I think he'll add something that they've been lacking for me. You know, I, I want more depth. I want more depth of characters. I, I think they're fun movies. Don't get me wrong, but I want more depth. I think he's like the perfect choice. He's so quick with that stuff. Like Straight Outta Compton was just so seamless. The character character to character to character, and all this other stuff that was going on in between. So I think mm-hmm. he's going to add to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I read Vin Diesel said that um, Fast and the Furious Eight will be part one of a three part trilogy that is going to end the franchise. That hmm. they're right now oh. planning to end it with ten. That ten will be the final one. He's a great guy to bring in then to end it and make right. it a yeah. Make Although it no, no, they'll, they'll probably get a new director for nine. Oh, but okay. I think that's how these movies were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think one guy did like two of them. Yeah, and, yeah. and they weren't even back to back ones. Hmm. Okay. F. Gary Gray. I don't think he wants to wrap himself up in three Fast and Furious. Movies. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So. Uh, a few episodes ago, we sat down and we talked about – Frank, you weren't here. It was unfortunate. We, we've talked about it with you before in the past and gotten your thoughts on it, but we're going to talk about it again. A few episodes uh, we talked about Assassin's Creed movie mm-hmm. and how we weren't really excited for the project and how it sounds like it's going to be a mess from the go. They hired three, ri- ri- three writers for rewrites on this. God. They gave too much control to the video game developer. Uh, it switched studios. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we get more uh, from a news from an interview from a French magazine called Premiere. They had with Jean Julien Baronet, who is the CEO of Ubisoft Motion Pictures. Uh, he talks a little bit about Michael Fassbender. He says Michael Fassbender accepted very quickly, and it was the only actor which we thought was obvious. So we started with the actor, which is in- incongruous. Even more incongruous, he engaged us with nothing. There was no script, no studio, or anything. Hmm. We told him we were going to build the project together. We have a huge brand, and we want to make a film with references to feature films like Batman Begins and Blade Runner. Hmm. That is why don't they all? (laughs) That is why we tend to. He promised that he could work with the writers. We would associate it with all the key creative choices. So, guys, does this new news from Ubisoft about Assassin's Creed make you Ubi hard? (laughs) No, No. it makes me even more scared than I was before. Exactly. Anytime you start with the actor and then build around him, that always scares me. Ask Square what it's like when you try to build a movie brand and studio before the movie even comes out. It does not end well. You already got a game. I mean, I'm not a real big fan of the Assassin's Creed series just because of the gameplay. I can't get into it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stories in that have a lot. But, Frank, I I like the game, so... I should like the movie, though, right? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> because I like the game, that 
that means the movie's going to be great, right? No other fucking video game has ever transferred seamlessly into film that way. But, the only one that was kind of close was the original Frank, Mortal Kombat. They've gotten three writers to rewrite the script. So <laughs> th- that means three writers. That means it's going to be three times as good no. as those other films, And let me right? tell you the exact reason as to why not. Because a lot of times the stories that you have from playing a game and what happens in it and perfect point for me is Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, is a lot better than what the actual story of the game is itself. Your experiences playing the game have a lot less to do with what is already rewritten for you and versus what you experience going through the game by yourself. I mean, me and Jay the other night played Destiny, mm-hmm. and playing through this hard-ass mission that we were playing by ourselves sucks ass. Yeah. But we were going through, and the fucking game was glitching and shit, but it was cool because we were together just fucking around trying to find what the fuck was going on. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And then the motherfucker didn't less damage him, but anyway, sorry, sorry. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> your experiences playing a game are unique to you. One person can have a great time playing the same content, and the other person might think it's complete shit. Mm. There is no guarantee, and that's why movie video games don't adapt well. That's mm. a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't trust Ubisoft either. That Ubisoft has too much of their hand in this project. Agreed. Are you eating another chicken? <laughs> I am, I am. Sound like you got dip in your mouth. Right there. I'm busted. I'm like the guy from Leftover Season 1. Jake's got his fucking skull in his fucking mouth and shit. Skull long cut. Jake's got his little bandit pouches hanging Cody out. His- we give you a spittoon bucket. Jesus, Frank, it's not a Farley Brothers okay. movie. <laughs> good one. Just shaw in your mouth. But yeah, they need to step back and let actual film writers and movie makers do an Assassin's Creed movie and not try to dip their foot into it as much as If you want it to be good, if if you just want to make make money, I'm sure they could keep on the route that they're on. There is a lot of potential in the franchise, but I don't know that a film is the best place for it because throughout you got this one guy going through and he gets in different machines and then he gets to relive his ancestors at different time periods. Mm-hmm. So it's a good concept. That's why they're saying that this is going to be kind of like uh, Batman Begins meets yeah. Blade Runner. And I mean, there's a lot of things you can get through and, you know, it becomes less boring when you can move in and out of different eras of time like that. But and the way they're going about it is all wrong, especially building around an actor. Mm-hmm. That's backwards, man. you got to have a solid story, especially with something like this. You need to know what's going on and how it's going to play No, together. no, 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 no. You're absolutely wrong because, like, when when the, when the Martian came out, like, they, they, they had chosen Matt Damon. And then they, they contacted Andy Weir and we said, we want you to write a book about um, a guy that gets, like, trapped on Mars. And Andy's like, okay, I'll do it. No, I'm I'm, I'm, being, I'm like, being sarcastic. Like, really? I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. It's that's fucking stupid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know the video game. You know, I, I know the fucking video game existed first. Mm. But I mean, there was no solid screenplay. There was nothing. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. Yeah, it's going to be like Resident Evil all over again. I mean, in and of themselves. Well, no. (laughs) Like, if you watch the Resident Evil movie series, you can't have, like, a real strong connection with the games because they don't tie in. They're they're of their own device, which is fine if it's going to work something completely different. But, I mean, it sounds to me, especially with Ubisoft developing its own fucking movie studio, I mean, they're going to try to bank on this thing as much as possible. I think it's going to explode in their face. 
Make it a TV series. Yeah, exactly. Why have a movie? episodic would be a lot yeah, better. Michael Fassbender. You got yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. I mean, you don't need him for it, but it, the story would make more sense. You get a lot more TV character series. development. That's We're, a lot to try to cram into. The only thing they got going for this. Tell you, yeah. what, tell you what. Tell you what. Don't make it at all. Yeah, yeah. Or don't make it. That's don't, true. Don't make it at all. Yeah. yeah, that would be fine too. Yeah. Video games don't make good movies. So they don't. Just don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's going to be on TV, do like a Netflix thing or yeah, something. Yeah. It seems like fine. they can't do any wrong right mm-hmm. now. True. A lot less risk involved there, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, guys, we're going to move on to DC news. Uh, first, I'm going to read a couple of DC emails. First one comes from True Breezy. Oh, yeah. These are just things on my mind. My ranking for Batman Nolan run are literally in the order they came out. Batman Begins, then Dark Knight, then Dark Knight Rises. I've be- really become uh, I've become really addicted to Batman of late. So I recently rewatched them all a couple times. How do you guys feel about the new 52 run? I love Capullo's art style and Snyder's <laughs> stories are great. Don't spoil issues. Yeah. Also, has anyone read Nightfall? Not the comics, but the novel. The book is so much better than that comic to me. I love comics, but I'll always be a book nerd at heart. Last thing you must have not gotten my shameful plug email, but I had a great time on Kevin Smith's wall and etc. After hearing other plugs, I wish I had posted on more super religious podcasts. The, <laughs> the Joel Olstein plug cracked me up. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Bree, a.k.a. True breezy. P.S. What are your gamer tags? I'm typically an Xbox fan, but I just bought a PS4 to go alongside my Xbox One. Excellent. Nice. Good um, choice. But real quick before we talk about the, the the new 52 run of the Batman, my gamer tag is uh, Baraka23. Okay. That's from uh, B A R A K A23. It's a Mortal Kombat character, mm-hmm. if you don't know. Baraka23. So. I, I myself am Quagmire, same as my uh, Twitter handle. It's K-W-A-G-M-Y-R-E. Gotcha. I am uh, Mr. 48151623242. He's going to remember. Get, <laughs> it's like get a, a pen. <laughs> so I'll, I'll hit you up with it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, mine is Ball Deep 3. That's one L <laughs> and one ball and the number three. <laughs> Ball deep three. Ball I, deep I think Jay wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, the new Fifty Two run of uh, and I hear Capullo is leaving yeah. to work on a side. project with Mark Ma- Millar Miller. Yeah, might be cool too. Uh, I I I love I love the Snyder Capullo stuff. Love it, love it. It's it's the most imaginative take on it. Now, granted, a lot of purists aren't going to be happy with it. They change stuff in it, but. Um, the most imaginative stuff I've read since Frank Miller's Dark Knight run, man. Nice. I really, and the artwork's fucking amazing, man. I love his style of Batman Mm -hmm. artwork. Brilliant shit. Like, just iconic images. So well done. Um, very, you know, he definitely came from the Todd McFarlane school, you know, he came Mm -hmm. off of Spawn and stuff like that. And then you've got Scott Snyder, which is one of my favorite writers, period, in comics right Mm -hmm. now. So, very good run. Very unique. Very, very inspired. Loved it. Yeah, I read up to the Year Zero issue, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's all a Tupperware for me. I love it. Scott Snyder's one of my favorite comic book writers, too. Yes. I read the the Quarter Bowels, uh, mm. The Death of the Family, and then I read a couple issues after that, um, but I, I didn't even get to the Year Zero stuff. Yeah, so. we're about the same place. I quit right before the Year Zero stuff. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I have all the issues. I just need to sit down and fucking read them. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, there's other fucking shit that I'm reading. Eight hundred right other books. <laughs> yeah, Southern Bastards and all these other books. Mm-hmm. Saga are taking 
you know. Has Dark but, Knight three come out yet? No, 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 no. When is that due to release? I hear a lot of hype and shit. On I, it's on, on my it. poll list. I think it's coming out like a uh, November mm-hmm. or December, one of those months. Gotcha. But, I'm yeah. kind of waiting for that one to come out because I figured I'm going to eat them up all three together. Yeah. Some of that stuff. I mean, I, I've been dipping my toes in mm-hmm. DC comics, and I'm never going to get a foothold in Marvel. I actually let my Marvel uh, Unlimited lapse because I never used it. But I mean, if I'm going to get into comics, it's going to be DC. Them dark ass motherfuckers are going to get me. <laughs> that's that's the name in the comics new, as it is them. That's a new tagline. DC Comics. Those dark ass motherfuckers are gonna what what the fuck did you say? They're gonna those get me. Dark ass motherfuckers are gonna get me. Those dark ass motherfuckers are gonna get me. DC Comics. DC Comics. Yeah. <laughs> this news is dick hole approved. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the same in the comic universe, though, as it is in the movie universe. I think right, these but I guys mean, would agree with me. I've actually read a lot more DC comics mm-hmm. thus far than I have any of the Marvel ones. And, I mean, I've, I've read quite a few. I mean, I read the entire um, uh, Civil War series. Yeah. And, I mean, so it's not like I haven't dipped my toes in all of it. But, I mean, it, it seems to me that there's a lot more, at least in the in the stories that I've read, there's a lot more emotional damage and a lot more heaviness to all the DC stuff yeah, that I've read. Nothing's heavy about Civil War, about fucking schools getting blown up. <laughs> I know, but it's still... <laughs> it's dying. Villains working for the government. It's just a, it's just a tonality. light-ass Marvel comic shit. No, no, it's just, no, no, seriously. It, it's the tonality. It, it's the writing and it's the imagery. It, that, it's book to book, though, Frank, in, in the comic universe. I mean, DC has fucking Booster Gold and, like, that's not fucking Dark Knight Returns. Well, <laughs> That's a good point. I was introduced to Booster Gold in my short time playing uh, DC Universe where he is a self-promotion motherfucker. And DC has your platform. Buy me, Booster Gold. They both have their share of light and dark characters they do. in the comic universe. Gotcha. It's way more like spread apart. Batman, though, is, you know. The emotional damage there, all yeah. that shit. But even Man, Batman, I, I mean, you that. can read fucking, what's the one comic? Um, The Batman 77? Oh, yeah. Uh, 66. 66. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm that's... trying to tank on Marvel. I mean, just what I've read so far, I relate a lot more. more to the DC stuff. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do think that, uh, I, I do think that uh, DC does carry a dark, darker tag to it. I, I, I do think when you're comparing the New 52 to what Marvel had out, that I think that DC had a darker feel to it, but it was to its detriment. Mm-hmm. I don't think it helped their comics. I don't think there was any... I think DC needs to have a little bit of lighthearted shit, and they've done that now. Yeah, We're seeing that finally happen again. But I didn't like DC, the New 52 some of the stuff that was coming out for a while because it all, number one it felt like all the artists were like house artists mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. all had a same that same DC house feel mm. and it's like I could read the I could read the the Nightwing book read the the Batman book and then I, I could read the Catwoman book and all the art looked the same yeah yeah mm-hmm. I agree with that complaint and I think that they felt like it was going to be like a, this cohesive universe and I think they kind of fucked it up from the get go. I, 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 that's why I was more reading more Marvel when the DC two fifty, DC fifty two came out because you had like books like you know Daredevil, um, which, which had the Chris Samney art. Oh yeah. And uh, then I was reading like F, uh, the Matt Fraction FF because it was fucking like you had Mike Allred on the art, and like DC wasn't doing anything like that. And I think DC finally kind of like figured that out. Like this is not working. 
like I, we got to stop it with these fucking 3D lenticular covers yeah. to mm. to put us into the into the black. Um, we need if if we're gonna sell more comics, we have to have good stories, great artists, and diversify a little bit here. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. Marvel was killing it on the diversity tip mm. during the new 52. That's like all they did, and that's yeah. that's when I started reading Marvel again. Yeah, honestly. there was nothing like there was nothing like Matt Fraction's like Hawkeye. No, no. Superior Spider Man. Superior Spider Man. Brilliant fucking story. And I mean, if, you, if like Frank, if you go like back in time, I mean, read the. Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleev run on Daredevil. I mean, it doesn't get fucking heavier or darker mm-hmm. than that. Uh, dark, yeah, yeah, very dark. Right, gotcha. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a DC run that's darker than that. Uh, let's see here. The ne- Oh, real quick. I did read sure. um, the novelization of Nightfall. Oh, okay. Um, Danny O'Neill wrote it, and I, I agree. I, I liked it more than the comic series itself. It, it took a... It did like all three of them: Nightfall, Night's End, and um, I forget what the other one was fucking called. Night End, Nightfall. It was like all three series that made that one story into one novelization. Night Court. Night- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Bull was my favorite Bull. character. In that. God, John Larroquette always hitting oh on the girls. God. Man. <laughs> He's a But and I really liked it. That book's a Tupperware for me too. I, I liked it more than the comics myself. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend it. How much Harry Tomei was in it? Uh, it was okay. Okay. A fair amount. <laughs> Next email, it's a DC email. It comes from uh, Rob from New Jersey. Hey, Leftovers, Batman is easily my favorite franchise. Growing up with the Burton and Schumacher films, plus the animated series, then in my teen years having the Nolan movies, I feel that I've grown so has the character. My question to you guys is, do you think Batman and Robin was a necessary evil in order to get the Dark Knight trilogy? I can enjoy Batman and Robin now as a Batman 66 type movie, but it is notoriously one of the worst superhero movies of all time, but I still get a laugh with it. Thanks. Sincerely, Rob from New Jersey. Hmm. So his question is, my question to you guys is, do you think Batman and Robin was a necessary evil in order to get the Dark Knight trilogy? Mm, I can see his point. I think it, I think we would have got there eventually either way, but I think it quickened us getting to something like Batman Begins. Yeah, it, it was just cash-in after cash-in after cash-in on the character in the film. You have some of the same people that was working on those movies in the Dark Knight trilogy, too. So th- it's not like they weren't there. Um, so, yeah, they would have gotten there eventually. Mm-hmm. But that was like the nail on the coffin to quicken that process. Yes. <laughs> well, it almost killed Batman. Yeah, for sure. For sure. in, in, in the cinematic world. Right, right. Where we had eight, eight years in between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins. Yeah, well, the studio didn't even want to... I mean, the studio didn't even really want to make... The Batman Begins movie. Yeah. I mean, they weren't 100% behind it. Like, they didn't think it was going to do that great. And it didn't, it, I mean, it didn't fucking do gangbusters in the theaters. Right. No. But it was still critically received very well. That's a great point, Brian. I mean, shit, not only did Batman and Robin, like, almost tank Batman cinematically, it almost tanked the whole superhero genre for a while. If it wasn't for X-Men coming out in 2000. Yeah. Honestly, I would say movies like The Crow are responsible for Batman Begins more so than... Or, or maybe that was a reaction. Maybe it was. I mean, maybe it is crucial to have that because movies like The Crow are a reaction to the, kind of the silly... I think it was because... I honestly think that, that, that I think it was because the studio didn't have their hands involved mm. too much into it. That right. I think that the, the Batman and Robin thing left such a bad taste in their mouth and they 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 didn't uh, give it... 
they didn't give it the attention that they gave Batman and Robin. Right. I think they kind of let Nolan just do his own thing with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. They didn't worry about McDonald's tie-ins. Yes. They didn't worry about credit card tie-ins. You didn't have that that studio, that hands-on studio <laughs> thing where they're always there every day. And Good point. They kind of just let Nolan do what he wanted to do, and then it turned into a huge hit. Thank God it got it, – it was a big hit with audiences later on, you yeah. know, and, and, and because – uh, then Nolan kind of like created a name for himself. Mm-hmm. That's like you know like what Whedon has done now. You right. know what I mean? So like Whedon came into he, Whedon came into Marvel Studios was kind of just like you know oh here's company man he's you know what I mean now Whedon's actually a name right mm-hmm. Joss Whedon's a name you know and so that's what happened with Nolan. So like Nolan got a lot of creative control as to. Where, um, like, I think if the if the studio would have been involved, I think we would have had another uh, Edgar Wright situation. Yeah, where he yeah. where he would he would have left. I, I think Nolan is a filmmaker, and if, if the studio would have put like a stranglehold on him, he would have been like, "No, yeah, I'm out." Right. And then Batman Begins, we would never would have saw that movie. Right. right. Yeah. Because um, it was so different from what came from before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the fear with Marvel too. I think that's why it's like I feel like I need to harp on Marvel like hard because I. I feel like I see that coming already. Like, unless they change some things, I see the they same. They did. They've changed some things. We've got to see what happens now. Yeah. I mean, I, I am not Nostradamus, but no. I do know that they, they Ike Perlmutter is gone, mm-hmm. and now it's Kevin Feige's show. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot so, about that. So, no, I, I don't know what's going to happen. True. That's true. Let's just, I mean, let's could just. Could get worse, could yeah. get better. I mean, let's just watch. Let's just watch this unfold over mm-hmm. the next few movies. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully, it, you're, you're right. It is the studio's fucking hands in that mm-hmm. shit that fucks it up. Yeah, they were worried about how many action figures they were going to sell when Batman mm-hmm. Begins came out. It was just Nolan got to make a pure film. I'm not saying that getting rid of Ike Perlmutter was like the, the thing to do, though. Yeah, uh, right. Because the, the writers' room, I, those guys, they knew what they were doing. I, we're gonna have to find we won't out. Know until, we're not gonna, we're yeah. not gonna know until we see these movies come right. out. It's good to mix it up though every now and again because when you get the same people all the time and you end up getting kind of the same thing rehashed all over and over and over and over again, that's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So this mix up could be good at the very least just to get some kind of a new experience out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, D, uh, let's move on to some actual. Did we answer his question? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the actual DC news. Uh, in a bit of uh, viral marketing, Fortune has run a piece about Lex Luthor that gives us some details about the character of Lex we can expect to see in Batman v Superman. Uh, the title of the article was Lex Luthor, and they made it kind of look like a <laughs> they made it look like a legit piece of news. It was really cool. Did you guys any of you see yeah. this? Yeah, no, I didn't get to see it. Big shocker. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Here's the title of the article, Lex Luthor Jr., not just his father's LexCorp. Uh, Alexander Joseph Luther Jr. is a 31-year-old wunderkid. 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 Yeah, it's German. Who transformed an aging petrochemical and heavy machinery dinosaur into a tech darling of the of the Fortune 500 and what some call a superhuman feat. This jeans-wearing genius is equally at ease repelling the climbing wall in his employee's inspiration station and coding in the cru- uh, crucible, the cutting-edge R&D lab where the baby-faced billionaire verbally extemporizes computer code like Miles Davis improvising a trumpet solo. (laughs) As we patiently wait our turn at the complimentary LexCorp vegan food truck, (laughs) this day's fair, pesto olive pizza with raw almond crust. (laughs) The son of Alexander Luther Sr., Lex Luther, explains the evolution of LexCorp. 
They got a quote from him here. Dad named the company after himself 10 years before I made my unexpected entrance into his life, but investors seemed to respond to the idea of an adoring father building a legacy for his precious son. He used that to his advantage. It was a good shtick, and whatever else he was, he was a good businessman, the young Luther explains. Referring to Alexander Luther Sr. as a good businessman is not unlike calling Napoleon Bonaparte a competent conqueror. The East German emigre who passed away unexpectedly in 2000, arrived on our shores with nothing, but managed to carve out an empire of oil and machinery. By all accounts, he accomplished this feat through sheer grit and ferocity. His enemies, of which there are many, would also probably add viciousness. Another quote from Lex Luthor Jr. Well, Dad was a complicated guy. His down-to-earth son notes as we pass a tasteful display uh, pass a tasteful display of his world-famous collection of meteorite crystals. Mm-hmm. He came from a country where the government, in the guise of protector, had absolute control over the citizens. That drove him. I get it. Heck, I'd hate to see that sort of thing happen over here. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's not laying it out a little bit too much, though, is it? (laughs) Not at all. But the achievements of LexCorp's founder pale in comparison to the astonishing accomplishments of the younger Luther, who was the youngest ever to be named Fortune Business Person of the Year and included on the magazine's list of the world's 50 greatest leaders. I'm like I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'll finish this, but I mean, this sounds like Lex Luthor yeah. to me. This, yeah. this is I like this. Mm-hmm. I, I this. I think we were kind of worried about the kind of portrayal that we were going to get of Lex Luthor, and mm-hmm. I, I, this kind of puts a little bit of that at ease. The only yeah. thing that scares me, like about that mode of thinking, is that it, it is an article from a fictional magazine, and like Matt, he, he could have paid these people to portray him however he wants to be portrayed. I mean, I don't, I don't think this is definitely the set in stone who this character is. I mean, just like any written media. Well, they're talking about his achievements, though. I mean, right. his achievements yeah. are things that he has done in his lifetime. Yeah. It does lay out his backstory very well, but whether or not I we wanna... actually get this out of Jesse Eisenberg is another thing. I, I want to see a different uh, I want to see a different Lex behind closed doors. Yeah. yeah. Behind closed doors, I want to see a different Lex. I don't want to see, like, I don't want. To, I don't want to see like cuckoo schizophrenic Lex. No, but I, I do want to see a little bit of. Uh, I do want to see like. I want to see. There's. I always want there to be like a little gleam in his fucking eye, and you're always like wondering what the fuck is this guy really thinking. Yeah. I want him to play mind games with uh, Cavill, and yeah. and uh, I want him to. I mean, I, but I, I like what I hear here. That, that that like it's it's not like he, he sounds like he is a very driven kind mm-hmm. of yeah person right you know? he's very business oriented and he's at least very it lays it out driven. a little bit yeah the backstory coming out of his father's shadow yeah yeah, yeah. uh taking the reins of the family business after the untimely death of his indomitable father the prodigal son boldly changed the direction of the firm from oil and heavy machinery to tech LexCorp has quickly become the second largest emerging technology corporation in the world next to wayne enterprises <laughs> partly the success of this young company comes from luther's willingness to go where wayne fears to tread Wayne Enterprises has shed uh, has shed away from uh, military contracts in the last decade. It's a necessity, Luther insists. Military contracts. Are you guys like seeing any like kind of like ties in here with what I said a few months ago, where I think that that group that has the Superman patches are funded by Lex Luthor? Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I think that this article is kind of making that come to fruition a little bit. Oh yeah, that it's just yeah. So. Um, 
it's a necessity, Luther insists. We live in a most dangerous point of all time in human history. Statistically speaking, it's a near certainty that another world-changing crisis is hurtling toward us like a speeding bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Crisis. Bullet. We have to be ready to defend ourselves. No civilization was ever conquered by having a strong military. As for the accusations of a few fringe outliers who accuse him of being a warmonger, Luther just laughs them off. I don't know very many warmongers who have a foosball table in their conference room. <laughs> That's the fake Lex right, right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the face of Luther's self, uh, self-effacing, easy charm, it's tempting to see him as just one of the guys and not for what he truly is, a giver. Only when pressed does he admit that LexCorp is in the top three charitable corporations in America, just after Cord Industries and Wayne Enterprises. It's not a competition, laughs Luther. Besides, I can't hold a candle to those guys in the debauched billionaire playboy department. (laughs) Nice. That's kind of a dig. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) I like that. Fucking taking a stab Mm -hmm. at him. No kidding. (laughs) But he downplays the corporate generosity side of LexCorp. Handouts don't change the world. The true gift of LexCorp is our products. We are on the cusp of unveiling a technology that will change the world forever. When pressed, the young, the youthful mogul will only hint, it's about safety. There is a product that will protect you and everyone from threats you don't even know about yet. I don't want to scare anybody much, but there are a lot of threats out there, and they're here today. It's just lucky for us that whatever the dangers lurking for us today, we have on our side Lex Luthor, a man of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I loved it, man. I, yeah, I fucking I just, love that article. I like it I'm too. glad they put this out there. Mm-hmm. It definitely takes – I think it takes – it should take away the fears of some people, maybe not all people. Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely solidified what I already took away from the trailer. The mm-hmm. little things I picked up, I think this emphasizes all those. And I'm not worried about it whatsoever because of it. So I loved this article too. Yeah. I thought it was I, a great viral marketing. I, I think it's – Right up there with, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, it's better than the fucking, uh, Daily Bugle Tumblr. Yeah. That yeah. the Spider-Man stuff had. Oh, I agree. I think it's great viral marketing too. Yeah. I mean, the look of it was fun. But it's not, uh, it's not as good as like what Fox does with the X-Men. No. no. And no. I thought that was really good. I also think it's so much better than him just being Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. a better story to tell. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That That's was also cool. Yeah. Yeah. It put me at ease a lot with the character. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, 100% worried to begin with. I didn't think that we were just going to get some weird fucking maniacal Joker slash Lex. No. Uh-uh. So. Not at all. No. Nope. I'm still worried we're going to get that. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's that's a mask, one of many masks in a, in these movies. I think that's just his fake persona, you know, and the real Lex Luthor is not like that whatsoever. But we'll see. You know, could be wrong. But from what we're hearing here, this is exactly how I thought it was going to be. He's putting out a face. He's doing these interviews saying he's this and that. But he's not hiding, you know, like his involvement with like sub-military types. No, he's putting himself out there like completely. Like you have nothing to worry about. I'm telling you what's going on. Right. There's going to be people that are like, yes, we need protection. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And he is going to appeal to those to those citizens. Definitely going to capitalize on yeah. it. But if he ends up being a schizophrenic lunatic, mm. he's not going to let his PR people aren't going to let this article point that out. Oh no, yeah. I mean, that could happen. That could happen, but I'm not seeing it yet. I don't I don't even I didn't pick that up from the trailers at all. I know you did, but I didn't I didn't pick that up. No, so. I think that like 
he did exactly what he's doing here in this article. Um, that that line of the red coat, the, the the red capes are coming, the red copes are coming. He's just trying to put a little bit of fear, mm-hmm. something in there, just to get. He's playing mind games with yeah, people because that's the easiest he, way to control them. And in that's the long what run. he does here. He is asked about that new technology, and he says it's about safety. And he's a salesman. He yeah. is sell. It's about safety. What What do you want to protect? You know, if I if I'm selling home security, I'm gonna and you have kids, I'm gonna be like, don't you want to protect your children? Right. Yeah. Exactly. He is a salesman. He's a businessman, and he says it's about safety. There's a product that will protect you and everyone from threats you don't even know about yet. I don't want to scare anybody <laughs> much. Right. He uses that word and he places it very. It's. He he wanted to use that word, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of threats out there, and they're here today. He's planting seeds. He's very cerebral. He's playing a game of chess. He is setting himself up, and he. I, I love this. I I don't see a problem with this at all. I I don't know how Jesse Eisenberg, as far as the, the acting is going to go, yeah. how it's going to go, but I have more confidence in his Lex Luthor. Um, from hearing, from reading this, than I do anything Ben Affleck's going to be doing in this fucking movie. Yeah, that's only a real weak spot for me as far as all this goes. The direction seems to be good, but it's the actors that I've always felt are weak on this part. I like Amy Adams. I like. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think Henry Cavill is like my Superman yet. Right. But I do like him. Yeah. I just got my fingers crossed on mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg mm-hmm. and. Uh, Ben Affleck, but y'all know my thoughts on Gal Gadot, so (laughs) (laughs) repeatedly and numerous. I think Eisenberg, honestly, I think he's going to be the coolest part of the movie. I'm sorry, but like, I just really like it hit me on that fucking trailer. I like the red capes are coming. I I think that's exactly what I would say if I I was fucking Lex Luthor. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. This this I just thought it was a great little. Oh, and and also, I don't want to confuse you. Um, uh, Last week. I didn't think the cheesy line was the fucking will make him bleed. I love that line. Right. I love that line. I thought that just the, just like, just him, like Bruce Wayne just talking in that trailer was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Right, right. But I, I, like, I love that line. Yeah. I think it's badass. It's, it's totally badass. I that, I fucking quoted that for weeks after I heard that line. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. If I know if I was watching a Marvel movie, he'd probably just saying something smart and funny. But yeah, I kind of want to hear Batman say, "You will bleed." Yeah, so love it. Love it. Instead of Iron Man saying something about, or Donald Trump saying something about a, a woman bleeding. <laughs> oh yeah, goddamn it. <laughs> Frank can't handle it. Uh, talk about real life Lex Luthor there, Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, guys, let's. You know what? We are going to move on to Marvel news. Oh, my pants! Marvel news. <laughs> Don't pee. <laughs> Huge Marvel news come out this week. Marvel Studios has announced a series of updates for the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 3 on Marvel.com, including an Ant-Man and a Wasp film for July 6, 2018. In order to accommodate Captain Marvel has been pushed back again to March 8, 2019 from November 2, 2018. And Black Panther has moved forward to February 16, 2018 from November 2nd, 2018. Hmm. Additionally, 
three untitled projects were announced with release dates as of May 1st, 2020, July 10th, 2020, and November 6th, 2020, respectively. So, guys, thoughts on this news? Yeah, let's get thoughts on this news first. Frank. (laughs) Where you at, bud? Frank is... He's not here. Dick, dick. There he is. (laughs) That's his thoughts on it. She looks like she's wearing a wig. Fuck! What the hell? I know. Okay, so Frank, basically, we found out that uh, there's a that we're looking at three untitled projects for Marvel. So, did you hear about this news? No, I didn't. Yeah, big fucking yeah, big, shocker big there. Shocker. <laughs> I live in a cave. God damn it! Uh, okay, so three new untitled projects for uh, Phase Three coming out for Marvel, um, and then uh, an, including an Ant Man and the Wasp film. So, um, and then Captain Marvel was pushed back. Uh, Black Panther was moved forward. Um, guys, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this news in general? Um, first thing that comes to my mind is I'm, I'm disappointed that Captain Marvel's pushed back. Yeah. That's one of the titles I'm really excited for. But on the, on the flip side, I'm excited that Black Panther is moved forward. I mean, it, it seems to make sense. They that, have an actor. Yeah, we have Chadwick Boseman. Is that how you say yeah, his name? And they possibly might have a director. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. They might have a director. And they also, uh, I think there's a, there's a rumor of about a, a writer attached now. Okay. Oh, nice. And I looked up the writer. His name's Joe something. Um, Joe Dante or something. I can't remember. But he hasn't really written that much. Hmm. Nothing that I've ever seen either. So, um, be interesting. So, yeah, like I said, I'm, one thing I'm eh about and the other one I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm meh on the Ant Man sequel. I kind of didn't see that coming that we were going to get an Ant Man sequel. Um, I just thought they were going to incorporate him into the main in the main universe. But it, I, it did well. I know it did well. And but I, it did 410 million, and it hasn't even opened in China yet. It'll yeah, open this shit. week, and it'll probably blow up over there. Fuck. But on the other hand, I do I do love Evangeline Lilly, and I'm excited that she gets to be in the title of the movie and have a bigger role in this movie. And so I'm excited for the prospects of that. Mm-hmm. I would keep my fingers crossed and hoping that with the shakeup of personnel that we've had, that Maybe they're going to try to flesh him out more, make him actually a good, palatable character mm-hmm. in the second film, as opposed to just try to cram him into the universe where he doesn't really fit. So I got I got some hope that they're going to do right by him with the second film because the first one was kind of eh. I think it was. I think what's funny about Ant Man is that uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt at one time was uh, rumored to be uh, Scott Lang. Mm-hmm. They were talking to him and. It's funny that he pulled off a better fucking heist movie with The Walk <laughs> than Paul Rudd did with Peyton Reed and Ant yeah. Man. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> Guys, uh, Jay, what are your thoughts on uh, three, three, three more, three more Marvel movies, and then and then the, the Captain Marvel and Black Panther news? Yeah, I'm definitely with you, Jake. I'm I'm disappointed that Captain Mar- they're not like jump, you know. Pulling the fucking trigger on Captain Marvel at this point. I think yeah. the time is right. Like, make that fucking movie. What are you waiting for? Um, but it sounds like probably events after Civil War are going to lead you to want to see a fucking Black Panther movie right away or something. You know, make that character. I, I like Black Panther. Don't get me wrong. But I think Captain Marvel is like, that should have been done. Like, let's get this done. Let's get it out there. Do you think that any of that has to do with maybe they don't want to fuck it up? 
like some of the problems that we're seeing in the development with Wonder Woman, like having so many writers and without any real cohesive way to fit her into the universe, that they're just wanting to make sure that they get the right people attached first. I think it has to do with Kevin Feige having the universe mapped out. And the fact that they're doing more movies means that these movies have been very profitable. Um, and I, I think that one, I think one of the th- one of the three untitled projects is going to then lead into the Captain Marvel movie. Okay, I think that one of them is. I'm going to take a stab. I was going to ask you guys what you think that those untitled projects could be. I'm going to take a stab at one of them, and I think this is the one that may lead into the Captain Marvel one. I think Guardians of the Galaxy three is going to be one of them, mm-hmm. and I think I that, that that I think maybe a post credit scene, and we get our Captain Marvel kind of like. You know, post-credit scene in Guardians of the Galaxy three, and that's why they're that's why it's being pushed back is because of uh, one of these three movies. It directly affects it. Right. That's that's my guess. Yeah, I kind of expect Infinity War to introduce Captain Marvel. Hmm. I really think that'll happen. I, I think that's a good time to introduce that lore before her movie. Is yes. it before her movie? Yes, yes, it is now with the pushback. I believe. Mm-hmm. So that would be my guess of where we see our first Captain Marvel. So that theory makes sense. I mean, it would make the most sense to introduce her into Guardians of the Galaxy and go from there. <clears throat> but I did always envision her too being a part of the Infinity War in some way, shape, or form. I just think we're looking at too many characters, and I think that, yeah. they, that you're, you're looking at another clusterfuck like um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I think like the Captain uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was so good because it was more of a condensed type. Yeah, it was I mean, you had an ensemble cast, but I mean, fucking Age of Ultron had ensemble plus another ensemble. Right. It was just way too much. And I and I feel like I know it's a huge event, Mm -hmm. but it felt like a lot of characters were just shortchanged in uh, Age of Ultron, and I I don't want to see that happen in Infinity Wars. I feel like it's going to happen to that happen like that to the nth degree. I I think characters will be dying. Yeah, characters will be dying, and then other characters will take center stage. I feel like oh, sorry, Frank. Sorry. If they do it right, what they could do is you could have these event films Mm. where it involves like the people who are hot right then. Maybe not so much hot as far as like popular. But like where their stories have led and then you can have like this subgroup of people still developing their stories and they're experiencing like the fallout from some of these event films where you could tell it's all still in the same universe, but they've got their own stories to tell. Yeah. That would work better than trying to cram them all in all at the same time. I thought you were going to say this uh, movies need more dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like the Infinity War movies are going to be like the George Perez covers of Marvel movies. I hear Black Panther has <laughs> the biggest. <laughs> <film. Yeah. laughs> They're going to just shove as much as they can into these motherfuckers. That's a good point. At the same time, though, like it's like what what good is Black Panther going to do against? fucking infinity gauntlet what good is Ant-Man gonna do so it's like are they going to like through civil war kind of weed out some of those guys and only introduce the heavy hitters to the actual battle you know with Thanos who knows but I just don't see it I don't see fucking Black Panther up there doing shit against Thanos yeah it makes sense like that or Ant-Man go fuck yourself right that's what he's gonna do to him do you think Brian that all three of these untitled projects are all are all sequels yeah I do yeah you think one's like Guardians of the Galaxy three, Doctor Strange two. They want an Iron Man four. I don't think they're going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I, I I'm trying to figure out what the other sequel would be. But I'm guessing it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy three and then Doctor Strange two. Yeah, uh, are, are the two uh, be too recent for the next Thor? <sighs> I mean, if they're 
gonna finally do an Incredible Hulk too, maybe, but I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what that third one is. What, what I would like to see them do mm-hmm. is I would like to see them flesh out the, they've had a really rough go with the villains mm-hmm. in their films. Yeah. And, um, I'd like to see them flesh out their villains. I didn't love, um, Avengers Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. The, I didn't love the comic or the, or the movie. The comic was better, but I didn't love the movie. Um, I also didn't love the comic of Thanos Rising no. right. by Jason Aaron, and yeah. I love Jason Aaron. But I think an I think an awesome third film would be a Thanos Rising film. Yeah, yeah, as and a much, movie, much like Age of Ultron, it could just be called that mm-hmm. and not not. That's what the, that's exactly yeah. what I, that's what I said about like yeah, that, like the the comic book to the movie. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, because it doesn't have to do with Jason Aaron's comic. You can take some of the things from that, but like. I think, like, even as much as I hate to fucking know the origin stories of some of the fucking, uh, you know, villains and things like that, Thanos is not fucking the Joker. Thanos is not fucking Hannibal. Thanos is Thanos. No, it makes sense that we would flesh out the origin of a character like Thanos. You make a great point. Like, Joker and Hannibal, we all know what a twisted person Mm -hmm. is. That's all the, or we know that people can go wrong. Yes. But with Thanos, it's like, it's not even a person. Yeah. So we need that, like, yeah. build up to who this person is and why he is who he is. That's we, why you, that's why what you do is you fucking get Angelina Jolie to direct Captain Marvel, and then on the flip side, you cast her as, as death. No oh, shit. Oh, I would love oh, to see wow, her that'd as be death. Cool. That'd be amazing. And, yeah, that would be cool. And you have her alongside working with Josh Brolin, and they do a Thanos Rising movie to where, you see him as maybe even like they like, like as a teenager or a child or something and growing up and you kind of like you kind of care about the character and mm-hmm. you you know what I mean and then you then you watch him turn right and, and, and throughout this film and uh, I, I think it would be amazing these post movies though are all post infinity war though right all three of these <laughs> and that's unfortunate yeah. oh yeah that sucks. You can't build them up beforehand. I'm yeah. just saying, like, this is what I would love to see yeah. leading up to Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. To flesh out this character. Because Marvel has had, they've taken a lot of fucking heat over the villains in these movies being one and done fucking villains. Right. You know, Eccleston and fucking, uh, uh, even Corey, Corey Stahl. Was it Corey Stahl mm-hmm. in this last one who played Yellow Jacket? I mean, they're all, they either die or whatever. They just, the one and done villains, you yeah. know? Maybe it'll be the best of both worlds. Maybe a little bit of the reason that we have two Avengers Infinity War movies is part one will flesh Thanos out as a villain. So part two I was can wondering that. have the final battle. Yeah, That'd I think it would be very bold, though, for Marvel to just have a villain-centric movie itself. Kind of like what Sony was talking about doing with like their Sinister Six thing. Yeah. But I, good. Yeah. I just think it would be very fucking... Like, Marvel can do no wrong. So if anybody's going to go see a fucking movie that's based around a villain, it's mm-hmm. going to be a Marvel movie. Yeah. It's that Marvel stamp that'll draw people in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. It's just it's a it's a long shot. But I'm hoping that you're right. Maybe like if they don't do a solo film, mm-hmm. that they can do a good job in that first Infinity film to kind of flesh his character out a little bit more. Yeah, let's not have the final battle yes. between the Avengers and Thanos in part one. Right. Let's use part one to boost the character of right. the right. entire movie. I mm-hmm. think it'll be like the Harry Potter final film where it was split into two and you learn more about Voldemort. But there's yes. there's there's more there's there's some movies in between that though, right? There may be yes. one or two movies in between Infinity Wars true one to two. So like 
where do they take place in the timeline? Yeah, because cool. ty- you know, typically, like everything, everything in the timeline is kind of like you know, like when when Avengers happened you know it's like we jumped three years into the future mm-hmm. you know i don't know i think that makes sense though still along with like kind of what what me and jay are saying where where the first film mm-hmm. you build up thanos that's story a right and then story b is the finalization of who your avengers team is okay and then whatever couple movies are taking place in between mm-hmm. or your build up to yeah. the final battle against thanos yeah and- but then again i mean I- that, then we're always looking a movie out, and it feels like those other movies in between have no consequences. And right, I, that's yeah. what I did not like about Avengers: Age of Ultron. It felt like it was a commercial for Civil War. How about the end of Infinity War Part One? Uh-huh. Is Thanos doing what he did in Infinity Gauntlet and making a shit ton of people disappear? Mm-hmm. And the movies that take place in between Infinity War One and Two take place in that Marvel world where all these heroes and characters have disappeared since Thanos using Infinity Gauntlet. I love that idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, you can you can flesh him out by showing impact in those in-between films by what he's done that and way, dribble yeah. in and out. And that way it's not so much as uh, everything's leading to the next movie as that we've created a new landscape that these characters exist in for a few movies. That's great. How is this going to then affect... Let's Okay, let's talk about this. We, we're, we're doing it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's say we're doing this. How is that going to affect Daredevil TV show and whatever? The, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they could be still be cheeky with it. I mean, they can. Oh yeah, I, I hear you. I, just have it take. No, place. I'm not. No, 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 no. The, 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 M- Marvel Studios does not give a fuck yeah. about the TV side. Right. They'll just have to say this takes place before Infinity War, this or this takes place after Infinity War. Hopefully they choose before well, so they're not spoiling the fact that all the people come back. Daredevil <laughs> took place after the Battle of the Chitauri, and right. we got to see just a little bit of that from newspaper clippings and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and that was smart. That's better mm-hmm. than taking place after the Battle of Ultron, so we're spoiling... They could make it so that, that fucking uh, man Manhattan is uh, Hell's Kitchen is just being overrun oh, by yeah. criminals because yeah, he's all fucking exhausted from trying to keep up because there's that vacuum of superheroes. Yeah, so they, mm. I mean they could kind of like they could like just show how it affects Hell's Kitchen, but like we don't have to see like the fucking superhero like the Thor shit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. we can just see like I mean, and like, that even like, plays like into the Kingpin really taking advantage right. of it, and that even plays into the emotional development of that character too because he's feeling this massive burden on his shoulders from trying to keep up and he can't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, I like no, I love your idea. That's awesome. Of like, yeah. That first movie, yeah, Thanos just kind of like uses the 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 gauntlet to just to kill off all the a lot of the major players. People are like going to be so beat, freaked out know? by that. Mm-hmm. People would be like, "Whoa!" Because ever since you brought that up, like three or four episodes ago, I've really thought about that. Is like, what is going on in the movies that are in between, in between. these movies? Yes. Like you can't have this giant cliffhanger in movie one, and then. But are we sacrificing the story of those? Are we sacrificing the story of those films and making them just tie-in films at that point? Do you know what I mean? We see this a lot in comics. I think by creating I, that vacuum... If, if, if they're sequels, maybe not. Yes. But I've also seen that like the Marvel movies, they don't want you to... if it's, if it's They don't want you to have to have seen like the previous film right. to understand what's going on in this. Right. And I feel like that, that they're kind of basically saying that you have to see the previous film to understand what's going on in the, I'm hoping that audiences that they 
that that Marvel Studios has more faith in their audience that they seen the movie before. Like if right. you haven't seen that movie before, then fuck you. This is not this is not for you then. And honestly, I think you don't even need to have seen the movie before. I think it's a very a la Star Wars. You could just say in a world where twenty five percent of the population has disappeared, yeah. the, the end. I mean, that's an easy concept for anyone to grasp, whether you've not you've seen Infinity War. Just or not. your main character giving some like voiceover about it or something, or or I don't know a newspaper article that just somebody's reading is like you know yeah twenty five percent of the population has disappeared six months after the event how are we now you know and then like man yeah and then they start like two characters just start talking about yeah man you know it's the best possible way to make sure that those films don't feel like filler Mm -hmm. because it raises so many questions like how are people going to get by yeah I think a Doctor Strange movie would would fit really well in this void. Mm-hmm. To be honest, with trying you to bring too. some people back, maybe or or see where they went. Yeah, exactly, awesome. exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, any other guesses as to what uh, what 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 the three movies are? I mean, I said Guardians of the Galaxy three, Doctor Strange two. I don't know. I could be wrong. I have no idea. I mean, I I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna. It's not Howard the Duck. It's, no, it's, no, hopefully where not. did uh, where did Inhumans fall after the shakeup? <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. That's the next thing that I wanted to talk about. That's a, it's a big thing that's going on right now. Um, Inhumans. Yeah, let's jump into that. Unless you guys had any guesses. No, man. I I like your guys' fucking theories though. I would like to, to in a in a world I would like to see that Thanos movie uh in another in another world I'd like to see that and I'd also like to see Moon Knight. So Oh fuck yeah Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight would be good. I always think that would work better as a Netflix series though. I know. I, yeah. to flesh that character out. I agree, but I'd like to see I'd like to see Moon Knight get the cinematic treatment if they could do it right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think Netflix if you had I think I think that's the way they'll probably go if they ever do it. Uh, the next rumor is about the Inhumans. It comes from Bleeding Cool. Uh, at New York Comic Con, it was announced that Marvel Studios would change the schedule of their first black solo lead and female solo lead films, Black Panther and Captain Marvel, to accommodate a new project, Ant-Man and the Wasp. This seems like the first public sign of the new Marvel Studios divorced from the rest of Marvel and reporting directly to Disney as part of a coup by Marvel movie boss Kevin Feige against Marvel CEO Isaac Perlmutter. The status of the planned Inhumans movie remained unchanged, however, publicly at least. In the New York bars last night, I heard from other well-connected sources that the second shoe dropping will be the move of the planned Inhumans movie off the slate completely. Wow. That was the film most pushed by Marvel TV side, which still reports to Perlmutter and to which Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has committed to providing three years' worth of promotion toward <laughs> in its storylines, establishing the Inhumans concept to the fans. Mm-hmm. Until, it's like a big middle finger to Pearl Nutter to do Yeah, this. pretty much. Until that point, the TV was mostly an afterthought, having to catch up to the film continuity rather than provide anything for the films to use. But... In the great war of Marvel film versus Marvel TV that the Kevin Feige coup began, it looks like the first casualty of that war is the Inhumans. Now, it didn't stop there with these uh, rumors uh, and the media, uh, because uh, as soon as Bleeding Cool said that uh, they're going to be removing Inhumans from their movie slate, HitFix came out with an article. And uh, it's talking about that rumor, that same rumor from Bleeding Cool. They said there's a rumor online today that Kevin Feige has pulled the plug on the Inhumans film, specifically because he doesn't want to have the TV side of things defining the rules and playing with the ideas for the next few years. I'll state simply that the rumor is not true. I went directly to an 
teachable source who told me that the film division is still planning to make the film and there are certain elements of the Inhumans universe that have been declared off limits to the S.H.I.E.L.D. people as a result. Hmm. There have been several big comic book movie rumors this week that simply aren't accurate and I have decided I have decidedly mixed feelings about the writing stories simply to refute a rumor. I understand how this sort of thing happens and how a partial piece of information can get reported as the whole story but when you see the story everywhere and you're getting emailed from people asking you why you're not running it, you sometimes have to jump in and say, nope, which is what we're saying in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how you will know that Marvel has canceled the feature film. If you see the royal family, including Black Bolt, show up on the TV show, then there's a good chance the feature division has finally changed their mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Bleeding Cool <laughs> saw, <laughs> Jesus. Saw, saw that uh, article by HitFix, and now it became a dick-measuring contest of whose sources are right and which media outlets right. <laughs> wow. And so Bleeding Cool came out with a, another follow-up article saying, while contradicting Bleeding Cool's story, their statement does highlight definite issues between the divisions of TV and film. After the recent event at Marvel described by Birth Movie's death, Devin Frossi as the coup that saw Kevin Feige escape the yoke of a mad billionaire Isaac Perlmutter, of course, the film side is now separate to the TV side, making synchronicity but far more Byzantine. I'm sorry, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying it right. Devin also makes some wise divina- divination in the direction of my original sources. Of course, anything is possible. Bleeding Cool's sources aren't bad. I suspect their sources... Am I reading the Bleeding Cool? Ah, fuck it, I'll read this anyway. <laughs> I suspect their sources are in TV since the site has been very anti-Feige since the Perlmutter divorce. The, the, t- the site also claims to be getting this info after hours at New York Comic Con, which really indicates they're hearing it from TV comics people, uh, folks who aren't directly involved in Marvel Studios. Hmm. He possibly reveals the direction of his own sources that gave him not only this scoop, but its spin. Heroic Hollywood, who also originally reported on that uh, Marvel story, now reports, uh, upon hearing the details of that report, I spoke to a source of my own who commented on said rumor that he referred to him as being completely untrue. He also added that the reason the film wasn't in the press release was due to the lineup change. The film's release date is currently subject to change. Perhaps the studio has made the decision to move the film about Marvel's royal family to their Phase 4 slate. Hmm. It is also worth pointing out uh, here that the press release referred to the other movies, Captain Marvel and Black Panther, whose dates are noted as subject to change, so why not Inhumans? If the Inhumans movie is not canceled, and that remains to be seen. My only advice to the folks on Feige Island at Marvel Studios is to stop telling the rest of the Marvel, uh, the rest of Marvel that it's done for. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Damn. It's a fucking dick measuring contest. No shit. He's got the right sources. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Guys, um, what do you, I don't even know what to think. I thought <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I mean, if, if they don't make an Inhumans movie, like they really fucked over their TV side big time. Comic side too. Yeah. Yeah, because of the X Men. Yeah. They, well, they fucked over the X. Well, yeah, because they're, they're like Inhumans are like huge now. They've done lots of stuff. To, yeah. Yeah, and they've taken away Magneto being Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's parents uh-huh. due to this kind of shit. Yep, they're Inhumans now. Yeah. So yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, until until uh, Marvel cancels Inhumans, I'm still under the impression that the movie's coming out. Yeah, yeah, me too. So could they not end up morphing it into like an hour and a half, two hour long, or even like a miniseries event on, through Netflix? Uh, not Inhumans. Not Inhumans. Okay. It's big budget shit. It's yeah. cosmic gotcha. shit. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. I don't see that they could end like like like. Uh, 
I don't see that they could even introduce, like you said, like Black Bull and stuff like on the Agents of Shield. No, no. And, and I still, I still believe that unless like they come down, they, like they never Black show Bull. like Adelan. Really? Right. What did you say? I still believe that Vin Diesel is going to end up being our Black Bull. Oh, absolutely. He made a statement about that this week. Yeah, I still wholeheartedly believe that yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So. Blue and cool. Um, they're 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 a good site, but I uh, I don't think that they have their hands. It, I don't think that they have such reliable sources. I think they ha- thought yeah. they had something pretty big, but I, I I agree with that statement in the article about them being at the bars after mm-hmm. New York Comic Con, <laughs> yep. being like, "Yeah, we're getting all the scoops." But like the article stated, the people they're getting their scoops from are the people that are in the TV camp and in the comic camp, and not people that are really in the know about what's going on in the movie industry. Yeah. Right, I agree. So. Uh, let's see here. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's something I did. You know what? Can I get changed for a dollar, Brian? <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to finish up the show with uh, Star Wars news. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey Becky. Hey Becky. Hey Becky. I'm walking here. Hey, watch out over here. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm not falling complete sense. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> just got to let it trail off into nothing. You know, at least I'm explaining my speech impediment. Right. <laughs> you know? It's very considerate of you. <laughs> I, uh, I just read some interesting news that came from the uh, Gotham panel mm. at um, NYCC. NYCC today. Um, they were talking to John Stevens, who is the uh, executive producer of Gotham, mm. and a fan was pleading that they could br- asking if they could bring back Jerome. And um, <laughs> this is his response. He says, "If you watch the episodes closely as they go forward this year, you'll start seeing the seeds of the way that story will continue to develop." And we probably have not seen the last of that fellow. So, I I, I saw that like it's it it. I saw how it was. It looked like it was going to start like a. He kind of started like a Joker movement, right? Yeah, and how like other people, how it affected them, and how they're going to be anarchist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And inspired by him. Inspired by him. Are they, are they just talking about him being kind of like a cult leader, like a like a like a martyr or something oh, like that? Yeah, I don't then, know. like or, the eventual Joker actually emerges from the shadows later on, or maybe they, yeah. But I don't want him to be. I want the Joker to be like the Joker. I don't want him well, to be like some kid to be inspired to be like this fucking idiot. Maybe the whole thing. Maybe the whole thing was a stunt between the two, so the other character could rise to power. Mm. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out. There. I know. Uh, I, I, I got the feeling that if the Joker was to have somebody like that, he'd kill him himself and not just hope that he dies on his own. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It is interesting. It's fucked up. All right. Uh, Star Wars news. Uh, can Star Wars news invade your dickhole? Yeah, wow. absolutely. Why the fuck not? Star Wars news. <laughs> absolutely. Nickelodeon's climb right up there. <laughs> Got a lightsaber going right into your dickhole. Oh, shit. Yep. Uh. 
It is true, Luke. Star, Star Wars news is about to invade your dick hole. Boom. It's not impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I, I always, I don't know. I always thought, like, in a, did, did, in a Star Wars porno, I know they've made them. Did they ever say, like, use the full skin? <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier. Yeah, like, yeah. right? It has to be a line in one of these Star Wars fucking movies. I right? love the casting call for the Star Wars porn. Okay, yeah. we need an uncircumcised guy. <laughs> yeah. I think it, we got a great line here for you. Yeah. I think it kind of fits though, like with you know the dark side and shit. Because once you go black, you never go back. Sorry. Well, at least I contributed something. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's, it was good. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Frank. Sure. <laughs> Frank's a, yeah, all you people that want to be this fucker's tribute, yeah. <laughs> you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> I concur with that statement. <laughs> oh, you you no. had one of your tributes. Uh, who was the tribute that was like, he was like, I'm going to be, I'm, I, he like, he pledged to be Frank's tribute and then he switched sides and went to UJ. Hmm. That's fucked up. I, I wouldn't trust that motherfucker. Is no, it? Is it Eric yeah. Marable? Was that Marable? Was Marable? That's possible. Marable was like all about you, and then he's inside like, guy. He's like, uh, I'm gonna switch to, to Jay. I've had a bunch. Well, he probably didn't know if I was coming back or not. But anybody that's asked me, I've told him not like all clear on the rules and shit. So you've got Daniel Hopner and you got Whale Terabishi. Okay. I'm not surprised that the inventor of the cock block would want to be Frank's tribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to rein me yeah. in. <laughs> but then he switched over to Jay. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do about it? It wouldn't be the first time I've lost someone to someone else, so it's no. okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> in quick, in quick Star Wars news this week, uh, none of the actors of Star Wars Rebels know what happens in the last five minutes of season two, hmm. and those actors will find out along with everyone else watching what happens in the last five minutes of Star Wars Rebels. So very secretive. Man. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's got to be a huge tie-in. I cannot wait. I can't, you, I can't wait for fucking season two to start. It makes you think that none of those actors are going to be involved in the last five minutes of the episode, but too, Absolutely right? yeah. not. Wow. So, oof. Yeah. What the hell? Maybe I don't know what we're going to get in the last five minutes. So I'm excited, man. Yeah. Very fucking excited. It'd be great if they recorded their reactions and posted them up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. The rap is reporting, uh, Jeff, uh, the rap reporter, excuse me, Jeff Snyder dropped this rumor on Meet the Movie Press podcast that director F. Gary Gray is now being courted to direct a Star Wars anthology film mm. and that there's a possibility of Michael B. Jordan being Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally that the Michael B. Jordan rumor is only because Josh Trank was once attached to this film. Mm. And now that Josh Trank is not a... And, uh, I agree. Michael B. Jordan was attached to every Josh Trank film so far, yeah, Chronicle and Fantastic Four. And I think this is just one of those holdover rumors. Yeah. Um, as far as F. Gary Gray being courted for this, 
Um, I mean, we already heard about Black Panther and Fast and Furious 8. Yeah, lots of F. Gary Gray this episode. Yeah, exactly. Like, how, how many movies is this guy going to be directing? <laughs> right. Um, He's going to do one of the new Universal Monsters movies, sure. too. <laughs> <laughs> Transformers 7. Yep. He's, he's doing that one. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think this rumor sounds a little far-fetched. Um, Michael yeah. B. Jordan being Boba Fett. Um Jake, I'm guessing you're opposed to this. I'm okay with it. That surprises me because I thought that you you specifically are you saying that Boba Fett is now a moniker that can be passed on to someone else? Yeah, I, I do. I am saying that. okay because I, knowing you, you're not going to let anybody but the actor that played the the kid be or somebody that looks like him. I'm torn though because a we have to have a Boba Fett movie. And we I don't, have to have a Boba Fett movie. I feel Fett like movie. we do with all these anthology movies. Like that's something we're gonna get. If not, it's something that they could ruin the mythos of this character, big time. I don't. I think they'll write around it though. I don't think they're just gonna have no explanation as to why this character doesn't look like the guy from Episode Two. I mean, I, they, I, we've seen his origin, but yeah. like I'm just talking like you know we've seen bookends of like how he became and we've seen who he becomes and the, and then we saw the Sarlacc pit but like everything in between yeah i, I mean know, unless man. we go full on judge dread mm-hmm. where we we never take the helmet off mm-hmm. i mean i guess that could be a possibility but i have i have a hard time seeing that working and then wanting to do it that way it was amazing in the first three films that it happened i have a hard time understand i have a hard time believing people would care about a character that's been past the torch of Boba Fett. I agree. I, I feel like we can come up with something though. Like he, he's a guy that people are looking for, so he could change his appearance somehow. Mm. I feel like we can come up with some storyline to where he doesn't look like the guy anymore, and still have it be the same character. What do you think, Jay? I, I don't know. I, th- I I personally would rather him still be the same, you know, look the same as he did in the prequels. Not as a kid, of course, but you know, a grown up version of that. I don't. I don't. I, I want to see him come out of the Sarlacc pit. That's what I've always wanted. I want the Boba Fett that I saw in that movie to get out, and I want to see what happens after that. That to me is more interesting than somebody that's passing that on and on and on, you know, to different people. That would be cool because we, it, it, it takes the importance out of who he is for me. Are we going to see Boba Fett as an old man in a saga film before we see that film? I would. I would almost rather see that than than a like you know. Here's what happened directly after. I'd rather see like he's been around. Well, he's if gonna, we're going to get it, both. Yeah, yeah if I we're going to if yeah we're going to get that scene of him crawling out of the fucking right. Sarlacc pit. If we're going to get an anthology film, right, right, that's going to happen. And I know. Oh, sorry. Oh no, no, you're fine. I, I, I just I I like Michael B. Jordan. Nothing against him. I'm just saying like I I want the same Boba Fett. I don't need him to be changed right now to somebody else. Maybe later. That's fine. If if he passes it on at some point we get to see that that'd be cool but for someone to just be like oh i stumbled upon because that's what's going to happen okay yes his mm-hmm. armor's in the sarlacc pit so if they get it out which why would they get it out right why would they go there so unless he crawled out there's no why would they get his armor out yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> that's a good point frank said that it worked in the classic films him never taking his mask off but he's in the total he's in those movies a total of 15 minutes or less Right, and we're talking about an entire movie centered around Boba Fett. Well, with what Jay's talking about, you know, with it, it going into the saga first and then ha- doing the standalone, you can flesh him out a lot more. It gives you a jumping off point instead of having to go all the way back to Jedi for the last time you saw him. 
I think that the reveal of an old Boba Fett is more shocking than watching him crawl out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, like, then that, once you see old Boba Fett, then see how people react to that and then make your decision as to whether you're going. But I think Disney's full steam ahead with this. They'll have the decision made already. They've got it mapped out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Kathleen Kennedy and them, I think they know what movies they're going to be making. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, if they're going to make a Boba Fett, if they're going to introduce him in the saga films, they'll introduce him into an anthology film. Right. I agree. And I just just don't know a single person that doesn't, want to see him get out of there you know from day one like mm-hmm. that's always been the talk even yeah. when i was a little kid it's like bo fett gets out of the fucking star like pit man yeah. come on <laughs> you think it's possible that you could see him just like in the flesh and not know it's him until like after the fact yeah that's possible too i think within the same movie that we see him in the flesh we'll have it revealed that it's him I, yeah and i agree with brian that it's a it's a more shocking thing to have it happen as seeing the old Boba Fett. And then right. once we've seen that, then we have the anticipation of seeing how he survived. Right. So other than we cut to the Sarlacc pit, we know what's getting ready to fucking happen. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fucked up if you, if, uh, how, like, say, if Han dies in this episode, that, uh, it's an old guy that he knew and trusted or thought he could trust. And then you find out, like, right when he goes to fucking kill him, it's like, oh, by the way, this is my name. This is how I used to be once called. That, yeah, that I don't think. Cool I don't too. think Boba Fett has a personal vendetta against Han. It's just Han is just a giant paycheck for Boba Fett. Yeah, but after he fucking got dumped in the fucking pit, he might have something to say about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, depends on how long he was in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, really. <laughs> 20 minutes might not worry so much right. about it. But if he was like. A year or two? If this is like a uh, fucking 127 hours story with mm-hmm. fucking James Franco. <laughs> Boba Fett gnaws his arm off to escape the Sarlacc pit. Oh, yeah. maybe there was like fucking bits left down there that he had to feed on to survive. Maybe he fucking That's kills the up. Sarlacc from the inside. Oh, God. Mm. Man, it could get so dark. Could be cool. I want to see the inside of the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, yeah. And I'm at 3 The Gamorrean guards. Yeah. Probably just keeps looking like a vagina with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the three, the three-eyed cow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. motherfucker. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome. interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like Boba Fett, yeah, bring him back, and and yeah, Michael B. Jordan would be great as as somebody that has been passed on. I don't know if I want to see Michael B. Jordan in the role. To be quite honest with you, uh, I think I would. I would like to just see him do a couple indie films and get his cred back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after Fantastic, he needs to. Yeah. Um, just get your, you know. I mean, we know that he can do that shit. We saw fruit. Vale Station. I love that movie. It's phenomenal. And I mean, just do a couple indie movies. Get your fucking your fucking acting cred back. Yeah. Um, and then and then maybe maybe do something like this. But I think I do think that they do. Do do, do you want to see them go with an? That's my next question. Do you want to see them go with an established actor in the role of Boba Fett, or do you want to see them go with a younger actor that's maybe not so like? Daisy Ridley. I'm I mean. fine with him going with an uh, with an unknown talent here. I don't need to see, especially if we're going to Bubba Fett like right after the Sarlacc pit. Like I'm fine with it being mm-hmm. an unknown actor. I want to see the older Bubba Fett is a character that I want to see more played by an established actor. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Benicio del Toro would have been great. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I know, but he would have been great as an older. Holy Bubba Fett. shit, man! Been perfect. Maybe that is what's happening. I don't know. Maybe it is. Why, but I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of. I still think that Max von Sydow stuff may come true. Yeah, me too. True. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that'd be fine as well. 
Yeah, I, but I don't know. I've, I've also heard just about him, like we heard his, supposedly we heard his real name a couple weeks ago, and that he just, he's the one who gets a hold of uh, Poe Dameron and says, I've got this fucking lightsaber here, and that's what sets off this whole trilogy right. and shit. Yeah. So, um, blah, 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 blah. yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the problem with sometimes getting some of these new young actors mm-hmm. um, to play these roles in these Star Wars films is it seems to define some of their careers. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that Mark Hamill is defined as Luke Skywalker because he's done some great voice work. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, a lot of people just view him as Luke Skywalker. Same yeah. thing with Carrie Fisher. She's gone on to do books and do other comedies and things like that. I agree. But yeah. I mean, look at the prequels, like with uh, Hayden Christensen. I mean, it kind of like the role as Anakin kind of defined him and he's yeah. kind of like locked into that and people can't look past it. Um, I think a good actor can shake that though. I, I think you got your Harrison Ford from the original. Sure. Uh, you got your Natalie Portman from the Harrison from the Ford really right. didn't shine, in my opinion, until Empire. Yeah. If you watch his performance in A New Hope, it's not that awesome. I, I, it's good. I, I see but that. It's, you get the I know in Empire, mm-hmm, yeah. and yeah. you get all the good stuff. Well, and then just like the banter between him, him and, and her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On Hoth and all that stuff. But, you know, um, I don't know. It, I, I, the nice thing about like we know we're getting great actors with Domhnall Gleeson and Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. They are still kind of new though. But yes. like for the people that have seen the movies that they're in, we know that they're great actors. I don't think like these. I don't think these roles are going to define them as actors. You know, like people are they're going to be stuck in these roles. I think Oscar Isaac and Domhnall Gleeson are going to be able to get work. Yeah, I think Adam Driver is going to get work. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the big questions are with your Boyegas and with your Ridley's. Um, Ridley's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is there any actor that you'd consider for Boba Fett? Uh, a, a young Boba Fett? Hmm. Mm, yeah, not off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody either. Mm-mm. No. Let us know who you want your young Boba Fett to be. No, send, me a, send me a fucking uh, 10 page email on that. Let's <laughs> hear all his attributes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charisma. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, let's jump to some Star Wars news that came from Cinelinks this last week, and it's about Finn's name, John Boyega's character, and his training. So it's about Finn's name, Finn, and his training while he was in the First Order. Hmm. Uh, okay, here it is. It's from Cinelinks. It says, Okay, I'm going to discuss three tidbits of information relating to John Boyega's The Force Awakens. Character, the information themselves the information themselves are solid, coming from sources I trust. But I'm also going to do some speculating on the implications beyond that as well. I'll make sure you know which is which. Let's start off with Finn's name, since we are only ever given the one name. Many have speculated what his full name would be and how it would impact the film. We've <laughs> We've speculated this as well. Yeah, we have a bit. Is he a Skywalker? You know, is he a Solo? We, is he a solo? Um, Calrissian. Yeah, I mean, we've also thought like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi had a you know a secret lover, maybe. Oh yeah, know, and uh, maybe his last name's Fat. Yeah, Windu. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! This article goes on to say it's the truth, or uh, uh, Zerleonis from uh, Star Wars Rebels. Right. We also thought, yes. yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's been a lot of things that we've thought. The truth, according to this article, says, well, according to our sources, Finn is pretty much his only name. Well, technically, he's FN2187, which we learned from the dialogue given out by both his Captain Phasma's talking toys. Right. Mm. She says FN2187. He reports directly under her. Yeah. 
for the First Order, so that means they, they go on to say the First Order isn't huge on names, and much like the Empire before them, have all their people go strictly by numbers and designations. We've seen this big time in the new canon novels, with the book Lost Stars going so far as to explain... In command track courses at the academy, the teachers had counseled them that they couldn't think of their troops as individuals. To do so would lead only to hesitation and thus defeat. They protected their people by forgetting they were people. Wow. Mm. It's something we saw start off with the Clone Wars, where the clones are given numbers rather than names. Much like the clones, it sounds as though troopers in the First Order come up with nicknames rather than picking a flashy name to go by. He simply goes by Finn, using the first two letters of his designation, hmm. FN. Which this is because he apparently doesn't remember the name he was born with. The implication here, of course, being that the First Order recruits young, young enough that their soldiers don't remember anything but their designation. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. Wow, that's kind of like a fucked up version of what the Jedi were doing in the prequels. They do it in Rebels, too. I yeah. mean, they recruit little kids. Yes, they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this because, it, it, like, I, I think that like some of the things in um, in Star Wars, it's like it's all like uh, it all deals with like um, legacies, legacies, yeah. and 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 this is just another character in the Star Wars universe, kind of like a Han Solo that right. just kind of like comes into the universe. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be fun, and maybe later on in the series you can like introduce who yeah. his like actual ancestry is, and maybe they're not even like part of the big ancestries that we've introduced to. Right. I also think yeah. it'd be kind of cool if it doesn't necessarily have any kind of a connection. Like it could always be a mystery, and he could just play his part. Mm-hmm. That'd be yeah. cool on its own. Let's talk about Finn's lightsaber knowledge. This comes from that same article, and we're. The reason we're talking about this is because of the winter scene that we saw, the Instagram, where he's holding the lightsaber. What the fuck is that all about? We've heard rumors about Finn using a lightsaber long before Star Wars confirmed it with the D23 poster and the mini-tees on Instagram. But what does that mean? Many have jumped to the idea that Finn is, in fact, a Force user and setting up to be another Jedi waiting slash needing to be trained. There's another reason, however, that Finn knows how to handle a lightsaber that has nothing to do with the Force. Hmm. The First Order gives their troops combat training with a lightsaber and a shield. Hmm. I'm not entirely clear on how this will pop up in the movie, but it sounds like there could be a quick line of dialogue explaining this or even a glimpse of training. Again, things weren't clear on how this comes up, but it's the real reason he handles a lightsaber in the film and doesn't look like a novice. Hmm. Update. They have an update. Since some uh, are taking this way out of context, let me clarify. I'm not saying all the stormtroopers carry around lightsabers <laughs> in the film and use them. I said they have training in how to use them. Again, not sure why, but that's not saying they all walk around with them. Mm. So it sounds like when these guys go through First Order Boot Camp, there's a week that they dedicate to lightsaber training. It would make sense. Yeah. So it sounds like these guys... They are well-versed in all all of this. Um, it goes on to say, this makes sense for the First Order Troopers, as we've seen how much J.J. Abrams have, has turned to Ralph McQuarrie's original Star Wars designs for, in, uh, for influence on The Force Awakens. One of the most iconic of those pieces is his initial Stormtrooper design, where the trooper has both a lightsaber and a shield. Right. Yeah, classic imagery. Uh, you know, I, on the other hand, from that Instagram trailer... 
saw it the opposite way. I, I didn't think Finn looked comfortable holding that lightsaber at all in that moment. Hmm. I thought he did. I thought he looked. I thought I thought it looked like he he was doing it because he had to, and he didn't look like he was a skilled lightsaber guy at all. I'm not saying he looked like he was skilled. I think I agree. I agree that he had to, but he didn't look like he was like um, you know I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this. No, I think I I personally think that we're also used to seeing in these last prequel movies ballet Hmm. lightsaber dances. Right. Yeah. And we're also used to seeing somebody hold a lightsaber as if they are going to just dance around. An elegant weapon. An elegant yeah. well, I mean he's holding it and he's got a he's got a, a stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're gonna see more traditional lightsaber sword fights. We're not gonna see like the the whole um Flippity do shit. There was something a lot more brutal about the fights between Luke and Vader back in the day. Because, I mean, man's in a suit of armor. He can't move like he used to. And Luke never had somebody to train him, like, at length at it. So, I mean, it's excusable why it wasn't the way it was. But still, I mean, the intensity in that, I mean, was on a different level. It was a lot more emotional than it was anything else. Yeah, but even Luke himself didn't look very comfortable holding a lightsaber. Well, right, because he didn't have years and years and years of training since he was a kid. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of, it suited what he was facing with with what Vader was at that point. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I, I don't think, from that picture, I I mean, we saw that one picture. I just see a guy holding a lightsaber and he's got a stance. Whether Finn is like, uh, I don't think Finn is going to be, you know, like a fencing champion, or uh, maybe he's not going to be Mister Flippity Do. That's a samurai stance, by yeah. the way. It's That's just his, how they hold it. It's, it's his facial expression he looks that, gets, that gets me too. I he think he pissed. looks like, yeah, come get me, motherfucker. He Whatever just happened, yeah, yeah, he picked up the light and was like, you better fucking come get me right. He now. looks angry. Yeah, he looks angry in that yeah. picture to me. It's dangerous. I I do. Uh, we were talking about like the whole flippity ballet fighting. I would love to see. I I don't want to see that necessarily go away. I want to see. I do. I would not in this movie, but maybe in Star Wars Episode Eight. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a character come at Luke like that. Yeah. And Luke use the classic, <laughs> and just just kind of like you know like Donnie Yen t- take control and, right. of that. Uh, and, 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 and you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just make Mister Flippity Doodah look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Maybe I would not even Luke. use his saber on right. him. Just yeah. fucking. <laughs> I would see yeah, Luke more as like fun. using the force at that point. And I mean, okay, like kind of like Vader in Cloud City. Hold on. Finish that thought in a second. What if Luke could control their arm and have them cut their own head? Oh, sure yeah, I'm sure Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we control the body to Jansen Jig after his head. Like, like Mr. Flippity Doo goes up to flip, and as he does that, it's like it's almost like the uh, rudder of a fucking helicopter just cuts his head off. <laughs> oh, shit. I think only evil Luke is doing a move like that. Yeah. 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 Much. I'm sorry. It'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what, were you, what were you saying about Cloud City? Well, like the the lightsaber battle between Luke and Vader then, Vader used the Force a lot more than he used just brutal saber techniques. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the whole, when he knocked him out the window, that was all him using the Force, just taking all the debris and just throwing it at him. Yeah. I see Luke being more of a master of his environment than just a straight-up swordsman. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And Maul used the Force in his fight, too. Right, but he was a lot more lethal. I mean, he used it, but I think Luke would have, like, environment control. Yeah. It'd be a lot more of a calm pace, but like it would still be intense. Uh, burr, burr, burr. 
Yep, I added a lot to the conversation. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. All right, yeah, here we go. Sounds like they wanted to get back to that look, talking about the Ralph McQuarrie designs. And hey, we know a couple of the Hasbro Black Series figures coming up is a trooper with a shield, though no lightsaber. Mm. But we could assume this is intentionally left out. This would make sense as to how Finn is able to hold his own, even if it's just for a little bit, with Kylo Ren in the little bit of footage we've seen from the trailers. Why the First Order wants to train their troopers with a lightsaber, I have no idea. Hopefully that's something explored in the film or one of the many books coming out, but for now I can only speculate on why. My guess is that it has something to do with the Knights of Ren and their general philosophy. After all, the lightsaber is considered a weapon of the Jedi, so perhaps the Knights of Ren encourage everyone to train with it in order to be disrespectful (laughs) or take away some of the importance of it from the Jedi or to prepare for the threat of their return. Again, that's just speculation on my part. I'll leave you off with one last tidbit. Apparently, Finn is Captain Phasma's protege of sorts. I don't know to what degree, but it sounds like she takes the trooper under her wing during training. This would explain why Finn is part of a mission with Phasma and Kylo at the beginning of the movie and could be a part of the reason why she takes a more personal interest in tracking him down. As we already mentioned, we know there's dialogue where she seems to be speaking with him directly, so she knows him more than the average trooper in some way. I don't buy any of the uh, stormtroopers being trained with lightsabers rumors. I don't. I don't buy it. I, I and I think like he's like citing the black series stormtrooper figures that are coming out with the shield, and he says, and the intentionally left out lightsaber. I mean, we already know that those are the riot troopers, right. the ones with the shields. Mm-hmm. They're the ones down there to just like take the blunt of people freaking out and everything. Yeah, I, I don't think there's an intentionally left out lightsaber from that figure at all. Like, so I don't know. I don't buy it. That seems silly to me too. I do like the, I kind of like the, uh, the, uh, kind of like disrespectful thing with the, with the Jedis. Then from a military point of view, I mean, if you think that you're going to encounter something in battle, you're going to want to have your guys have some kind of training with it. Mm -hmm. But you don't think you're going to encounter this. There's like one guy that's got one. He's a very powerful one guy. Well, all right. I mean, it, it's out there in the world. I mean, if there are these relics or whatever floating around, they, they're going to want their people to be trained in it. Relic. Well, right? I, I mean, I, I don't know if they know what they're going to encounter. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's true. hard to say. Hard mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. Seems silly. And he's like, "Oh, hopefully we'll see a flashback showing the stormtroopers that are being trained with lightsaber battle." It's like yeah. that sounds like the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Did he of. say flashback? He didn't use the exact I think word. He, I think everyone's trying to explain, like, what the fuck is going on with Finn. And this is just one of the many explanations. Because nobody knows. I mean, Brian's never used a fucking lightsaber either. But I expect him not to look like a complete goon if he picks, <laughs> if he picks one up in self-defense to have to save his life. He, I, I think I agree, like, the, that Finn does not need to know how to use the Force to pick up a lightsaber. So that I think that's a given. No, I mean, anybody can use a lightsaber. Right. It's just like you but can't. But he is holding it in a way that looks like he's held it before and that's the thing that is kind of like goes with this is like he is holding it in kind of a battle stance like trained way to hold it i then think because what you might just pick it up and be like but he's like yeah. like I, this is a stance so i guess i don't know how you would hold it if you picked one up you know, I think all the stormtroopers played space baseball <laughs> <laughs> while they were being trained. 
And he's just holding it in, in the traditional imperial baseball stance. It's a definite samurai. <laughs> if you look at old samurai stance, that's how they hold their, their sword. With his elbows? So, yeah, you hold it like that. He is holding it in a way like, I know you're going to attack me. I mean, right. you could do that. And you, without, not everybody without would do lightsaber that. training. Yeah. Not everybody is going to do that. Most people probably pick up and be like, Shh. He's yeah. just like, I'm holding it with both hands because I know you're coming at me. I know yeah. this is like breaking it down to the nth degree. I don't think, I don't Well, think. yeah, but there is, there is something to be said. Like his elbow position, I mean, they're. It's a battle parallel. stance. They're parallel. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like a conditioned way to stand. I don't know. It's also a Star Wars movie where you want everything to visually look cool. It's true. You're not going to have him hold it like it a could dude without the training. <laughs> it could yeah. be nothing. But for them to show it in the trailer. Makes me think that we need to look at that and say, okay, how is he? Hold- why is he holding it that way? First thing we'll to do it. is look straight into it like Luke did in New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I think it goes back to, I think, like those prequels. Like, we, we've just seen people, like, hold it and they, they, and they're, they, 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 they're doing, like, these confident mm-hmm. fucking ballet moves and we're just used to seeing people hold them differently, like in the prequels. Right. And I think he's just, He's holding it and he looks angry. Yeah. yeah. And he is in a stance. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, if he was holding it like, <laughs> right. you know, Austin I mean, Powers, like, and, yeah, lightsaber. like he's holding a torch in front of him. Yeah. Right. Like directly, I would think, like, oh my God, this guy knows nothing of what he's doing. Right. But he's in a defensive kind of stance, kind of like uh, waiting, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that you can. That you can say, like, definitively from that picture, like, okay, he's he's very skilled, or he or he is fucking he's an idiot and he doesn't know. What yeah, is expected in a single silly. picture yeah. say a lot. I, I but but um, I mean, if he's just going off the little bit of training, I mean, like in military in the military, they you 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 get training, but it's not like you. Um, Get like a whole week on everything. Like, right. Yeah. Like, uh, we're going to give you, like, if you go through boot camp, like, okay, we're going to give you a day with the grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're going to give you like a few hours here with like the missile launcher or like the bazooka, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's some training on the chain gun. You know, it's not like you, you know, they refresh you, but it's not like, like, you get that like all the time. Yeah. But even in like episode four, five, and six, they kind of make fun of lightsabers. Like there's no respect for them. Like yeah, they're considered point. like archaic weapons. So why? I mean, I could see staff training or whatever, but like it could even just break down to like basic hand to hand weapon that they've made fun of for three movies. Maybe it's a case of like he does have force sensitivity. Phasma saw it. Like this guy knows how to use certain things. Phasma saw it. That's why he's under her wing and Kylo. That's why they're working together from the very beginning. All right, I'll buy that. I'll buy that more than. And I maybe, can't. Maybe I, he was introduced to a saber at some point by like Kylo. And I can't see Brienne of Tarth not having a sword. Right. Good point. I know. I agree with you. <laughs> I'll Maybe buy that. she has one too. Yeah. Him, him specifically being trained. Right. And Ky- Kylo and him know each other I'll very well, it. and he's like, "Fucking shit, he's coming at me now. I'm ready for him." I don't know. I'll buy that, but I'm, I don't buy entire stormtrooper squads being yeah. trained in like. Hard to say, things. but if yeah, if you're talking about the older inspirations, they definitely did have lightsabers in those pictures. So it's interesting. Interesting speculation. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about more weapons. Uh, let's talk about. We've talked about this in the past. We've talked about the rumor that uh, Ray's staff 
could be some sort of like ancient weapon, possibly Darth Plagueis' staff. Yeah, yeah we have talked. Looks about just that. like it. Making Star Wars .net had an article about this very staff. I found it very interesting. Here it goes. Ray's staff has been the source of speculation for a long time now. Speculation is fun, and I don't see anything wrong with it. But here does come a time when a pet theory becomes an obsession and the source for bitter hatred. A little bit of context for the weapon is needed every day, just about. And I am asked about the staff she carries when people aren't asking me about trailer rumors. The thing is that Ray isn't in a good place on Jakku, according to sources. As we have recently learned from Randy, Ray is on Jakku because her parents dropped her off and she has remained there, hoping all this time that they would pick her up. Aww. Should she leave, the chances of her family finding her again seem small. In case it isn't clear, Jakku is not a good place. Ray isn't having T-16 races with her mustachioed friends for fun. <laughs> Life is hard. Life on Jakku is harder. Straight out of Jakku. <laughs> Apparently everyone on the lawless world of Jakku is somewhat beholden to Unkar Plut. Unkar Plut. I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah, it right. Yeah, we'll learn. I'll say Ankar Plut. I like okay. that. Ankar oh, Plut. Plut is a – let's remember this name. Ankar uh, Plut, Plut is a kingpin of thugs who uses his power to the fullest extent. He is the worst capitalist in the Star Wars saga. Supply mm. and demand is simply an excuse to exploit people for Plut as he controls the water supply, a very valuable commodity on the desert planet. Hello, Mad Max. Yeah. Fury Road. Yeah. Anyway, you know, um, Unkar Plutt, I'm going to take a stab. Could it be that character that we saw, the big character yeah. with the woman laying next to him? I think yeah. so. That's what exactly what I thought of when you said Could that. Could that be Unkar Plutt? Yes. Because, I, yeah, I was thinking of that character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why would they show him anyway without him yeah. being a major character? Yeah. Uh, burp, 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 burp. People owe their lives to him on credit alone just so they can subsist. Junkers and scavengers are forced to hand over their most precious materials just for a steady water resource to survive, and he never pays anywhere near full price for anything he buys. People like Ray work for a drink of water, and getting ahead is not really something she can afford to do on Jakku under such circumstances. Plut is fine with making fuel for scavenging affordable as it brings him more money. But life on Jakku is not far from far off from slavery for Ray. She works for Plut or she dies. Now, okay, here we go. All of this brings me to the staff of Darth Plagueis. He's got that in quotes. Mm -hmm. Ray doesn't own it or anything like it. From what I've heard, Ray has the staff because it is all she can afford. It is the common weapon of the scavenger types. Hmm. Makes sense. Weapons are expensive and everything Ray has, from her house, inoperable AT-AT, to her speeder, are things she's found on Jakku's battlefield graveyards. Because of the time that she is, that because of the time that has gone by since the Battle of Jakku, even the majority of guns she has managed to find aren't in actual working order. So Ray has a staff, and there's nothing special about it. It is the common weapon on Jakku. I've heard the handgun she possesses might be for show and not even work as well. Hmm. But that's not entirely confirmed yet. Okay, this kind of makes sense. I mean, when you when you, I mean, yeah, it's fun to speculate, but like. The fact that there's going to be, like, possibly two weapons, because mm -hmm. I, I firmly believe that one of these weapons that Kylo Ren says, like, that weapon is mine. Right. I firmly believe that, he, number one, he's a Vader obsessive. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like not like he's going to like care about Darth Plagueis' staff. No. That just doesn't make sense with the Vader obsession. Mm. I think it's Luke's – I do think it's Luke's lightsaber. I think so too. So I think that that's what weapon he's referring to. And to have two weapons now? Right. It works with that older theory that he had to recover relics right. in order to bring upon the Sith power, the rise of the Sith power. Now, that makes sense. Like, yeah. oh, you need Plagueis' staff and you need the fucking uh, – you got to collect all the fucking gems. Right. You know, all the infinity stones. And <laughs> then – you know what I mean? That makes sense. But, like, if he's just talking about one weapon, I just think it's Luke's lightsaber. I don't think it's Plagueis' staff. I think people are reading too much into that staff. Yeah. I'm buying this. I'm buying this. Yes. It, it, her weapon reminds me of, like, the Tusken Raiders weapon. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing going on here. I agree. If you have to explain this much, I mean, you'll spend all your time trying to explain where this came from and that came from instead mm-hmm. of having a story. Yeah. I think the article goes on to say, so there you have it. From what we have heard, the staff Ray wields has no great story attached to it other than one of poverty. It is the weapon you use when you're stuck working for slime. There is no legacy of the dark side attached to the weapon she holds in her hands. Ray simply hopes she can get by each day without any real friends. She lives on a lo- she lives a lonely life. She meets a special little friend one day that changes her life forever. Of course, talking about BB-8. Oh. <laughs> Changed your life, Jake. (laughs) That's why I awed. I I hear her. (laughs) You think she's going to get off flippity doo with that staff? Uh, I I don't. I don't. Find out she's related to Darth Maul. And I I may have misquoted last week. I think I said Donnie Yen's going to be in Rogue One. I think he's going to be in Episode Eight. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang it. Shit, I can't remember. I I, I read that. I don't remember. I can't remember either. Well, I looked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Uh, you know what? I, I Let's get a couple emails in. <laughs> couple emails? Let's get a couple in. All right, that's Star Wars news. Let's get a couple in so I don't have so many next week. All right, emails. Let me read. Let me play. You know what? We'll do 15 minutes of emails, and we'll wrap this bitch sounds up. Good. Yeah, sounds good. All right. I'm going to catch that 15. walk at 7 o'clock. What's that? I'm going to go catch that walk at 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You want to you watch that? All right, here we go. Uh, which one am I going to play? Which, uh, which email? Here we go. Sleepy time. Oh, bumper. God damn it. This one. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not doing that one. Mail. Yes. <laughs> it's the best one. It is the best one. Mail. <laughs> All right, first email comes to us from Eric Grubb. It's titled Lego Movie. Eric Grubb, of course, we've had him on the show before a couple times. Eric is an awesome dude. Uh, and if you want to listen to Eric Grubb, you can on Star Joe's latest podcast where they talked about uh, the uh, Robotech. Mm, nice. Yes. Love Eric Grubb. Robotech. Yes. Uh, this one is titled Lego Movie. Brian, you're a monster. <laughs> the Lego movie is a top ten movie from from the decade easy. You make me sad. I say good day, sir. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's the email? That is the email. Great awesome. email. Oh, guy yeah, knows how to write an email. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Even though he, ba- even though he bashed me for hating the Lego movie, yeah. I got to give it up to him for the length of that one. <laughs> It's a great fucking movie. One yeah. of the best movies ever made. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really oh, it is like not. It. it is garbage. <laughs> it is one of the best movies ever fucking made. <laughs> 
I put it above every Pixar movie. Juvenile. Oh, I don't know about that. Juvenile baby bullshit. <laughs> I, I like. I'm convinced I mean, you hadn't even seen it. If that's what you think, huh? I've said I'm convinced you haven't even seen it. Oh, if I've, that's what you I watched think. it, Jake. Juvenile baby bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I watched it. Uh, well, I have a hard time. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything is great when you're part of a team or whatever, and they're they were just making fun of themselves, singing and dancing, and it was just. I, I didn't like it, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> I did I not. Get it. It's one of the smartest, funniest, charming movies I've ever seen in my life. I uh, mean, it's probably in my top fifty of all time. No, I would rather watch the Disney Pixar stuff than the Lego Movie. Mm. I don't have. The, I'm, I, I played with Legos as a kid, but like, I, I as an adult, I just don't have that attachment to Legos. Like I don't that, think you need it. That Lego dimensions. Well, well I, I don't either because I, the, I, I think just the movie by itself is not good. Yeah, I. Even if it wasn't Lego characters. Uh, I have to agree to the disagree. So, <laughs> I'm never going to change my mind on Lego Movie. It's just, I, I was not, I, I honestly was not that engaged during the entire movie. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. Like, it was just like, okay, here's some Star Wars characters. Here's some Batman characters. I'm going to say this. I'm funny. And it's like, I just didn't, it was just, it, it's, it's, even as, I don't even think I would have liked it when I was a kid. I'll be honest with you. This is the kind of movie as a kid I would not have liked. Okay. Even as a kid, I know I would not have liked this movie. I think, I didn't, I was not a big, oh man, I know this is going to sound awful. I hated mu- movies when I was a kid where there was a lot of singing or any singing. There wasn't I, much singing in this movie. There was singing. There was it, very it, little. Enough beginning. to take me out of it. I'll be honest with you. I don't like that kind of shit. I I didn't like uh I wasn't a big fan of Jungle Book when yeah. they start singing and Baloo's dancing and shit. I tune out, man. I hate that shit. I've never liked stuff like that. There's I, very little singing in this movie though. It's hardly a musical. You can argue with me about the singing and I did not like this movie. The singing or not. The singing that's in it, I did not like and then everything else in between, the dialogue, the jokes, the the voice acting, I did not like it. Even just I thought it was kind of inventive, like what they did with Legos and stuff like that, but I did not like this movie. I did not like it. <sighs> I would re- like How to Train Your Dragon 2 and Big Hero 6 were better than the Lego movie last year for me. Yeah. I, would, like- I would watch those. Uh, I would watch those. I would watch those all day uh, compared to Lego. I will never watch Lego Movie again. I did not like it. I'm trying to think of an argument that I could try to pose to you that'd be like, well, didn't you like this or didn't you like that? But, I mean, it doesn't sound like there was anything redeeming about it at all for you. No, I, 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 didn't, I didn't care for the film. I, I, I hate to come in here and say it like that. Like, like, oh, I watched this movie that you guys hold so dear and you love it and you think it's a great movie. Like, I just did not... It, I don't know. It just didn't capture me. Like I like some kids' movies. Like make me feel like I'm a kid again. Like mm-hmm. holy shit, man! If I was a fucking kid, I would love to see this movie. Oh my god, that was awesome! Like The Incredibles. I love that movie. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love that movie. This it just didn't do anything for me. Jay, I want you to see Lego Movie. I, I want to hear your opinion. I'll on check it. it out. Just to, I, yeah. I mean, I I had no interest in it. You know, I've got but, it on Blu-ray. That, I can bring that it makes me week. want you to see it more. Yeah, to I'll, be check, honest. I'll check it out. I, I kind of related to. To, oh, what's his fucking name in the movie? God Emmett. Damn it. Emmett. I related to him because I sucked at Legos as a kid. I mean, I was never cool enough to like come up with my own shit. Like, I always had to go by the directions and stuff. And for him to feel so lame for such a large part of the movie, like when he realized, like, oh yeah, I've got an imagination. I can do this shit. I never got there. I can't do that shit still. But I mean, I, I related to him through the first part where he sucks. 
I just think like the stuff with the craggle is so brilliant. Yeah, it's all funny. the real world stuff that gets put into it. Oh, oh the Will Ferrell business. stuff. Yeah, oh, it's good. I love it. I hated it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it ends up being in the kid's made up world. It's cool. It shows how big of an imagination he had. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. The more we talk, he just cringes. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, it's like I can't like. I can't, you guys can tell me like what you thought was great about it. Like on the flip side, like when I was watching it, I was like checked out most of the time because it just didn't engage me. It's kind of like talking to Jake about Man of Steel. Yeah, it was <sighs> kind of. I guess I just didn't like it. I'm sorry. I just thought it was. It just I didn't think it was a as smart a movie as a lot of people think it was. I guess, but it, I'm wrong because I'm 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 in the minority. I'm in the minority. Most people like this movie. They they watch the Lego movie and they like in particular. I loved I loved how much of a douchebag Batman was. Oh, I loved and that how much of an asshole boyfriend he was and shit. Oh, I'm gonna go do this other shit now. Bye. I, I love Will Arnett, but. I don't want to ever hear him as Batman again. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the Lego Batman movie. And I like Channing Tatum and uh, fucking uh, the 21 and 22 Jump Street movies, but I don't ever care to hear him do Superman again. I love Charlie Day's character in Lego movie. Oh, he had a character in this movie? Yeah. God. Definitely. Well, he, wasn't he the spaz? He was that Space later, Man. Yeah. That later on was like, Spaceship! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Not selling me on that one. <laughs> oh, God, no. I'll bring it next no. week. I got it on Blu-ray. Right. This would have been one of those movies, like, on the like as a kid, I would have been on the playground just being like, oh, my God. Yeah. You like that. <laughs> Let me, I'm going to watch Transformers Animated now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's just not my thing. I don't know. I, I, even the Disney movies growing I know it's fucked up. Like, I... I have no attachment to Lion King at all. Oh, I hate Lion King. Too. I have no attachment to Lion King. I have no attachment to Aladdin. I like. I. I. I know. I'm. I'm weird. I have no attachment to Aladdin. I. I think. Um, I think the last Disney movie as a child that I watched that I that I enjoyed was Little Mermaid. And I think I, I think I kind of liked that when I watched it, but I wasn't obsessed with it either. It yeah. wasn't like I like left Little Mermaid and I was just like, oh, I can't wait to take a bath. <laughs> you know, it, it was just like it was just one of those movies where I didn't care for Beauty and the Beast. I don't think I even like. I don't even think I was watching those movies as they were coming out. Like, like somebody had to make me watch. Somebody had to make me watch Toy Story. Yeah. 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 So I mean, and I like Toy. I, I really like Toy Story. I didn't watch them for a while. I didn't start to get back into them until Lion mm-hmm. King came out. I got fucked up at a young age because I got took to see Black Cauldron when it was still in theaters. Mm-hmm. And my dad did not know that it was as dark as what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my fucking ass was crying in the theater. They had to take me out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, let's see here. I think we got time for one or two more, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, let's do this one. Oh God! <laughs> you look like you're trying to pass a turn. I'm trying to find one that I'm gonna read. <laughs> Which one do I? Oh, I know I want to read this one. This one's great. It comes from Austin S. It's titled "Hello, Greetings, Leftovers." Thanks, Austin S. Yeah. Brilliant. Top of the <laughs> 
That's great. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> uh, real quick, I'll read this one. Anthony Hook. Hey, guys, I just wanted to mention a couple of documentaries you might be interested in. The first is from PBS, part of their American Experience series, which is on Walt Disney. In two parts, it is almost four hours, a pretty fair look at the man at his work. Hmm. The second is Steve Jobs, The Man and the Machine. Also a fair look into his personality and work. Both guys were brilliant and visionary, but so driven. They were sociopathic and often uh, and often total assholes. Anyway, I'm a big animation geek and fascinated by the PC creation era of the 70s and 80s, so these were up my alley. Not for everyone, but worth checking out. Still listening. So that's from Anthony Hook. Very cool. Nice. cool. So those might be a couple documentaries I want to talk. I, I, I've always wanted to know more about Walt Disney. Yeah, I don't yeah. know enough about him yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely that, want to know more. I, yeah. That one movie that came out with Tom Hanks really kind of glorified him. It, was, well, it, was, it wasn't it was very made true. by Disney. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> He's great. Well, and, yeah. I, and by the end of the movie, like I, I didn't watch it because of those reasons, but right. I heard like at the end of the movie, she's like, you know, the woman that wrote Mary Poppins is like really happy with how everything turned out when in all actuality – the writer of Mary Poppins was pissed off at the film treatment. Yes. And it was totally bullshit. So, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, let's see here. Which, there's there's one I don't want to read. Um, <laughs> I'll read these tribute ones next week. My God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, here's another tribute one. You guys and your fucking tribute ones. Oh, I'll read Jacob Harmon's. Uh, Chris Hohola, um, I, I, I want to thank you uh, for uh, the longest email. Yeah. You and your wife as a duo. <laughs> it's like the Bible. My hands have cramped, so I'm going to pass it over to her so she can finish typing it out. Oh, my God. You know what, Chris? It's like, and he's just responding to her email from last week. Tell you what, I'm going to save you a bunch of time. I'm going to give you your wife's email address. <laughs> and you can just email her directly instead of inundating my fucking email feed. <laughs> Blow your data cap right open. <laughs> Death by... F I'm going to fucking... Emails are going to fucking kill me one day. Heart attack. Eyes are going to bleed. <laughs> last email comes from our buddy Jacob Harmon. Hey, guys. First off, last episode was awesome. Well, there's been some neat news this week. First off, we have our pink new Pink Ranger for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, Naomi Scott. She's got a decent acting career so far. She's been in... Terra Nova, The Martian, and some smaller TV roles. Not a bad resume for a new ranger. Mm. She looks the part. She is, however, British. I wonder if she'll keep the accent or if she'll use an American accent. Either way. In the show, Kimberly was a valley girl, but I'm not sure that would hold up to today's standards. Anyway, this gives me hope for the new movie. Let's not forget the directors for the movie also directed The Fault in Our Stars, which, is, which was extremely successful. I liked that movie. I haven't seen that Seems yet. like a weird pick for the Power Rangers movie, though. Um, the director, yeah, for that, yeah, uh, it, it's 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 just another movie that deals with teenagers, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's not like I don't know. It, he's just he's used to working, I guess, with these teenage movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it's no different than Mark Webb doing Five Hundred Days of Summer and then getting Spider Man, Spider -Man gig. exactly. Um, also, I'm pretty excited for Gotham. I'm really enjoying what's happening with Nigma's Nigma's char character. IZombie and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have also been fantastic this season. I haven't been watching iZombie. No. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. haven't been watching it this season because I cannot force myself to watch the last six episodes of last season <laughs> because that show is like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you're trying to eat, 
um, fucking like a Brussels sprout or something that you know somebody does not want you to eat. And yeah, you're trying, water. You're, you're, yeah, you're trying to force it down. Yeah, and you can't get it down, and you feel like that gag reflex. <laughs> that is Agents of Shield to me. And, right. And uh, I. Oh my god! Fuck Agents of Shield. <laughs> he goes on to say Fitz is becoming one of my favorite characters. I cannot stand Fitz or Simmons. I would rather watch Richard Simmons play oh. both roles of those characters than watch the actors they have in place their harm in. I fucking hate Agents of Shield. I can't wait to see what happens to him now that he's becoming a real hero. I could. I don't care. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's on my list of my Netflix feed, but every time I look at it, I just kind of sigh and look for something else to watch. Keep up the great work, guys. If the emails are first or last, if the shows are four or eight, uh, four hours or eight, the content is always on point. Hashtag Team Brian. Hashtag PCL Hunger Games. Oh yeah, oh, fucker. Nice. So. Um, yeah, so you know, next week I'll read the the rest of these. Things. I wanted to knock a few out this week, though, because I don't I, blame you. I know we're going to get more next week. Good idea. But I wanted to knock out a few this week. I, Chris Hohola, I can't start yours. We'll be here all fucking night. <laughs> you, you know what? By the time I get done with that, you'll hear, you'll fucking hear a rooster crow. At, well, you'll know. Yeah, we're done with his email. Right. Fucking uh, more towel talk. Right. <laughs> more towel, towel talk coming your way. I don't have enough beers for that anyway. You know, yeah. so many beers, <laughs> so many drinks. Mm. Jake, Jake, tell everybody the bad news about next week. Oh, uh, next week I will not be on the episode. I have a wedding to attend to, and then I'm meeting up with some friends the night before the wedding that are all going to be up there together. Mm. So I'm looking forward to it, though. One nice thing about these weddings is it gets gets a bunch of people from all over the place that haven't seen each other for a long time yeah. together in the same room to drink and have some fun. So. Even worse news, I'll be here again. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sorry, I apologize about that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll miss the Crimson Peak episode, but I promise I will see it in the next two weeks and mm-hmm. come back with a uh, retro Crimson Peak review Nice on my week back. Yep. So, so yeah, I think, I, of course you're going to watch Crimson Peak. I have to. All right, what are you guys thinking? If you had to, like, let's say you're going to rate it off the trailer, what are you giving it? Toss it. <laughs> I'm tasting it off the trailer myself. No idea. I haven't seen the I'm trailer. Gonna, I'm going to toss it, too. <laughs> I'm going to toss it, too. This movie has a lot to prove to me. Yeah. It looks artsy-fartsy boring to me. It has a lot to prove. So I, there's not enough from the trailers that's, like, got me sold on this. No. So. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, too. I love Guillermo del Toro. I hope I'm right. Yeah. I hope you're right, too. <laughs> I hope I, you're wrong, too. I hope it's a Tupperware. I hope it, yeah, I hope you're wrong, too. I hope it's a Tupperware. Come on, just let me be right. <laughs> hope for my rightness. <laughs> you go for the safe answer. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'll, give it, I'll give it a low taste. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. That way it means I liked it a little bit, but if it's not good, then it means I low tasted it. I didn't like it a lot. <laughs> What the so, fuck is that accent? This, this one is my... It's like Forrest Gump. It's, my, it's called my Feminine Southern. Oh, okay. lock a lot. Feminine Southern. That's how I'm going to end the show this week. Somebody's here. It's our designing women ending. All right, guys. Delta Burke! Just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thanks for listening, and thanks for your patronage, and thanks for whatever the fuck. Later, y'all. Emails. Bye. See you later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. 
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers We love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.